Logan here, and I am the youngest Warner boy. I'm probably the most like my dad, which means I am short, fast as lightning, and hate the woos. Just this week, a kid said he was faster than me, so I proved him wrong the best way you can. I took out the bastard's knees and ran away laughing. Good times. Oh, this is a spoiler podcast. You have been warned. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for coming to get me. Happy birthday, Samantha. Good wish. And already came true. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. What makes it exciting is I feel like I'm about to die because of a cold that came out of nowhere. And we're still coming at you. So yeah, there might be a death night, so bam, exciting. I'm your Imagine X friend, Eric Shea. And I am Poland sweetheart, Jim Warner Eric. I thought you forgot your name for a second. This is episode number 49 of Weird Out Loud. 49? Is that a milestone? Not yet. Not, Not a yet. milestone? 50 a milestone? Or you're going to wait for 52 for the milestone? No, that'll be another milestone. Oh, it will be. Ah, uh, yes, Eric. We are recording this on December 12th at approximately 8.43 p.m. It's early. Oops. Very Holy early. Holy moly. And I hear that Venus is in the seventh window of Sagittarius, Eric, and the blood moon is on the rise. Did you hear that now? Yes. What do you think of that? I don't care for it. Uh, well, we are the official and official podcast mumbo, of Weird jumbo. Science DC Comics Blog dot We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. Proud. Also proud members of the Weird Science Get Fresh Crew. Get fresh. We are on Twitter as Weird Science DC, and our email is Weird Science DC Comics at gmail And Eric, you seem down. You you are a sick fella. Uh, we're going to try, well, we're starting early, which is odd, but uh, Doctor Who's over, so you're allowing us to go a little earlier. That'd and be I'm, good times. I'm still exhausted. <laughs> I am so tired right now. Uh, my Adderall high of last week has, has died. I've well, either I'm, adjusted to the medicine or whatnot, but boy, I, I'm tired as all hell. I'm on something for this cold I took a, few, a little bit ago, and I'm like, it's not going to be the fun kind of drugs. I feel like I'm not going to be able to get my mind right on what I want to say. So a normal podcast. Yes, and a normal like podcast. And like I said, we, we are the hardest workers in podcast land. So you're sick? I don't. You, there's no calling in sick here. You don't get can, sick days. Can I call in sick? <laughs> you don't go sick days. But we're going to do some of it tonight, and then hopefully you will recover. And ah, of finish course. the rest to... tomorrow afternoon. So this will <laughs> probably go up a little later than usual. But, hey. That's the price and that we pay. And you already pay. know this. <laughs> the price that we pay. But uh, I, this is usually the part of the podcast where I yell about people and sponsors and other podcasts, Eric. I am going to save everyone the agony and just tell them that if you like this podcast, tell a friend. Tell a friend, Eric. And rate and review it wherever you download it. That, uh, where do you download it? I, do, I have no idea. Because you don't. You don't listen. Son of a bitch. I'm but not we, listening uh, right we got now. T- uh, two people who did listen and gave us some iTunes reviews, Eric. Five nice. stars. Five stars. I'm like that. Matty D over at the Stitcher. Uh, <laughs> Brian Weston and DC for Life. So give a little shout out to them, Eric. Nice. And last night, I just wanted this as a little uh, announcement. Last night, we got together with the whole Weird Science Get Fresh crew. 
And we test out the capabilities of doing a six-person crazy-ass podcast because sometime in the beginning of the new year, we will be putting together a special edition of Weird Out Loud. And I will say that even though I still hate it on these episodes later. Uh, it's going to be our first annual Weird Science DC Comics Awards show, Eric. And there will be musical numbers, celebrity guests, feats of wonder. And maybe our picks for best uh, books and, and whatnot of 2015. I'll think we're And we'll announce it on here when it's going to be the date, but it's probably going to come out uh, sometime during the middle of a week as a quote-unquote special or emergency podcast there. Special or emergency. Uh, but that's fine and dandy. I'm sure everybody listening right now is aware of the big event this week, the big event that happened this week. And uh, luckily it wasn't a tragedy. Maybe it was. I'm, of course, talking about your birthday, Eric. I was going to say, are we talking about my birthday? It's I was like, Did Eric's I miss something? birthday. Yesterday. yesterday. Friday the 11th was Eric's birthday. And I'm birthday. immediately sick now. Yep. How old are you? 52? I am 33. And last 33. night, last night Reggie told me how 33 sucks. And it's just a matter of a few moments before I'm your age and then I die. And, I, you know, I can believe it now. If I woke up this morning, I can't breathe. You're probably just going to hear me fucking breathing out of my mouth all goddamn night. mouth breather. Didn't, uh, didn't Reggie used to call you a mouth breather? I don't know, like way back when he sent the mail? Him and my uh, mother. Really? I did, did she wish you a happy birthday on Facebook? Yes, she did, did on Facebook. Did she come over to your house? She doesn't know where I live. Uh, yes, we worked this morning, though. You didn't seem that sick this morning. I was very sick this morning. Were you? Uh, oh, well. But, Eric, <laughs> it's your birthday. I was going to sing birthday. this song. I'm not going to. Maybe I'll add oh. one in. But uh, when people... Important people have a birthday. Usually there's a lot of greetings and, and well-wishers. And mail is coming in from all over the world. Really? I'm telling you, Eric, heads of state, well, celebrities. I am, I am America's former sweetheart. You were. Uh, I think they're still treating you as such because members of head of state, the Pope maybe. Pope. And even some D.C. creators, Eric. They've all sent in their birthday wishes. And I'm telling you That's right awesome. now. These are legit. This is not made up. Uh, these are legit messages that they sent along for your birthday. Now, you just I didn't make have, these up to make me stop crying? No, I may have hounded them for these, but they have sent them in, Eric. Awesome. And we'll start. We're going to, throughout the podcast, I'm going to uh, read some. I'm not going to read them all at once. There's just too damn many. And I want to keep them Just to small. keep me alive? First one, Eric, Ethan Van Skyver. Ooh, Ethan, Ethan says, please send along my best wishes, birthday wishes, to Eric, who I've known since grade school. Yes. I didn't know that. He's a Quaker Town man. Proud. Thank him that for all of his humanitarian and charitable efforts. Once in a lifetime, Eric, an angel descends from heaven <laughs> above to show the world the way. And in our lifetime, it's Eric. Oh, my God. That's it's, awesome. <laughs> it's Eric. Happy birthday to him. All right, oh, that thank was you, the first Ethan. one. I'm all so right. sorry I sweated all over you. Yeah, I, I was hoping that he'd mention the sweat incident, but he didn't. The next one, Mark and Draco. And Mark and Draco, uh, Ooh, Mark. Was, I really enjoyed his Batwoman run, even though people yeah. gave it a little shit. But Mark and, and also his uh, Batman and the Outsiders in um, Convergence. That was Mark good. and Draco. Happy birthday, Aaron. Uh, wait, <laughs> Eric. Who the hell is this? Oh, it's a guy. Whatever. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. That, that was Mark. And uh, now the next one, we're going to go four right now. The, the third one, Pop Man. Oh, I love Man, Pop, Pop Man. And Pop, of course, is the artist on He-Man, which uh, you love. Dearest Eric, you complete me in ways that only spooning coiled snakes could understand. Yeah, he knows. 
Conjoined squirrels have nothing on us. Stars shake and the ground shatters when I lock eyes with you. Your monthly words embrace my soul as no other, except maybe sheet staining gobglas, guzzlers, <laughs> dot, 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 three. It is with great joy and other ecstasy. I understand. That, yes, that I wish you the happiest of birthdays. Your jilded ex-favorite artist. Oh, you're still my favorite, baby. I told him. I actually sent him a note and said, "Uh, you're still mine, Pop. Thank you. All right. And the last one for this little bit is from Brett Booth. And Brett Booth wrote, how the hell did you get my email? (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) Thank you, Brett. He's one of the only ones that I sent an email. Too. I was waiting all day, and I got that. Uh, you know me. I'm like, oh man, that's awesome. And I'm like, I-, I wonder if he's serious. <laughs> but uh, we we have talked, so thank you, Brett, as well. I'm sure none of these people will be listening to the podcast, so we'll see how it goes. But Eric, that is just the beginning because we're gonna move on. We're gonna keep this Birthday going extravaganza. because yeah, I want you to be able to go to sleep so that you can wake up tomorrow refreshed and ready to go. Uh, because now we're gonna move on, Eric, to the news. Oh shit! Yeah, I'm waiting. Right. There you I go. Know. I know. I, I was basking in the glory. I like through the whole thing, and then it's like it even rained at night. Yeah. (laughs) That's something special. He's special. You leave Forrest alone. Uh, Yes. Well, we're going to start with the news, Eric, with the first bit of news that we heard this week, and that's Supergirl. Digital first book leaked. Oh, really? And I don't mean it went to the bathroom. While a certain offensive soothsayer predicted this last Saturday night, (laughs) word broke on Monday that DC Comics would in fact be releasing a Supergirl digital first book based on the television program. Hmm. About time they got on that. Well, I look. Well, I'd love to take credit for anything and everything, Eric. I officially defer this one to DC Women Kicking Ass, who discovered an Amazon listing for the new book weeks before. And I'm telling you, we did the mumbo jumbo. I'm breaking the veil. I don't know what you're talking about. No idea that this story was about. That was something we had been talking about for. That was a magical experience. That mumbo jumbo. I wasn't. I don't know what you're talking about. You know what. The synopsis highlights the journey. This is the uh, Amazon synopsis. The synopsis highlights the journey that Kara Zorel took from her home planet of Krypton, following in the footsteps of her cousin Kal-El or Superman. It also mentions that the comic will follow Kara's journey in between episodes of the Supergirl TV show. All right. But does National City want a Supergirl? This is their quote here. Is the world ready for another superhero? And what other worldly consequences arrive once Carol Danvers reveals her true self? Find out the stories between the episodes and Supergirl Digital First Volume 1, says the synopsis. I think it's funny because I think to myself, every episode is like the main thing that's going on in her life. So in between the episodes, nothing's going on. She's she's just watching reruns, doing stuff, (laughs) doing her laundry. She's laying around in her comfy pants. Yeah. Fucking sweats. (laughs) Just hanging out. Uh, this Best is, Supergirl comic out right now. Oh, yeah. And more interesting to me, Eric, about this story was that Bleeding Cool are the ones who seem to, uh, quote unquote, leak the story. But they acted like the true scumbags they truly oh, are and reported the news as their own on Monday. And from what I saw, the DC women kicking ass uh, ladies informed Bleeding Cool that they had, in fact, reported on the story weeks before. And not only did head douchebag. <laughs> I'm just gonna, uh, Dick Johnson, Eric, he Dick ignored Johnson. them, 
but even went on other sites' message boards complaining when that particular site did not give him credit for the story, and Eric, and that is what I like to call integrity, and I, I hate Bleeding Cool. So that's yes, the Bleeding Cool story. But yeah, there's I think a Supergirl everybody knows Digital this point. Book. Yeah. Supergirl Digital Book. Uh, I don't, I'd, I'll probably read it and I'm review it. That's the one show that I kind of watch. I hear it from the other room. Uh, my son Rafe. That's close enough. Yes, my son Rafe loves it. He thinks it's great. Well, I'll know what happens between episodes. I, I just imagine you're reading this book. You don't understand. Rafe, run down this whole series for me yeah, so far. I, I'm going to try, actually, I'm going to try to introduce this one to him. See if he likes it. He could sit with me and read it. But right. and the next one seems a little odd too, Eric. I don't know. I, I might have heard this. Hey. Legends of Tomorrow book announced. I heard it straight from Mumbo Jimbo's mouth. Yeah, I, I heard it on the replay. Uh, DC has announced that four previous announced limited series would now be published under the umbrella of an anthology title called Legends of Tomorrow. The series takes its name, but not the lineup from the upcoming CW series, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. And when I heard Mumbo Jimbo last week, I'll tell you, this is not exactly what he reported there. Not at all. He did not, but uh, I'm going to go for a win there. That's two, that's two down. Two out of three for Mumbo Jimbo last week, but this is a very odd book. And if people don't remember, the books that are going to be in this will be Firestorm, Ooh. Metal Men, Ooh. Metamorpho, Ooh. and Sugar and Spike. Yeah, I don't care for that one. And that is a very odd collection of books <laughs> in an anthology series. And I don't know. Uh, to throw this in the DC's Legends of Tomorrow, quote-unquote Legends of Tomorrow, I think is ridiculous. And I think it's bullshit. It's not I, a bad way to make a buck. Come on, you have these no, stories already it, out. It's and terrible. Legends of Tomorrow so far, it, I, haven't, I haven't seen it yet, obviously. But it looks like a goddamn hit. I would, be put, I would put it... No, Metal but I'd be, put, I'd be putting... Mother. Firestorm's in Spike. it. Firestorm's, Firestorm's in it. the only one. That's why they put He's that leading first. the charge, brother. It's ridiculous. Uh, they should have just made up some anthology name. I I'd be putting know. Legends on Tomorrow on everything. Well, but people are... Nobody is going to see through this because... Or they're going to see through it. Nobody's going to be fooled. Uh, it launches on March 9th. It's an 80-page book and is retailing for seven ninety nine. And I don't know anybody who goes in a comic book store and sees, oh, oh, there's that thing, seven ninety nine. They're gonna check it out. And what the fuck? I've been watching the show with Sugar and who the hell Sugar and Spike? Hey, we could say the same thing about Transmorphers and shit like that. People yeah. still buy it, thinking uh, it's something else. Yeah, I, I think that's bullshit too. Uh, I made a mistake. I actually had messaged Howard Porter and thought that he was on Sugar and Spike. I swear I saw it announced that he was fully on it. He is not. I know we saw there was a panel that no, was well, he, page did that. With, he did that. He did that yeah. panel, but I know I looked at somebody, uh, some site, and they actually had Howard Porter listed probably by mistake because of that one panel. So you're not taking any responsibility. You're blaming that one site. Yep. And Fair enough. He wrote I'll back go with and it. he's like, "I'm not on that book," and it seemed to get him depressed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. And then he's like, "Then I felt bad, so I wrote, well, at least you're on Superman going forward, right?'" Never got a response. Jesus Christ, what did off, you do? He jumped off a roof. Uh, but the next bit of news, Eric, DC Comics Free Comic Book Day comic is announced, but it's top secret. With that Val Kilmer joint? But no, this has nothing to do with the movie starring Val Kilmer, <laughs> though Reggie probably wish it did, Eric. He loves that movie. Uh, there's, there's a weird thing in the story that I'll talk about in a minute, but the 12 gold sponsor titles were announced this week, and among such notables... Uh, where Joss Whedon's Serenity comic, uh, Return nice. of that, The Return of Rom the Space Knight, and <laughs> DC's Rom. book to be named later. 
What is it, Eric? I don't know. Why People the do this. secrecy? Every year there seems to be a secret book that oh. gets announced right beforehand. Uh, my this guess is just... I wrote this. My guess is the title. That it's it would let up some future plans uh, out of the bag, and, or they don't have any idea what it'll be yet. But that doesn't seem to be the case because I don't know if you're aware there is a committee that selects these books. It's not like DC going, "Hey, uh, do this." I'm sure they submit these, but a committee has to say, "Okay, you're in, you're in," and they pick these twelve. Really? Yeah. This like is something I've never heard. I've never heard about this before oh in my, my life. God, I used to freaking work at a comic shop. Yep, there is a free comic book day committee that determines which are the gold sponsored titles and what they will be, and then there's like a silver tier. It goes down. Are they all and anonymous, like the MPAA and I shit? Don't no. I'm telling crazy. you, I want to crack the code. Oh, yeah. It really, I was sitting there reading this. Album. This is something I never had heard of. It really, <laughs> it really intrigued me. I want to be on that that list, Eric. There I you want don't. To be there. I want, and I'm, I'm wondering if this is, um, they're like, okay, you know, DC, of course, we're going to allow you in the gold thing. Or do these people know what this top secret book is already? Have they been given the info ahead of time? Because then I want to get a hold of them, and then we'll get some scoop. Well, if we'll they don't, the, what the hell do they do then? I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like DC is going to have a gold tier book. Yeah. So they're just like, okay, you don't want to, uh, you know, give us the information right now. We'll just accept it. You're DC. But what I really hope. Like about, I wouldn't let a freaking uh, like an Action Labs Danger Zone like Holy no, Fuck free edition. No, not Holy Holy Fuck is like bronze, <laughs> tin foil. Uh, yeah, and that, that speaking, uh, I'll get into it. I was going to say, I, I sent them a couple messages to try to get some birthday wishes. No response, Eric. The Illuminati? No, no friggin' Action, Action Lab. Action Lab? Oh. Yeah, they, don't, they don't care about you. Um, I love them so much. The one thing I was hoping, though, is that I can get a hold of some of these guys, who the, the committee. Right. And I, we'll, we'll break the story on the site, and then a month later, Bleeding Cool will take credit for it, Eric. Better. This that is the is whole thing hope. everybody knows about, and we're just dummies. We might be. I've never heard that. <laughs> I, mean, I just either. thought that it was like free comic book days coming. Hey, DC's like, this is what we're going to be sending out. And that, I guess it has to be a little more coordinated than that. I guess. So that they know what's going to. I don't know. But uh, that title will be announced later, hopefully before May 7th there. That's it. It's free comic book day. Book day. Where you go in, you get all the stuff you want. Yep. I go in, and I have to have an, something in my mind, because I can't just take something for free. I have to go and buy something. And that's usually the one time a year I buy a trade. Buy something. I grabbed a hip-hop family tree last year, and uh, the what was the what was last year's deal? Um, oh, um, it was the previews of yes. Justice League, Batman, and Superman, I believe. I grabbed those and ran like the wind, Derek. <laughs> That fucking guy at that comic book shop. That fucking guy. Yeah, they probably have my freaking picture up there. Actually, they have the picture up there. Don't let this guy in the, the comic book store. He actually likes some things. Though <laughs> you wouldn't know it on this podcast. But yeah, Absolutely I, not. when I go there, I'm, I'm kind of positive. I always have my kids. I think two years ago, I took pictures of my kids with their free comic book day crap. I think and they're still holding Titans a pool list for you. In. Yeah, yeah, somehow I have like 80 issues of Rocket Raccoon that I didn't want just <laughs> freaking piling up. Uh, the next bit of news is the top 10 comics for November 2015 were released. They announced those. The top 10 comics for November were announced this week. And while the Dark Knight 3 helped DC make a slight comeback after their horrible October, things still aren't great in DC land, Eric. Not at all. I'll go I can't even these. call this a comeback. And again, uh, I saw a lot of people complaining about this list because it is uh, definitely and always has been uh, unit shipped, not sold. Yeah, and that's a the lot of uh, a lot of um, 
comic book shops are claiming that this uh, the first book, which is Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, number one, a lot of them are remaining on the shelves and didn't sell, and also a lot of other people, haters I call them, are screaming that, of course, it's going to sell. It had 7 trillion freaking variants. But we'll go on with it. This is without the sales numbers. Did that have 52? What's that? Did that have 52? I, it may have had more. I, I don't I'm know. Telling you, it I'm had, trying to remember now. Because I think that you could buy, like, you had a shop. We could have had the weird science variant cover, oh, which would have been, been awesome. so cool. <laughs> uh, we would have been stuck with some crap. Uh, I was going to name somebody, but who knows? They might end up sending you a birthday wish later. I don't want to offend them. But here's right. the top ten, Eric. Number one, Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, number one. Nice. Good job. Number two, Star Wars, Vader Down, number one. Number three, Deadpool, number one. Number four, Secret Wars, number seven. Number five, Extra Extraordinary X-Men, number one. Number six, all new, extra. all different. Avengers, number one. Yeah, I wonder. All new, these things, all different. All Avengers. new, all different. It's gonna like eventually these titles are just gonna go on forever. Number seven, uh, Star Wars number eleven, and that is actually subtitled "Same Old Shit." Star Wars number eleven, yep. eight, Uncanny X Men number six hundred, number nine, Star Wars number twelve, number ten, all new Wolverine number one. There you go. All right. Those are the top ten. Where's Batman? Where's not Justice in, League? Not in the top ten. Justice League nonsense. is falling out of that freaking thing for a while but Eric, i'm just saying that you have dark side where you think it would sell better I actually um if i'm not mistaken you're not thinking correctly eric i do not think there was an issue in november i you think me? yeah no because i think next week we have justice league and it is justice league 46 so i think at some point they fell behind i don't remember them. too many books i'm telling you i don't remember them having one and it was all those uh crazy uh tie-ins I thought it was one week we had the Justice League, and then it was all the tie-ins right after that. Well, they they fell behind it. Again, they they did fall behind. I don't know if it was like, I might be completely wrong. I do not remember. It seems like a long time since we talked about the Justice League. We'll find out when all the sales come out. Yes, we will. And Eric, we're going to move on. More birthday wishes. Oh! More birthday wishes have just come in. They just arrived. I've been handed the notes. Uh, This next one is Van Jensen. Van Jensen, the... uh, Formerly on Green Lantern uh, Core, yes. and now on uh, Flash. Dear Eric, you are an inspiration. Not to me, of course, but to oh. someone. I mean, I don't personally know anyone who has been inspired by you, but I'm sure they're <laughs> out there. Probably. Anyway, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank All you, right, Van. There's Van Jensen. <laughs> uh, the next one's from Jeff King, Eric. All right, Jeff, Jeff King. King ah, this guy. is, this is going to kill me. Yes, he writes Telos, and you have not been too kind. No, and, and it makes me so that, terrible because Jeff and, King is like the uh, nicest person. I know, and, and the worst the is you already did tell us this week. Yeah. And what did you give it? A 4.5. Yeah, 4.5. And uh, Jeff King seems to be a guy who, even if I don't tweet it to him, he'll check it out. He waits uh, for it. And uh, 4.5, Eric. So what he says is Happy birthday, Eric. <laughs> thank you he, he's still a nice guy thank he doesn't you, want to bad mouth you but that was with an exclamation point at the end i feel so bad about not liking that book he's seriously like the nicest guy in the world he does seem very nice and it's just that i don't know that, and now that i'm depressed again is, is weird and whatnot uh, and the last bit of this section of birthday wishes better be a good one <laughs> is from howard porter all right today is my favorite day of the year it's such a shame it happens only once every 365 days the day i inform every stranger whose path i cross that it's eric's birthday uh, happy birthday eric i exclaimed to every confused face i met by awesome. and their response is who the hell is eric and that's the reward i co- collect for my efforts 
So today I say to the world and to Eric, happy birthday, Eric, and tomorrow begins another year eagerly awaiting for this day to return. Thank and you, Howard. That's that awesome. Is Howard, and Howard is a, uh, a friend of Mars. And like I said, when I sent him this, I sent, made the mistake of saying, <laughs> I can't wait for that sugar and spike ears, and I think I got him depressed because he's not on that board. I don't know. I'm blaming. I'll, I'll blame uh, Bleeding Cool. Fair it's Bleeding Cool's fault. Eh? Bleeding Cool. I'll go with it. All right. We're going to move on to listener mail. All right. Listener mail. And if you want to get on listener mail, I'd Sit love to be a long you, one. Yes, for you to send in a mail to Weird Science DC Comics blog. Or, no, <laughs> Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com. I don't know what I'm doing. I do not know what I'm doing tonight. I don't feel good myself. I just All muted right. my mic to blow my nose. It was gross. Oh, really? Yes. You shouldn't just let it go. Let yeah, it fly. All right. The first mail is from Chisanga. Chisanga says, I was wondering what your thoughts are on Duke Thomas after Grayson 15 and Batman Love. 47. Does his progress feel organic or is it now feeling forced like Harper from Eternal? And I believe he's talking about Batman Eternal and this Eternal. Yeah. Actually, it's both Eternals. Um, I said to you earlier, we got this earlier, and I said to you right away, that I, do, I feel it's more organic only because he has pretty much his own book. That We Are Ron right. is, is basic, you know, he's the big guy in it. So because of that, it seems like it's he's more important. He is our bridge does, to that world. And he just doesn't pop up out of nowhere when these Eternals come out, like Harper. Harper was in Batman at the, I forget what issue, I would say somewhere around six. It was very early. That's a long time ago. Now she was there and then disappeared. And then all of a sudden showed up, you know, a little later. Got punched in the face, disappeared, showed up in Eternal, then disappeared completely until uh, Batman and Robin Eternal. When she showed up, it just seemed every time she shows up, to me, it's more and more it feels a little forced. Because yeah, two, two summers ago, they were, really, they were really pushing that Bluebird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, even when they first, uh, the big deal was when they had that uh, Batman, I, I wish I, I knew things. It was yes, the, the nice. Batman, the regular Batman run where they yeah. uh, stopped for a minute and did that preview to a turn. Batman 28. It was a 28. For some reason, I was going to say 27. That made no sense. So it was 28. And remember, that was where all of a sudden you saw Harper was his, uh, Batman's partner, almost like a Robin that threw everyone off and everybody was all pumped up. And um, I think yeah. it was all based off that one little girl that Scott Snyder got a picture of in like a homemade costume. Yeah, yeah. And he a That's why they got that was the name of it. That yeah. was definitely the name that they came up with because of that. That was. But no, cool. with the, with the sporadic nature of these characters, like actually, you know, now we're seeing a lot more of them. But they've been around for like three years now, and I I think it it feels pretty organic. We had Duke in uh, Zero Year, and we had him in Future Zendabit, seeing that he was the new Robin. It's it was just a nice progression. Now he's finally out for, up front. The only problem I have with Duke is that he seems to be like really trained out of nowhere now. Yeah, uh, I, and, uh, I, that's true. I just, I'm telling you, you, I loved Harper at the yeah. beginning. I, Duke, I like. And again, I'm not even thinking it, it was cool that uh, the future's end and that that would lead from this. And they're definitely, especially this week of books, they're really pushing. You know, Duke is, he's a little above and beyond the rest of them. Out he's, of nowhere, though. He's figuring shit out. He's, he's doing that. He's a fucking yeah. fighter. He's a detective. He's yeah. got all this good shit on lockdown. Uh, but. I, I don't know. The only thing that I say that feels forced with Harper is that at the end of Batman Eternal, she just disappeared. Uh, for and then came months back upon angry. Months upon months. And then all of a sudden, yeah, showed up in uh, Batman and Robin Eternal and seemed angry. And it just seemed like, where, where were you all this time? 
And to me, that's why. And then not only that, but she's pretty much seems to be the star of this book or what they're forcing it into. And yeah, I and even in this book, they're they're especially the last couple of months or weeks. I mean, they've been focusing on everything else but her. She's Mm -hmm. been hanging out with with Dick reading fucking notes. And it seems weird. Then all of a sudden they have a big cliffhanger this week. I'm pretty sure she had to go out and get like an extra job to take care of Kong. She's just like sitting there and playing video games, not really worrying about the world. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and where is he now? She's not too worried about him now. Playing them video why, games. Why was she getting a job before? Did she have to pay for the video games? Yeah. Is that what she was doing? He's a terrible brother. Bullshit. She's an even worse sister. She could care less. She's hanging out in Prague. She's living, finally gotten away from him. Living Come the, on. The let her sweet live. life in Prague in that Prague Batcave. She had to fucking take loose. care of him his entire life. <laughs> Really? I don't know, man. Uh, we're going to move on to the next email, which is from Luis slash Steve Orlando. All right. Okay. This Luis likes to push my fucking buttons here. Hey, did you try to get a birthday wish from Steve Orlando? No, I did not. No, <laughs> it's weird. Steve Orlando does not follow us on Twitter, and I right. do not have his email. Okay. Hey, Eric and Jim. See, it starts right away, Luis. You, you know what to do. <laughs> I'm my surprised birthday. that you said it. my name correctly the first time. Actually, I should have. Louis. Louis. There you says, go. I'm surprised that you said my name correctly the first time. So it makes it seem like I, I said it wrong like the second and third time. Shout out to Reggie, who's probably the hardest worker on the podcast despite the length of his segment. I'm surprised to see and always looking forward to the topics he brings up. He should be in the Comics Alternative podcast. There's where we go. We're going to do an ad for another podcast. They're part of the Comics Podcast, uh, the Comics Podcast Network, Eric. Proud members. They they had never invited us to the picnic because you know what? We don't have PhDs. Big dummies. Not weird science. The Comics Alternative are two PhD guys who review comics. Do you know them? Yes, yes, I do. I go out and have drinks with them, yeah. but then they kick no, me out because it's a college you bar. Don't know, you don't have a PhD, Eric. Yeah. I have a PhD. And murder. Ooh. Actually, I have a, a bachelor's degree. I, I can't hang with those guys. But seriously, though, they won't shut up about DCB services and their patrons. I appreciate the hard work they put in, and I understand that most of it is the passion. But they stress it so frequently that it can be a bit annoying. You guys put in a lot of hard work just as much as these guys do. They, too, have long podcasts, and they come out frequently. Hour and a half, Eric. <laughs> Hour and a half. I said that if I, we had a podcast that long, holy moly, you wouldn't even be sick now. We'd Everybody have a great week. We're somehow, seeing seven. Somehow somebody would be feeding me grapes right now. I'd be laying on a fucking sofa. What you guys lack is the fame, respect, PhDs, and fan support these guys have. They have fame? If they have fan support? I don't, I don't want to bitter mouth them. <laughs> I did listen to them, though. Uh, no, I'm telling you, after we got this mail, I'd never heard of them. Then we checked them out. I had the them. HD is abundant. I had them on my, um, on my list, on my podcast app that I oh, used that's right. on my phone. And I said to you, I think I'd listen to these guys. And yes, I had. And yes, they, they really stress these PhDs. These guys love those PhDs. I have cues, Eric. I don't stress those. I don't stress the cues that I did freaking playing sports like a champ i think i have diseases diseases you told me that you don't get infection i don't i don't know you seem to get sick more than me though so something's not working if you don't get infections how are you getting sick like that i don't know i get get a cold man you got a phd there buddy you got a phd PhD. get the fuck out of here instead it's a hard school to get into yes it is uh uh, bucks county community instead (laughs) the very company that your podcast is based around hates you (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't understand that when he said it. You're like, I think he means DC Comics. Yeah. I thought he meant weird science or something. <laughs> I don't know what I thought. They I hate us listen. too. Yeah. You don't have PhDs. What's with these PhDs? You piss off letters and most of your fan support is hate mail. And you're adding to it. And where is Professor DC? I don't recall anyone mentioning anything regarding his absence. Did Dan? Is it because Professor quit? DC has a PhD? He does. He has a PhD, and he quit. He's going to be on Comics Alternative next <laughs> week. He's going to actually. He only has one PhD. He's not. Uh, he doesn't make the cut. No. Uh, actually, we might have a uh, Professor DC this week. Reggie's huh? going to. Oh wait, I, I don't want to. Shut your goddamn him. mouth. Reggie got a hold of him. He might have one. I don't know. And the three O's oh, and uh. Luis said that he had picked up Martian Manhunter before, and right. he really enjoyed it, and so he picked up three other issues, which he hate, uh, hated, and I asked, what were those issues? I'd like to know. And they were Convergence Zero. I like that one. I, I didn't mind it either. And Doomed 1 and 2. I think so I enjoyed those pretty Not only much. does Luis not know how to pick podcasts, but he really picked some bombs there. <laughs> Doom 1 and 2. Is not, if you're at the... the comic book shop and you're like convergence i can see that zero oh i want to see what's going on with that and i'll check it out uh and that is a jeff king joint right i believe so yes there you go you you uh complimented him today um but doomed one and two odd picks very odd picks maybe the comics alternative told him to do that but i'm sorry eric they have phds they do not deal in superhero comics no they're too good for that yes being new to dc convergence confused me but i love ethan's artwork and I believe that was, in fact, Ethan Van Skyver, that person. Doomed 1 and 2 were meh. But that's just my opinion. I'm not used to DC. I'm a noob. Love your boy, Stevie slash Luis. Thank you, Luis, Thank I think. You, Luis. I think Luis is, is trying to really get me riled up, but I am too tired to care, Eric. Too tired to care. And I'm not too proud to beg. Brandon says, Brandon's the next email, I agree with almost all your reviews this week, and now the show begins, and as usual, I'll look forward to the nonsense that ensues. I'll leave you with some general notes, questions, and a suggestion to fuck, uh, to watch a fucked-up, disturbing show for Eric. Did okay. you read this out of time? No, I didn't. That sounds weird. Not a bad week for comics. I'm still digging Rob more, and the focus on the Rob is in general overall, to be honest lately. They should have just went in this direction and stayed away from Bat Bunny. I said a while back I wanted to get more invested in these characters, and this is helping immensely. Just a few notes about these. Uh, before we go, I said to you as well, I actually am really enjoying this Robin War, yeah. and it seems bigger to me than a lot of these so-called events that they've had before DC's had that went on and on and on for issue after issue. Right. This is pretty contained. Uh, there isn't a ton of issues. I wish there was more. I wish they had more uh, books in, like, say, Batgirl. And oh, even sweet. the, the main Batman title, I wouldn't mind, but you said that that's bullshit. They would never do that to Scott Snyder. No. Sure. He's a superstar. He is. Just a few notes about these new 52 and DCU versions, since they're the, are they're the ones I'm most familiar with in comic form. He says, I honestly think Jason might be my favorite. Yeah. I, I'm with him now. He's such an outcast. I Actually... Dick's my favorite, but uh, Jason yeah. of the other three, uh, definitely. He's such an outcast in the whole Batman gang, and I think that's what kind of draws me to him. I like the outliers in the bunch. He's what uh, Weird Science DC Comics blog.blogspot.com is to comics, Eric. A plucky smartass just waiting to chime in with two cents. No wonder I like him so much. Plus, how badass are his re- retractable blade ninja gloves? I like those. They're weird. Like, out of nowhere, they showed up, but I did like Did they? Them. I yeah. don't even remember seeing them. Yeah, they're the ones with when he um showed up in Eternal, and he was fighting um 
Cassandra in the bar. Oh, right, in, right. Uh, um, no, they talked Newman's. about it in Eternal this week. I'm like, and I looked back. Well, that's like, what it said. Yeah, they, he, there was a weird comment. Yeah, like, and oh, I'm like, where the fuck are these? blade arms or whatever and it, it, it your made, sword hands yeah, i'm like it, it are we talking about seem, that mystical swords that <laughs> came out and it made it seem very odd but that's i think what he was talking about when i would never take the entire book off. again i would never take those off and most likely train myself to shave with them <laughs> then, <laughs> like a uh, badass brandon goes on i like dick yes as if that's news he's definitely batman jr despite how much it feels like he kind of hates uh that label I mean, it was such a Batman thing to do this weekend to set up those Robins, even Damien and Tim. What a ruthless crap basher. Only an attempt Batman to do what do he that. thinks is right to protect people. What's that? I don't even think Batman would I do that. I think he would. It's so screwed up. I guess he can't be such a stiff dick next time Batman yeah. keeps secrets. <clears throat> Mother situation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Batman's doing in that book. Boy, he, he kicked fucking dick to the curb. I wish I was as badass a kid as Damien is. I, I mean, how sweet would it be to be 12 and just know you'll kick the ass of 95% of the people you see? Jim, start sending your kids one by one to Raja and Talia. Get your own We Are Robin thing going on. I don't, I don't know. They'd probably go right after me first. Oh, yeah. Then I request you sick them after Steve Orlando and Brendan Fletcher crew. By the way, I sent a message to Brendan Fletcher. He did not send you a birthday greeting. Aww. Get these turds out She's of the She's still sore about that, girl. And f- it falls to you, damn it, and your group of future Robins. Last and least, what the hell is Tim Drake's deal? He he has really fallen off. I, yeah. I don't know what's going on with him. I hear all these older continuity fans just love him, but I find him a blank slate to me. There's not much to him other than this dude who occasionally goes around for, you know, computer stuff. I feel like Harper's more has more characterization than him over the last two years. This is a letdown to me because he knows Batman. He should be awesome by default, and yet he's just taking up page space, douching it up. I do enjoy when Jason makes fun of him, though. I feel like I've said this before, but this whole Red Hood mask thing bugs me to no end, and it just keeps looking different for every artist. Yeah. That's true. You have complain they, all the time about have it. Have they settled on lips, or is this thing or not? Is this thing a thing or not? Because, I mean, uh, he hangs out with a guy named Dick already. Do we need uh, someone else with bread pouty lips following <laughs> Dick around? Seems odd to me even without all that. Uh, tried, to, tried to rate you guys. Listen to this. I listen to the, on the Podcast Republic and don't think they do that stuff. I can only rate the app. I would on iTunes, but fuck Apple and the fruit they're named after. So Fair what enough. are the other good podcast apps? Maybe I'll swap to give you guys some love. I, the only one I know is Stitcher. I'm telling you, I, I don't even know which one I use. It's just something I downloaded on my phone and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to find... Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, ba 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 Try to reach you guys. I am uh, ha- having problems here. What's wrong? I, I lost my space. Oh. Eric, happy birthday, by the way. Treat oh. yourself to something that will fuck your mind up and watch Black Mirror on Netflix. Oh, I've watched Black Mirror. Well, season one, episode one's really a fucking whacked. So basically, a choice has to be made. National, nationally loved princess is kidnapped, and this prime minister has to bang a pig to save her, or the kidnapper will kill her. Oh, and this pig banging has to be done on live TV for the world to see. He has about less than a day to decide what he'll do, and as they try to keep it secret, uh, Twitter finds video, the ransom video, and explodes into a whole public debate thing, and hijinks ensue. It sounds weird. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he fucks the pig. It but, does uh, he? Yeah, I'm telling but, you, I started watching this last summer. My uh, girlfriend was just going through Netflix and found it, and we just started, ended up watching, like, I think there's two seasons of it. I think we watched it all. Really? The rest of the episodes in the series are just as crazy. Different actors, different story each time. Give it a shot. It's Twilight Zone-ish kind of stuff. 
Yeah, it's not bad. As always, thanks for making my bad, making me bad at my job four hours at a time, Brandon. (laughs) And that is uh, at B M U R three six six zero. Thank you, Brandon. Problems reading tonight. Uh, Yeah, words are hard, man. No, it's just I'm actually before we go on, you you make some noise here and, and distract people. I gotta, no, 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 I gotta no, make no, this no. font bigger or something. I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on. I'm losing track. I can't see where I am. All right, the next one is a uh, late email. Pistol Obsidian Blackbird McKnight sent me a note on Twitter and said, "Hey, when are you recording?" I said, "In a half hour." He said, "I'm gonna send you mail." I said, "Eric's gonna hate that." Not that yeah, I have no idea anything mail. about this. Yes, but I know you. You always uh, hope that we'll have. We didn't have a lot of mail going into say Friday, yeah. and then it all it all hit. You were actually. Uh, hoping we'd have a podcast without mail this week. I was like, this is going to be awesome. It's never You're happened. A jerk. Oh. People like to talk to you. Hey, Jim and Eric. I like first, hearing. I'm sorry. First, happy birthday to Eric. Whenever it was this Shit, week. thank you. My 25th birthday was a couple of weeks ago, and it feels awful to be 25. Uh, happy birthday, I don't know Mr. how you two old-ass men do it, especially Jim. That's <laughs> true. Every day I get up, I feel older and older, and I'm not You're talking looking a too. day. I'm starting to look younger. Getting oh, trim. Yeah. yeah. Looking good. Maybe it's just that hoodie that makes you look fat. Fuck you. Great episode last week. I took your advice, Jim, and tried listening to it at half speed, and it was hilarious. You sounded just as special as you claim to be. <laughs> anyway, I've got a few thoughts to share about the show. Firstly, I have to agree with Jim. Lori Petty wasn't too bad looking in Point Break. Oh, that's gross. I had a bit of a crush on her when I was younger after seeing that movie. There were so you. many better looking no. women to have a crush yeah, on. But that doesn't matter. You're watching that movie. That movie, Eric. They're the two best-looking girls what? in that movie no. were Lori Petty and Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I was just gonna say, bring it up. I can't. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. I'm like, yeah, go that way. Why is it funny that I thought, uh, what's his name, uh, Alex Winter? I was gonna. <laughs> a freaking yeah, Alex Winter pill? isn't he in every every movie? Lost Boys, maybe Lost yes, Boys. He was. He, again, in Lost Boys, he was there with those uh, the best-looking vampire group I've ever, ever seen in my life, and he just looks terrible. Look at him now. He's terrible looking. He's old. Secondly, we were talking, speaking of old, we were looking at Mark Singer from Beastmaster. Holy moly. (laughs) Him and Tanya Roberts. Tanya Roberts is still hot. How dare you? Yeah. Have a crush on Tanya Roberts. That's better right there. Yeah, but then you're not watching Beastmaster this time. You're watching Point Break. I watched a lot of Beastmaster growing up. Yes, you did. Secondly, I love the I think everybody did. I love the introduction of Mumbo Jimbo and hope he can be on the show again. Also, I miss Professor DC. Mumbo <laughs> Jimbo would not be on this episode. Uh, we don't want to burn him out there. He gets tired. I can't say when he's going to be on. He comes out of nowhere. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> he it's almost tough. he almost showed up. I really enjoyed Robin War issue one. I like Eric. I like Eric. I've been looking forward to this event since it was announced. Though the art in the book was a bit disjointed, I love the issue. I think the issue. part where Damien called Tim inbred Robin could be some foreshadowing of the Tim's possible creation by mother. Zod, I've, I asked you about that again this week. It seemed very weird for Damien. What, Red to say Hoodie that. and inbred Robin? No, he called Tim. He called Tim an inbred Robin. Inbred Robin. It makes Red, I'm saying, though, he, say, he was talking to both of them. He said, Hey, Red Hoodie and inbred Robin. Yeah. The, but why? It's is, just the play on their names, insulting them. I, what's the play on the name saying? Red that, Robin. Yeah, inbred yeah. Robin. I just, it seemed weird. It's not. That's not very clever. I it just it seems stupid. And looking at the part Red hoodie, where Damien, is that clever? No, neither of them are. It was stupid. And looking at the part where Damien is thrown out the window by Gordon, he doesn't actually smash into the telephone pole. You can see him use a battering to break the pole, so it helps to slow him and cushion his fall. This issue gives me hope that this event could be a good one, unlike the last couple. 
DC have had. And I agree. I really like it. Uh, keep up the good work, fellas, especially you, Jim. You are the hardest working man in comic reviews. How about what that, Eric? This shit? How about that? That's 1102, probably. Him and Pop moment. Man are calling me out. Ah, uh, yes, and that is hashtag moldy bread. Hashtag Roman hands and Russian fingers. And hashtag can I see your broke-ass face. That was my favorite line from last week's podcast, he says. And that is love, pistol, obsidian, black burping, night. P.S. Eric, you got to stop calling people brother. You sound like Hulk Hogan or Dog the Bounty Hunter. And the those guys is, are assholes. I realized after I said brother twice in a row, I'm like, oh, God. that's What's that's that, brother? Yeah, I, that's ex- immediately what I thought of when I said it the second time. Like, I'm going to stop you? now. Yeah. At least you didn't call me brah. What's up, brah? What's up, brah, brother? When did you say that? Was there? I don't even a remember. Reason? But I remember. I'm, I remember there was a point in the show though. It stuck out in my mind. I have no idea what we're talking about. But when I used to drink all the time, anybody I talked to about, what's up, brother? What's up, brother? That's and why I had to stop boy. drinking because I was baby annoying. Boy used to be oh, your baby big boy, one. all the time. Hey there, baby boy. Yeah, you said it to me. I feel special, and then like everybody that passes us at work. Hey, baby <laughs> boy. What's up, baby boy? And half the people are like, I'm gonna fucking kill that guy. Uh, J-Man's next. J-Man, uh, uh, subject line, cartography through cryptography <laughs> and nerd skills for life. And he's obviously, he does not like Tim Drake's uh, dialogue in Eternal this week. Hey, hey Jim and Eric, what's up? What's up? What's up, brother? What's yeah. up, brother? <laughs> I recently saw an interview with Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo about their latest issue of Batman. I told you, every every freaking issue that comes out has to be prece- uh, you know, preceded by a fucking... Press junket by these Look, two. Look, the, the sales are dropping. They got to do whatever they can to get back up on top. Yeah, yeah. Azarello just with... beat out Snyder in the top ten. What's that? Azarello just beat out Snyder yeah, in the no, top it's ten. Funny when I saw that back to that top ten, I I love that they're like Frank Miller does it again. No, he didn't. No, no, he did not. He's very angry <laughs> he about it. He's very pissed. It left me with more questions that they did not address. Boy, Scott Snyder didn't answer questions and address fucking things. Why do Snyder and Coppola insist on giving interviews to over-explain the complexity of their latest issue? Douchebag. <laughs> Speaking of the fucking preaching of the choir, baby. Isn't it kind of sad that this super heavy arc has one issue left and really don't we don't know much more about Mr. Bloom than what we learned from the first issue in this arc? Does it make sense? For Damien to have zero interaction with Bruce Wayne now that the media, most people in Gotham, know he's still around. You listen to our conversations yeah, at work? All, all week I'm yelling about him. And you're like, well, he might not know. Bullshit. How does he not know? Freaking Bruce Wayne's at a gala welcome back fucking party. And he yet spent the first nine years yeah, of his life without knowing his father. There's going to be a press of that. No, it's, it's terrible. It, it is the worst. They should have had him show up. Damien, Everybody I'm saying, else showed up. I'm saying Damien kind of brought it up in Robinson of Batman where he's like, look, you know, Batman might be dead. Uh, we come back. That's what we do. Yeah, but did not go see him? That's not his dad right now. Yeah. Batman's his dad. Yeah. Bruce Wayne could suck it. Look, why would Bruce see a giant bat when looking at the headlights of an oncoming train? Uh, because. Just, yeah. yeah, that's what he's thinking. These are questions that Snyder and Capullo He looked into probably... the abyss and it looked back and it was a mm. giant fucking bat. These are I, I wanted him to, like, as this was coming up, he's like, okay, father, I'll become... Boom, dead. <laughs> he's fucking dead. Oh, no, and Batman. Then, and then freaking uh, uh, Duke becomes Batman. What do you think of that? I don't care for it, but really. All right. These are questions that Snyder and Capullo probably will never answer. I finally removed Batman and Robin Eternal from my pull list. 
Every, everybody's People are doing bailing. that. Everybody's bailing. Before you get on my case, let me explain my reasoning. I'm not getting on anybody's case. I mentioned it in my freaking write-up this week. For every one or two issues of this weekly that are actually good, there are three or five issues where nothing really happens. And I'm telling you, before I go on, I know of, well, we're at, well, yeah, we're at three. I get three issues that I actually liked. One I love, which was number one. Yes. Uh, the other, um, Tinian issue, Tinian issue was okay. And I'm, I'm even going to go with this first uh, Sealy issue, this number two. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it, it's been garbage. Uh, he said, nothing happens or the dialogue and action is so ham-fisted and not compelling that I feel I'm pa- uh, pissing away my money. Does, when people say ham-fisted, does, does that make you hungry? No. It makes me hungry for a sandwich. I'd rather does. save my money for a series that's more consistent from issue to issue. And if I really want to read the Batman and Robin Eternal story, I'll pick it up and trade after all the issues are done. I, I'm telling you, I don't even know that this is going to go. I, I say this. I, I hate these weeklies like this. When you see the trade because of the changing artists, it right. really throws me off a well, lot. Eternal is really bad that way. Yeah, I, I read, or I didn't read. I picked up at the library. I was looking through Batman Eternal, the trade. I think it was volume one. And, boy, it, yeah, it, you go through and it's just like you're there. and Oh, man, this art's awesome. And then you turn the page and there's just garbage. If DC and Snyder want to introduce new world characters like Cassandra Kane and Azrael, why can't they put this in the regular Batman series, maybe as a second story? Then I might have a reason to read Batman again. I don't care what anyone says. Batman is no longer a fun read for me. You know why? Because it's not a Joker of the Court of the Owls story. No, yeah, that, that's something new. Uh, I told you the reason I gave you Batman to review, it, it's, it just wasn't fun. It's not it's fun not to fun, review. It's not fun to me. And yeah, again, you almost think that when you're reviewing it, you're trying to look up shit. You want to be pretty serious about it. It's just not a fun book. But I still have Robin Moore, which is awesome. Who would have thought Grayson would be a total dick to all his Robins, brothers, and arms? I uh, I did not see that coming. Yeah, Batman right. and Robin Eternal deal breaker for me was lines like my subject line, which, remember, it was the cartography through cryptography. Or it was cryptology, I think. Yes. I think you're right. And uh, nerd skills for life. I might have uh, wrote that wrong there. The uh, J-Man from, oh, he says, uh, keep up the good work. J-Man from Santa Barbara. Ah, thanks, thanks J-Man. J-Man. Yeah, I'm telling you, everything that J-Man said from the Eternal stuff to the Batman stuff, he doesn't have to apologize to anybody because I agree 100% with him. I just, oh, as long I, as you agree. Yep, that's all that matters, me and J-Man. J-Man's here in Santa Barbara. I'm here in Quicktown, Pennsylvania, and everybody the, in between, they could care less. I speak for the Green Arrow fans. You yes, speak you Batman do. Fans. You do speak for the Green Arrow fans, Eric. And the next <laughs> one's from Manship. Manship says, only cool people have a green pretzel eat around the mold story, and I want to be cool like my website review podcasting role models. My grandparents came down from Indiana to watch my sister and I for a week when I was eight years old down in the Big Easy. The nice. Big Easy. We had this girl in school we called the Big Easy, Eric. I had a uh, script I was writing for a sequel to Big Trouble in Little China. It was Big Trouble in the Big Easy. That's not as good as me having a girl that we called the Big Easy. But, yeah, everybody had the a problem girl they is, called the Big Easy. Now, the, the problem is, is your script was real. Yeah. Of course, Grandma <laughs> packed our lunches every day and threw in a mini box of sun-made raisins one fine Wednesday. Uh, we love raisins as kids, and who didn't? Did I'm, you ever get those in your lunch bags? I'm, well, I'm raising my hand because I hate those things. I, I don't like raisins. Uh, I don't like craisins. I don't like I my I'd rather have marshmallows. That's the third time you've brought up craisins. I know. This I'm time. pushing crazy. that on you. You didn't even know what they were. No. I like marshmallows. My mom would actually make me a, <laughs> of sugar, you do. a sugar sandwich 
which of course had bread with tons of regular butter, not margarine, right. butter and uh, sugar poured in. I, and then you and I'm telling you, I love these sugar sandwiches, but it really it reminded me of eating like a sandwich that fa- uh, fell in the sand. <laughs> and I'd eat those and uh, uh, yeah, we see where your problems come today. Yeah, I'm telling you, you want to you want to you know follow the trail of crumbs to see what got to this. You also put butter on pop tarts. Yeah, my mom always did. That was the thing. But I I only like butter on the um the what would be now the chocolate sundae or whatever they call it now. It used to just be I think I don't know what they used to call it chocolate and vanilla. But yeah, I, I love butter. What are we talking about? We're talking about raisins. After eating two raisins right out of the little red box, I decided to dump them out on the table so that I could eat them faster. Good thing I did because at the bottom of the raisin box were about four to six wiggly white maggots. Nice. That's great. Let's eat around the maggots. You're eating maggots, Michael. Yeah. My sister and I have not had raisins since that day, and we always throw it in my grandma's face whenever we see her. So Jeez. America, so America's She ain't going to be around that much longer. Stop it. No, really. Be nice to her. Be nice to your meemaw. So America's sweetheart wants to get out of reading or reviewing Teen Titans so bad that he tore his taint on purpose. That's dedication. I can no longer dog shave for being a slacker. No, Although we no. are still waiting on details about Stinky Jamie. We don't need a name. We just need an update on what Stinky Jamie has been up to all these years. Yeah, I wanted you to give everybody Stinky Jamie's either, like if he's on <laughs> Facebook, Twitter. I want I want that out there. So well, that he's got to be over them. 50 now, but I'm telling you, freaking uh. What the hell? And the thing is, going back to ripping my taint so I didn't have to review Teen Titans. Teen Titans is your book. Not for long. You don't Actually, have an excuse. Actually, I said to you, hey, this week you're going to have to do Teen Titans. And you said, I will, but then you ripped your taint. I don't think and that's what I said at I, all. I didn't do that, Teen Titans. We have a problem where if we do the podcast and talk about a book and it's a real stinker, uh, it's and haven't reviewed it yet, yes, it's, it's real problem. tough to go and review it afterwards. It really is. And I have Lobo. From last week and Teen Titans. I should have really gotten Green Arrow out of the way before we did this. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's tough. Uh, once you talk about it and you're already miserable about it, and just it just is awful. And then we have the issue where if we don't do it, a couple weeks later, I always think that we have because yeah. we talked about it. But he goes on, Starfire is the hottest chick on the comic book pages these days, along with Julia, soon to be Wayne, right behind her. That's freaking Total Recall, Eric. Julia will not be Mrs. Wayne. Where was Julie in the latest issue of Batman anyway? She's off with the Court of the Owls. She's making plans. You I'm saying she didn't really have a spot to be in it this week. She could have been there with him. Yeah, just hanging out at the fucking Iceberg Lounge. She could have been hanging. Batgirl. Just hanging. He showed up, Eric. He showed up with a bat. He's Batman. Get it? He used to call me Crazy Joe. Now they call me Batman. You used to call me Crazy Joe. Now you call me Batman. You can't show us all of Julia, including her owl tattoo, in the last issue and not follow up with her. Back to Starfire number seven. What the hell happened with Grayson in this issue? He goes into the most interesting man in the world to sneak into a yacht party. Then all of a sudden, Grayson is jumping onto another boat while throwing a briefcase, knocking out the boat driver. Next panel, Grayson is back as Grayson, kicking butt and making out with his dream girl. You just wrote half my fucking talk with this. They're almost most interesting man in the world running around with a briefcase. You can wait until the review to discuss if you like Eric. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> this is everything Grayson, I wanted to talk about. Why can't they give him a completely different coat from Clark uh, in Batman Superman? I don't know. We talk about this so all week, weird. too. I know that they are in the Arctic, but come on. There has to be some color options. They and both like blue. What is Grayson doing in that book anyway? He didn't do anything but confuse us, and now he's dead. What the hell was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Uncle, uh, Uncle Sam Man ship. 
Uh, I don't know why him and Jason were even in this last issue. I think they're dead, Eric. I think that's real. I don't know, man. I don't even know why teleportation was in this because of pods can, like the pads that are there. All of a sudden, everybody's getting teleported without I don't these pads. Know what was going on in any of that issue? Uh, why did they go? Well, we'll get to it. But yeah, why yeah, would yeah. they they teleport onto Vandal Savage's ship? Mess up like a couple things and then have to go. And then come uh, back and then and they're the weird just thing laying is, is there. They say this, it's, Whoops. Because the only thing I could think of is they're trying to get him to chase them, right? I guess. They're showing, he's showing up anyway. I think he's on his way. Huh, they didn't, we'll have, they didn't want to have to wait another week. That's the one thing I was angry about this week. That I actually had a pretty good week of the books that I read. That one I did not like. Well, man, ship screwed me over. No, this is Red Robber. <laughs> uh, freaking mention. Thank you, Manship. What the hell? <laughs> Why did I screw them over? Yes, this is Red Robber. We haven't heard uh, from Red Robert in a while since I... Did you keep emailing him, hounding him to send no, one in? I did All not. Right. He'll even say, I didn't want to hound him. He's got other things to do, Eric. He listens to some fancy music and does a lot of dancing. Red Robert says, Dear Jim and Eric, Well, manship screwed me over. I didn't know we were supposed to send an excuse notes in lieu of an actual email. <laughs> I feel like crap now. Manship did. He sent me that, that note. Did anyway. he hurt his taint playing laser tag? Yes, yes. He actually um, sent a accidental email. I told him I'm going to bust on. He had he had he makes notes for that, but he wanted to tell a story about uh, the uh, him doing paintball, and I think that it was coming out awful because, like me, it was all about like him trying to win and shooting kids with paintballs <laughs> and making them cry. Now was it paintball or was it laser no, tag? No, it was paintball. Okay, paintball. Yeah, it was not laser tag. He's a manner. So he anyway, shot a bunch of kids in the face yeah, with paintballs? Yeah, shooting them with the paintball. Yeah, and they were crying. That sounds it does awesome. Hurt. It, it, in fact, it does hurt. I, I don't know if he was giving them like one of those, like, hey, uh, the first time it's going to hurt, but then you'll get used to it, or he's just trying to win. But I, I can imagine a... him barrel rolling around, uh, fucking yelling out fucking you know weird shit that like you would yell out in the Marines. <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> I don't know. Semper Fi? Yeah, yeah. Semper Fi or like, and also doing like, whoosh, whoosh, when he's giving directions to yeah. kids when they're, they're dark. Gotta add sound effects. Whoosh, whoosh. Anyways. Uh, no, hold on a second. Well, that, that sounds like a brilliant idea. Say you're having a really shitty week. Your kids are hounding you. Your boss is a fucking piece of shit. I, I'm a man. I don't have to imagine. Okay. I'm I saying, just lived it. End of the week. There's this place right down the road. Okay. And they have a full paintball course. All no, I'm right. saying imagine. Okay. This is where we, should, we should open it up. And there's just a bunch of young kids there, and you just shoot the shit out of these fucking bastard childrens. When they do this, I've never gone to anything like this. I, I went paintball. I went to play paintball once, and it was in the Poconos near here mm-hmm. in the mountains. And I went there. It took us an hour and a half to drive. And when I got there, it started drizzling, and I went the fuck home, Eric. And I, I remember it was a it was a weird uh, week. The Eagles were playing the Arizona Cardinals. That and is I that's said, a weird you know thing what? to remember. I'm like, I I only remember it because that was my excuse to everyone. There are, you, no, had, so you drove an hour and a half, and yeah, I had to go back to watch so the Eagles. They were so mad at me. And uh, I was like, hey, I got to go. Eagles are on. They're like, what Jesus the Christ. fuck is going on? I had paid, so what the hell? But, yeah, it started dri- I didn't want to <laughs> do it. I didn't want to go in the first place. It was like Just one say of those no, things. Just say no, then. I, I felt bad. Actually, the real main reason why I did do that whole drive was the one guy, I had to drive him with me. So for me to say no at the last second, I would have screwed him up. How over. did he get home? Oh, I made sure he had a ride then. They, it was because everybody left at weird times. All right. Uh, we left. Everybody. We were going to meet at this place before, and then they decided against it, so everybody left. But, yeah, I made sure he had a ride home. 
And uh, and it was actually my buddy Herb. Oh. <laughs> I dropped his Poor ass Herb. off and I went the hell. Sweet Herb. I went home and watched the Eagles, Eric. And I don't remember if they won or lost. But we're going to get back to Red Roberts mail. Uh, we're starting to talk about manship and freaking shooting people. Doesn't he that sound continues. awesome, though? Yeah, it does. Anyway, I want to do it right now. Anyway, oh, yeah. since I finally have a minute to sit down and write an email, I might as well provide some belated explanation of why Jim is now called Poland's sweetheart. Nice. You see, I had a problem downloading an episode of the podcast some two weeks ago. Every other episode downloaded just fine, but the newest one just wouldn't budge. When I wrote and asked if anyone else had that problem, Jim naturally responded by making fun of the Polish Internet, (laughs) which I did. But then he graciously uploaded the episode to Dropbox so I could download it. It was so nice. Jim's a nice person, you guys. Who'd have thought? Seriously. Who'd have thought, Eric? Who'd have thought? Nice to the listeners, not nice to me. Shirt off the... Shirt off my back for you, Eric. Shirt like that twi- Taylor Swift shirt you're wearing this week? Yeah, you didn't even see that on yesterday. I was wearing an Elmo shirt. <laughs> I had some weird selections of shirt this way. I wear uh, pullovers over them. Uh, we didn't do a lot of wash this week, so I was down to the bare minimum. Uh, the Taylor Swift shirt was my wife's, and the Elmo shirt was my son's. You're a seven-year-old. Yeah, I fit you perfectly. I don't have a seven-year-old, you jerk. I am saddened to say that I'm joining the Legion of People dropping Batman and Robin Eternal. Damn, is anybody reading this book anymore? No. Me. I never yeah. even re- read this week's issue, but the nonsensical plotting and the horrible pacing of the book in the last couple of issues was enough. As much as I enjoyed having a weekly dose of dick, huh. Jason and Tim acting uh, like actual brothers, I cannot stand idly by while Scott Snyder insists on trying to make Harper Rowe happen. She's not happening. Ever. Like Harper. Let's just ditch that flop of a character and focus on the true star of the Bat family, Stephanie Brown. Where's Stephanie go? I, every week I ask you, and you always say, say it. Show with Colin playing video games? Show Colin playing video games. You tell me every time. And I'm guaranteeing Kicking you it. that they're going to show her eventually, and she'll be sitting there with goddamn Colin playing video games. Turns and, out, just like her father, she's the mastermind of this whole thing. Ooh, the clue master. <laughs> yeah, what happened to him? <laughs> Throat sliced. I also surprisingly enjoyed the last issue of Midnighter. I was really, really drunk while reading it, so that okay. may have been it. But there were a couple of moments I liked. It still wasn't a great issue, but I found it weird that Jim hated it that much, since in my opinion it was the best issue of the series since the debut. And still, I have to support the book because if it flops, it'll be forever used as an example of why books with LGBTQ and plus heroes don't succeed. If I could support Batwoman during the Andraco run, I'm sure I can make it through anything, even Steve Orlando's dialogue. Don't do that to yourself, Red Robert. Come on. I, I didn't mind Andrico's run. I know it ended weird, Eric. With the, yeah, it uh, got weird at the end with space and, and shit. In space. But I actually, I did not mind it. Also, there was a rape in the middle of it, which might have been a little odd and, you know, might have thrown people off. But they explained it, it later, was, Eric. There was no rape. You can't you rape sh- the willing. Exactly. You can't do anything you don't want to do. Uh, yeah, it was, it was odd. It you was always weird. want to throw that rape Remember around. Remember that, that uh, the Batwoman rape thing? Really, there was a couple of people online that were trying to push that so hard to get people. Uh, oh, that's like uh, the other week when that dude called me a fucktard because I didn't bring up how Aquaman got raped because he had yeah, sex with Mara. It wasn't Mara. I guess you're pro-rape. I can't believe you'd be pro-rape. All right, hold Why on. Check this out. Why would you ever do that? No, no. I have a story where back when I was like 18 years old. What is the out- story going to be? I'm, I'm calling the police. I'm, I've dialed 9-1 and I want to hear the rest of the story. You want me to tell you your college stories? No. Yeah, exactly. Now, I was 18 years old. No, my. I was out at the mall with my girlfriend and our other friend named Heather. Oh. And we go back to my house, and I'm doing something downstairs. They go up to my room, 
And I go upstairs. I see someone's in the bathroom. And I go into my room. My room's all dark. And I see, you know, who I think is my girlfriend laying in bed. Yeah. And I get in. And I start getting all close and shit like that, all touchy-feely. How long were you dating that you didn't know by this point that it was not your girlfriend? Well, no. That's when I realized it wasn't. because It was to tell you. It was all dark. And they had, the, like, the same body, like, build and shit okay. like that. Then and then like, I Hello, Eric. No, no, Heather was Heather was kind of cute, but yeah. the thing is, this was all a big joke to them. So is that was I on the verge of getting raped there because yes. I was going to have sex with somebody who was not my girlfriend? Yes. Would you like to talk about it a little more later? You yes, I would. In my office, and uh, I usually have office hours. Uh, they're pantless, though. Eric. Then, then I'll tell you about Christmas Eve of 2013. Oh yeah, what the hell happened there? You get raped again? No, no, double blowjob. What the hell is this? This podcast is the fucking worst. I'll tell you later. I said, "Damn, I don't man. want to hear it." What do I want to do. hear that for? It just makes it me sad. It was awesome. Makes me sad. Christmas right. Eve. Double blowjump. P.S. Can we now expect a weekly segment of just Jim weighing himself and reporting on his podcast? Our progress. I need something to root for. What's Be- the progress where it doesn't say progress. to be continued anymore? Best of luck, Red Robert. Eric, I'm going over the scale. Let's do it. There we go. <laughs> All right. Eric. We're not already off the tracks enough. You hear him huffing and puffing yet, everybody? I'm coming back. I'm here. I don't know how to put these things on. That's his pants, he means. Yes, and... uh, Oh, you can hear me. Yes, I heard pants, and we'll talk about that later, Eric. All right. Actually, I lost three more pounds. Three more pounds. That's not a lot in a week, but I'm I'm doing it sensibly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not hungry a lot anymore. That was what I was uh, afraid of, that the Adderall... They claimed in that with the Adderall that um, you lose your appetite. Right. But I've never, or you, and you don't get hungry. I've that's never been my issue. It's oh, when I, I eat when I don't have an appetite all the time. But you now we had donuts at work today. Didn't touch. Sure them. did. It's I two had times three. now. Two. Yeah, you had three. Jesus Christ! Awesome. The one you bit into and it, it spooged all over the floor. I didn't even like that one. I kept went back for more. Really. Oh. I'm going to put on the weight. You're losing it. It's going to be like a Haro Lari situation. That's right. We'll, we'll meet in the middle. Uh, we're going to. That's it. That's the last mail. Red All right. Robert's last mail. Thank you, Red Robert. I like when Red Robert writes in. When he doesn't, I get a little nervous and I think I have to uh, write to him. Okay. Isn't there tr- there's, creep. Tr- there's troubles in Poland, I hear. And they, he, I'm always. A, I think that he's involved in some riot or maybe he's overthrowing the government, Eric. I don't know anything about Poland nowadays. <laughs> I don't know much either. We uh, we work with a lot of Polish people. Yes, we do. And they talk in Polish. And I told you there were two guys talking in Polish in the break room the other day. And I swear to God, they were talking shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Red Robert's a great guy. I was just guy. happy it wasn't the people who speak English now. Red Robert's a great guy. Polish is not, you know, it's not the language of love. It sounded like they were so angry, and I'm telling you, they were probably telling jokes, and they sounded angry, and they kept looking at me, and I said, and remember what I the told you? looked at you? Remember what I told you what I said to them? You I yelled at them. I said, hey, you talking shit on me? And they started laughing, so I think they were, and I'm mad now. I'm going to go seek those guys out, but we're going to head off to Reggie and his recklessness, and I would love to say I know what he was talking about, but I forget. Excellent. <laughs> that is professionalism. That is but weird yeah, science. Reggie's going ri- to Reggie's gonna rile people up with uh, sorted tales of the comic industry, Eric. And double blowjobs. Yeah. Take it away, Reggie.
my fellow comics enthusiasts, and welcome to Reggie's Recklessness. I'm your host, Reggie Barr. Witness the legendary new reader, the one who will propel the comic book industry to record profits and turn four-color funny books into the cornerstone of popular culture. The implication is that there exists in this world a contingent of people who are completely unaware of comic books and its encompassing art form. Here is a person who has never seen a pamphlet of sequential art, never thought to crack the cover to a trade collection or a graphic novel, never made the leap from newspaper comic strip or web comics to the saddle-stapled format. This person is so fresh and virginal to the dirty world of pulp comics that they may as well be a newborn babe, wide-eyed and naive to the realities of fictional flying people and their punching battles. What deters the new reader, say publishers and pundits, is the burdensome backstory, the complex continuity interwoven into these comic books over successive decades of being produced by several waves of creative teams. It's what compelled DC Comics to relaunch its entire line as the New 52 in September 2011. It's what propels Marvel to renumber their series to number one issues seemingly at the drop of a hat. And the fact is that number one issues sell in greater numbers. But do they draw in new readers? What is really being done except for renumbering comics and proclaiming them new reader-friendly to draw in these mythical folk for whom comic books are unknowable alien artifacts? One unique aspect of comic book retail is that financial speculation is still alive and well. Sure, the number of people purchasing comic books for resale doesn't even approach the level of the early 90s, but there are still scores of collectors who can be counted on to buy every number one issue of every mainstream comic book for as long as they draw breath. Number one issues often come with what have proven to be increasingly robust incentivized cover variance programs that can boost a book's shipping numbers tremendously. I've gone over this in previous episodes of Reggie's Recklessness before, so I won't belabor the issue, except to note that it's something you don't see in every retail model. The idea is that number one issues are fresh, perhaps featuring familiar characters, but otherwise they exist to be expanded upon. Relevant backstory will be described in a few panels, and then everyone enjoins the same fictional adventure together, on equal footing, with no group claiming any relevant mastery over comic book's continuity, at least as it pertains to the number one issue. The problem is that isn't true. DC and Marvel are guilty of promising mythical jumping-on points in their stories, but then rely on the same old cast of characters and plots. There is nothing interesting to a new reader about Talos, the main character from a crossover nobody cared about, actually being Arax, Son of Thunder, a character from a DC comic book from the early 1980s that has a cult following. Revealing Cassandra Cain and Azrael on the pages of Batman and Robin Eternal is merely toying with the emotions of longtime fans while providing that all-important new reader with nothing of substance. I know he's got fans, but let's be real. Azrael was a C-list Batman character at best, even if he did wear the mantle for a little while. Drag him, dragging him out for the meager spike in interest by aging comics creators seems like a short-sighted plan, when you could be developing an A-list character, someone brand new that will capture the minds of people new to comics. I'm just saying, it's probably not going to be a reject from the Crow's costume department whose superpower is Catholic guilt. They claim they've made the books accessible, they claim to be new reader-friendly, but all I see is creators, editors, and publishers spinning their wheels, trying to squeeze another few cents out of existing intellectual properties that have barely been updated for new readership. 
Perhaps instead of concentrating on reboots and number one issues, certain comic book companies seeking new readers should be employing new creators, new editors, even new publishers that will develop a plan useful for the company going forward, instead of digging deep into the Bronze Age of comic books and deciding that what the world needs now is a fucking update of Prez. For Weird Science DC Comics blog.blogspot.com podcast, I'm Reggie Barr, and this has been Reggie's Recklessness. You can reach me on Twitter at Reggie Reggie or in care of this podcast. Good night, and have a pleasant tomorrow. Because even then, I'm still number one. One, 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 one. All right, we're back, Eric. Back. Man, that, that first half was just terrible. I feel yeah, like, God, I feel like I'm about to die. Do you? You feel like you're going to die, huh? I'm going to die, Jimmy. You're going to die. Dig you, dig you're gonna be in my will. Oh, am I? And your yeah. will? What? You're gonna leave me all your debt? My Imaginex <laughs> and my debt. Oh, the Imaginex. Sell the Imaginex. Yeah, I'd rather have the, take the, care debt. Of the debt. I'd rather have the debt. Ay, ay, We're on the books part of the podcast, Eric. That is the all meat right. and cheese. I'm gonna try to pep things up because boy, Hopefully. I I was falling asleep that first half. And I, <laughs> I'm mean, I so was sorry. Asleep. I'm so tired. Uh, the books part of the section, like we like to call the meat and z cheese. Z-Chez, uh, but if nobody you want to, I say it, the meat and the Chez. And you're nobody. I am nobody. Oh, you may be sad now. Just because it's your birthday and you're getting all this attention, you have to yell at me. I'm sorry. I I'm was not, I was uncalled my for. My voice sound deeper today? A little bit. Hello, Eric. How you doing? You want to be Reggie. How do Go I get I a PhD. How do I sound right now? Sound sorry, you're tangling my balls. Do I, do I sound sexy? Do I, I like sound it. a little like Lando? No, not like Lando. Not like Lando. My throat is killing me. But right, if you want to go, Lando. if you want to read uh, full reviews and actually read them instead of listen to our crazy ass monotone voices, especially tonight, go to our website at again weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com and read these reviews, Eric. I mentioned a lot of cursing, a lot of uh, a lot of crazy '80s and '90s movie references. And we even mix in a little bit of comics, Eric. In Sometimes. Reviews. And I'll mention again as well that these are going to be spoiler-rific uh, talk tonight. Spoilers. And that doesn't even make sense, that sense. But we are going to throw in spoilers. I got to imagine. Them. I, really hate the, I really hate the sound of my voice normally. Tonight it's got to be even worse. Why do you think that, Eric? Because I'm sick and I can't breathe through my goddamn nose. Why do you think that? Because we oh. do this podcast every week, and I just want to go to sleep. Do we? You want to go to sleep, do you? No, nah, I want to talk about comics. Talk about All comics. All right, let's talk about Batman and Robin. I just don't want you to talk 10. like that to me no more. Number 10, Eric. Written by Jackson Lansing. With a bullet. Colin Kelly. Art by Roger Antonio. Geraldo Borges. Alan Pellis. Waka Walakawa. I don't like it. Stop it. Stop and it. Marilyn Patrizio. No. Lansing and Kelly Thank continue God. pissing off, pissing me off this week. I can't read tonight. I'm telling you, I'm going to grab this fucking computer and throw it out the goddamn window. It's, I'm sorry. it's my computer's fault, Eric. Sure it is. I'm I learned it from cool you, <laughs> from watching you, Eric. Yeah, I can't Lansing read Lansing and Kelly continue pissing me off this week, and it looks like the trolley got a little more crowded because I have all those suckers telling me last week how great these guys were. Suck. Hell. Without the shock and awe of Bane and Azrael, people saw it for what it was, Eric. A mediocre story with poor characterizations. 
It really was a series of letdowns with Bane and Asriel's fight ending too quickly and with a whimper. Jason Todd being portrayed as a guy who needs doing? bullets to survive and a flashback showing that Dick as being Dick may have started this whole problem with Mother in the first place. We don't get... <laughs> I'm trying to pep things up. I don't think you're doing it. We do get a mind-bending look into the power of St. Dumas, and the cliffhanger was interesting enough. But it's starting to feel like this book was designed to make us suffer page after page just to get a tiny little nibble on that carrot dangling at the end. And Eric, I hate carrots. And I'm really hating this book now. Wait a minute, Eric. The issue ends with shark repellent? These guys know Batman. I loved it, Eric. I loved it. Ah, yes. I don't even know what's going on anymore. I don't either. Before I go on, I'm going to tell you, if I was not forced by you and our three fans, yes, give a shout out to those three, you. I would have dropped this book and I would have ran from it like it had AIDS, Eric. I don't, well, I don't even know if that's Jesus appropriate Christ. to say. <laughs> it's not 1983. You can't say that no more. You're supposed to run. Oh, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, He's so afraid of me. Don't kiss me, book. Uh, yeah, I would have ran to the hills. No, you can't use my toilet seat. <laughs> I'm telling you, when I was a kid, they had me so. Yeah, explain it away, man. Do it. So frightened. <laughs> Everything I heard, you could get AIDS from watching TV back in the day. Thirty plus uh, years later, you're still and afraid. Then, and then I would go and I'd say to my mom and dad, especially my dad, Dad, this, this AIDS, am I gonna get it? My dad would say stuff like. God damn it, leave me alone or something. And then, okay. Of course you're going to get yeah. it, and then I you little whore. I don't know what he He was such a jerk. There you go, yeah. Dad. Love you, Dad. There you go. <laughs> but I would have dropped this book and ran. It's so bad. I love the first issue. I, I was so excited. And from there on, it's, it's just been a shit show that's gotten even shittier with each week. And I am done. And I'm telling you, if they do, don't do something really quick, I don't know. I'm going to executive challenge, and I'm giving you this book, Eric. Oh, no. Giving you this book. Uh, I don't know. This whole, there's not much to say about the overall story after this because nothing really happens. You have Azrael. We left with Azrael uh, showing himself, exposing himself, if you will, on the cliffhanger. And, yes, it's going to be a big deal of fighting. And while this was going, we're waiting a week, and you had said to me, you know what's going to be cool is that in Nightfall, Bane and Ezreal fought, and it's kind of like a rematch there. And I yeah. said to you, it's like a rematch of something that may have happened, but we don't know, but it's that sounds awesome to me. Yeah, it's not and, a part of the continuity anymore. No, but, but, all right, but, here we go. But Ezreal and yeah. Bane. And it's cool to me because it's almost like a thing where, okay, it wasn't in continuity before, but now this will kind of force it in, but I'm okay with it if it's cool. And, yes, the, you set it up. I was really going into this book. <laughs> With the, High hopes. Yeah, I was. I actually would have loved it. To, I like to be right, Eric, but I really would have loved to have a book that I liked and say, okay, these guys were, they had a little, you know, stumbling deal, stumbling block going in. They got their footing. Let's go. Uh, they know these characters a little better. Yeah, they, they don't. No, but they there's do Azrael and Bane as the big, uh, you know, part of the fight. And really nothing happens. The, the we- fight lasts two seconds. Uh, Why? Why does the fight last two seconds? I, you're asking me or them? Yeah. No, I'm asking you because the venom. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's well. I'm saying I'll get, they they go to fight and they're yelling shit at each other. And I'm telling you, I told you before. 
they're yelling stuff, and it's almost as if it's when people are yelling and not listening to each other. They're just yelling crap, and I, it's nonsense. So Bane jumps at Azrael, and he slices with that goddamn flaming sword that I'm telling you, he's going to burn himself with that thing. That flame is way over. It's like I don't even know if it's barbecue. an actual sword or not, or even flame. It just seems like an energy sword that arcs wherever it wants to fucking go. Yeah, I, I don't know. It could be an energy whip at this point so, and how many fucking places it bends in this issue. Yes. Well, so the, the fight's going. And then Azrael just jumps over Bane and slices the venom tubes he has. The venom tubes? The venom he... tubes. But wait a minute, Eric. They told us last issue he wasn't on venom, correct? Correct. Why does venom come out of these tubes? Is that just the artist messed up? or That cannot be the artist just messing up. This is, has to be a thing. And then he cuts the venom tubes in the script. Yeah, yeah. And, and venom's going all over. Now, again, it doesn't look like it's like really coming out a lot, but there's venom there, and these are connected to him. So what, what gives? Is I have he no on idea. on venom? Because he looks like he is. is he, he looked like it in the last issue. They, they just had saying. to say, they didn't even need to say that, hey, you're off venom now. No yeah. need to say that. Yeah, it was so nonsense. But yeah, that's what happens. And then the fight ends when Azrael touches him with obviously some powered glove. He's got the power glove. <laughs> and he says it's the wrath of a secret god. No glove, and, no love, man. Uh, Get yeah, AIDS that way. Well, and yeah, really. And then you'll run from it, Eric. You'll run <laughs> from this book. And uh, all of a sudden, there's Bane. He's uh, and a freaking idiot then or you know he's just a sniveling fool he drank the kool-aid i can't believe it i was wrong and then they're like oh what the hell and the worst part of this is is that at this point tim and jason are fighting these (laughs) monks and there's put now i know they're not friends with bane eric but bane you know i don't know you're you're tim and jason you have gone in with bane i think there's a little camaraderie no i'm leaving him behind and it's tim Jason wants Jason's like, oh my God, we gotta help him. He's like, hey, Bane came for the schoolyard brawl. We came for the information. Fuck him. Let's go. And I'm schoolyard brawl. The guy looks like I don't know what's happening to him right now. Uh, Again, it continues Tim being a total jerk. And did you like anything? What did you like this issue? I'm just gonna ask you right off that. The thing is, you you were going off and like on in the beginning about how you would drop this and hate this book. There's a lot of problems with the book. Every issue, it seems like anymore, but I still don't mind it. Okay, I I just I just don't like it. it I'm telling you, I have no. Pro- I'm telling you, I'm happy that I read every issue. If things don't add up, and usually that drives me fucking nuts. But I don't know why this book gets a pass in my mind. I don't mind reading it every week, and I think it's enough. Yeah, I I the, my issue might be now while we're looking at it. Well, first off, you got these two guys who have not really uh, written a superhero comic. Right. When you throw them in this, that's a, that's an odd decision. I wish that they would have gotten, like, say, hey, Kyle Higgins, he's hanging around. No, he's he, not. He knows. Yeah, he is. He's hanging around. He's, he needs some work. Grab him. Or get the, um, you know, get Peter Tomasi. Get guys who know these characters uh, because each time the book comes out, I don't know what the hell versions <laughs> we're going to get and what they're going to do. And each issue, especially the last two for me, there's some just weird dialogue. And it's not awful. There's just weird stuff. and nerd again, skills. You, yeah, nerd skills. Tim has really awful dialogue, actually, but it's more just words that he throws in. But even Jason, they get the, the weird, like he's the jokey guy again. and it, He's a bro. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It seems just odd. And they're doing this, and at one point, they're fighting these monks, as Bane and Ezreal are still fighting. Some hardcore-ass monks. Jason has his, his gun. 
what happens to him? That does the gun blow up? Because gun blows it up in his looks hand. like it. So why is I'd be more concerned about that than how many bullets I have? They just blow up a goddamn gun, <laughs> and he's worried about bullets. But then I I told you when we were discussing, then uh, Tim starts fighting, and it really comes off as LARPing. Like we said, you remember that part oh, when we were right. talking about that, that, you know, when we saw those people, like I've seen a video and the guys, they have these beanbags and they're throwing them at each other. Magic missile, magic <laughs> missile. And uh, do you know what Liaman's tiny hut is? I have no that idea. That's my favorite spell in D&D. It's not an attack spell, Eric. You, you make a hut that you can sleep in. I learned, but, about, I learned about LARPing in 2001 when my manager at the theater I worked at, he used to go and LARP. Okay. And I'm like, what the hell? Did he, he came back after a weekend. He had off. He was out LARPing in the goddamn woods. <laughs> prancing and, uh, around. Prancing around in his goddamn dress. Yes. Or a wizard what? costume. Whatever. I don't know. Maybe a wizard costume. He was, a, he was a wizard? I, just, I don't know. All I know is he told me he started throwing beanbags and said lightning and shit like that. I'm like, that is, that's terrible. I, Did no. he say magic missile? No, he's, as far as I know, he just said lightning. Okay, lightning. But then I walked away from him, and I did not want any more parts of it. Yeah. Well, Tim's yelling that. He's just jumping. He's throwing batarangs and yelling, electromagnetic disarmament. <laughs> and there goes the beanbag. Anti-diagnostic countermeasures. It's so stupid. And then he like these guys are already attacked Jason with their uh, their staves or whatever those the things crucifixes are. Yeah. Or and the, it glows and his gun blows up and there's Tim. Hey, they aren't just accessories, they're weapons. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. But I just blew up my fucking gun, you idiot. And then uh, again, I'm sorry is... though, if you get to the one panel in this, like it's when Tim, I mean it's when Jason is doing the hacking instead of Tim. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the way his hand looks, it looks like that gun fucked up his hand really bad. <laughs> it's all freaking claw. It looks mangled. No, they're going. They're going down. They leave poor Bane. Like, uh, and I'm Fuck telling him. you, the other thing that I thought in this is that you don't want the way Bane. He's not on Venom, Eric. No. But he looks big. I don't want him on their side. I don't want to have to fight Bane again. He almost freaking <laughs> ripped them apart before. I would have grabbed him, hit him over the head. Who knows what works? But yeah, he he's down for the count. He's he's seeing God right now, Eric. And they run, so they run off, and they're like, "Hey, we gotta find information." They're looking for this mainframe. You get that awful line with uh, how he's got a uh, cartography through cryptography, and it's right. Actually, that was not a misspell. Remember, no. I said that earlier. No, boom, cartography through cryptography. Uh, we should have got a PhD in cryptography. PhD? We don't have PhDs. And then the and then he's nerd skills for life. And right oh, there, I wish Jason would have slapped him right upside his fucking smuggler. Who taught you to talk like that? Yeah, really. So they go in, and now I have been complaining that every time Tim shows up, he's the tech guy. Uh, you know, oh, the tech guy. Tim's always the tech guy. But unfortunately, there's times when you have to know your role, Eric. And this is one of them. They go into the – they find this mainframe. And again, it's this big cross. It's the St. Dumas cross. It's fucking nonsense. And he's like, oh, here it's it is. It's a pretty monitor is what yeah. it is. It's the Gnosis Aeneas. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. And uh, these guys, I know – I looked at a couple things on their uh, their Twitter They've been very proud of the fact that they did a lot of research on this religion and religion, religious stuff. Have some more on to the me, goddamn it's just, characters. To me, it's just them throwing na- like names and, and words, words out there. It's like they, you see a name. I, you know, I'm writing a review. I look up a freaking word on Wikipedia, throw it in there. It doesn't even mean whatever the hell it's supposed <laughs> to. That's why my, my son today comes up to me and uh, – uh, my one son, Rafe, goes to my son, Logan. Man, you're atrocious. And Logan's like, hey, man, thanks. 
<laughs> he thought that was like a different way of saying awesome. I'm like, it is, son. It is. My dad told me I'm awesome, too. <laughs> but, yeah, they get there. And like I said, they're, all of a sudden, Tim out of nowhere is like, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to hack because you're almost out of bullets. And I'm like, really? Jason's that, a way better fighter than you, he Tim. He has been trained so much more in the art of the fist, Eric, and in of the, the foot. The fist. the fist and the foot. And uh, I don't know. It, why are they doing this? And, in fact, there's – and I said this in my re- review, and, and I think somebody called me out and like, hey, Jason's not an idiot. He can do – that wasn't my point. My no. point wasn't that Jason's an idiot. My point is that he's a better fighter. That just it's, – it's a fact. And this, why would you do this? And in this fact, Jason, almost this almost seems just like a response, though, that somebody's like, all we do with Tim in this book is have him do tech stuff. Yeah. So they're like, all right, we're going to fix that. Jason's going to do yeah, it this Jason time for no reason. It. And in the meantime, most of the stuff he's doing is being yelled at him from Tim. Yeah. He's yelling. And then Jason's like there. But then it goes even wackier with the, the actual hacking going on because he's – He's finding – he wants to find the trail. They want to find a money trail from Mother uh, connected to St. Dumas, uh, whatever the case may be. They, they do find that. Jason finds it. But then he says, I'm going to run a search for the exact signal wavelength of the one we picked up in Gotham. I that, that doesn't register right in my brain. It really doesn't. That's like me getting on the computer even and saying, you know what? I want to find that type of light I saw. And I don't know. It just seems weird. Very and convenient. It, well, and then it ends up being like an almost, uh, we good, Vincent? Yeah, we good. Remember that? He's like, gotcha. There's all uh, this, like, uh, he's standing there, and there's all this light shining in his face. I don't know what's going on. It's so stupid. But then Tim's just fighting. Uh, yeah, I'm telling they, you. They get, what, they get the information they need. And, all right, hey, look, check out this file. Asriel. Yeah. yeah, I said I said that to you earlier, like, you, you don't think they could have come up with, like, some code names or something? It's like, oh, here's the file. Make all the Robins and fuck Batman. Oh, that's a weird <laughs> file name. Let's Boy. check that one out. Download I that know. file. I will tell you, sometimes, you know, you go and make these files. You don't want people to see them. And then you can't find them because you can't remember what the fuck they're called. So maybe that's what happened here. Project Asriel. And then that, oh, his name's Jean-Paul Valley. Who? no date of birth. What the? Wait a second. He was on the list. Uh, and they, they, and it goes on with uh, Jean Paul uh, starts fighting him, and they're trying to convince him that you know, hey, you're like us. I, hey, you're actually a guy. Look, uh, it's yeah, on the computer. Look, you're on I there. don't care about the best that. is he says he doesn't care, and then after they leave, he looks at <laughs> longingly at the. Oh computer. my god! Uh, but then we go back to Prague. We do a little uh, a uh, flashback in Prague, where this book is filled with flashbacks, and I think this is probably the worst one that I've seen where Bruce comes back from just fighting uh, Orphan when he confronted Mother. Mother knew who he was and then escaped. And Tim, in the meantime, is bleeding out of his yeah. arm because he went to go find um, Scarecrow and stop that. And basically, Bruce tells him, listen, you're support, buddy. You're, you're not out there. You're not Batman. You're Robin. Know your role. Everybody know their role this week. And he's like, well, you know, I am right. He's complaining. I'm doing my job, and I'm out in the front lines, and fuck you, Dad. And uh, the so worst, it's like, what's that? The worst part of this, like, I usually love all the flashbacks in, yeah. this, in this series. This was my least favorite one yeah. because fucking Dick actually came off like Chris O'Donnell in this. Yeah. yeah from fucking did. Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Yeah, and uh, again, I'm even looking at We're it right partners. now. partners. Yep. And he, um, from just what appeared to be the night before when he was like, 
Hey, hey, Batman, make sure you're safe. This Good idea, bit. chum. And I don't, uh, I don't know. I know that you get the idea, and the whole thing is supposed to be that he just keeps messing up, so he wants to prove himself. Yeah, he's running headlong in the danger yeah, without thinking about it. It just doesn't seem like, like it's too many times now. This time it does seem like just that's too why the much Batman put his it. foot down. Yeah, and he said he he wants the mask, Eric. I said it's like a sergeant in a '90s movie. He wants the gun. Give and then me he your re- gun. Give me your badge. He realized he made a terrible mistake. Um, mother, I might need a new Robin. This yes. one's not working out. Yeah, that's basically how it ends. He goes to see mother. Talks about a thing. Now I want to ask you. I the first time I read it, I didn't even think anything of it, and then I was reading it again tonight for the 80th time, right. unfortunately. And I thought he's talking about a boy at the academy who um, he got in a fight with, and he mentions that um, the kid said stuff about his parents. They and never that, say what though. That's what I'm saying. I'm asking you, what do you think he said? I read this part over and over again. That's I'm like, what am I, I not? Did. Am I not reading this right? Because nice. my parents weren't perfect. I knew they kept things from me. Even then, but yeah. I didn't know the freaking details. I didn't believe it, and he was so sure. Yeah, I wish I could read. God damn, my and, eyes are fucking bored. And what, what? And I leapt on him, broke his nose, and took two things. His parents pulled him out of the school all because I couldn't hear the truth. Yeah, what's going on here? Is it big, that your mother was a whore and had another baby and put him I, in an orphanage? I that, and I almost thought that maybe that was it. I actually I no thought idea. that it was like some crazy thing, but why would a kid like your, your mom and dad part of the court of the owls? I, I did it just maybe it was maybe it is going to go towards that whole uh, Lincoln March thing. Maybe I, I don't know. It just seemed very off putting to me. I just don't I like any. Like, I don't like anybody who fucking says anything bad about the Waynes. They were saints, goddamn. They were. But yeah, they, uh, but it threw me off. I'm glad that you read it a million times like me. But yeah, and they basically he's like, hey. I'm ready to listen. Hey, Batman's giving oh, I'm all ears, baby. It's weird that he, I don't know. I don't know why it seems weird to me that he shows up as Batman now because he was already there as Bruce. I, I don't know. Because he was bleeding out as Bruce. He had to put the suit on the freaking, hold the freaking yeah, blood and intestines just, in. I don't know why that seemed weird to me. But, and she's just, she's pretty badass. She's just eating. She's yeah. eating. She's got one of those pug faces like Greg Capullo drew her all of a sudden. Can't be bothered by no Batman. She don't care about no Batman. Not during dinner time. Then we go back. That was why not. Asriel is fighting Tim and and Jason. I like to say Jason, but Jason gets knocked out of the fight right away again. Immediately. I'm telling you, it's way off. It's so off. And he he seems out. He's like, and he's run. And there's Tim. (laughs) He's going to town. And then I would like to say that Asriel laid hands on Tim, but he smushes his, his face. His face is like caved in, <laughs> and then you get the the big panel. That's like the the big shocking thing of the of the week. And there's uh, Tim, who looks like he is uh, on LSD. Eric. He is off. He is looking in the arc. His face is melting. He's got all that, <laughs> and he comes out of it. And he basically says at the one point, uh, "No, Bruce, we failed you, and I we failed Bruce." He says, "I wonder what he got from." I see what he sees there. I see what he sees too. I'm I don't not, know where he failed Bruce with all that know shit. What Bruce being failed. Illuminati, Saint Dumas, yeah, fucking the Ark. Crazy. Um, but that's when Jason comes through. He grabs him, and then sprays the shark repellent because they're going to go oh, for a swimmer. And again, I didn't like it last issue. 
now it's just too much. It's like I'm telling you, I, I was I thought last week was acceptable. This is just over the top. Now they forced me to accept what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and it's like one of those things where a guy tells a joke and then it's just the eighth time. It's just not funny anymore. Well, it's like Jimmy at work. He runs around and tells everybody he has an yeah, idea that he joke. thinks funny, and he yeah. walks to everyone and tells them. And, and each then, time he fucks up, he, yeah. the guy at work he he never gets the story right. <laughs> it's stammering and. Uh, but they jump off, and of course, you see the sharks below. That's when Azrael like looks at the thing. He sees Jean Paul Valley, and then he's longing in his eye. He's mad, and uh, I don't know. Do you think he's gonna go? He's gonna turn good then? I, I'm telling you, if, if it's that simple, something? it's fucking nonsense. Because as we've learned on this fucking file, there's no information except for his name. Yeah, yeah. I like. I'm looking at it too. Jason jumps out of the window. He's still spraying that shit on them. <laughs> So stupid. Honestly, if if I had it and I was jumping in the shark infested water, I wouldn't stop spraying. Yeah, I guess so. I don't yeah. like going to the ocean at all because of that shit. Would, I don't. I think it's a bunch of like it's a, a phony. They got him at Spencer Gifts, and now they're gonna get eaten. <laughs> it's Bruce, just a placebo. Bruce like gave it to him it just is? to fuck with them. He said, <laughs> "Yeah, actually, what happened is he had like Old Spice, right? And um, it was Tim's birthday, and he fucking forgot." And he's like, God damn it. He went up and he, he's not going to just want deodorant. He freaking wrote uh, shark repellent on the deodorant, gave it to Tim, and Tim's had it all along. He thinks Silly string comes out. Yeah, he thinks it's shark repellent. It is. <laughs> he's going to die. Uh, then the book ends, though, where there's uh, Dick and Harper. They're trying to find what's going on. They seem to find uh, Orphan's identity. It seems very uh, quick and easy. It looks like they have a It's a very odd couple of panels. Yeah, it's odd to me. I told you this, and I even went to uh, – I showed you on my phone at work. Yeah. And you were like, ah, I can get it, but isn't it weird, the transition there? It's very weird. See, What's... I always just try to shoot you down with anything you want to say at work, but now sure. reading this, I'm like – it's terrible. I'm well, like, what, what I don't like, and first off, the art is really odd, and Dick looks like Bill Belichick. It's like a goddamn mongoloid out of nowhere. very odd. Uh, but there, it seems like they figured it out, and then it goes back to them <laughs> trying to figure it out. And yeah. there is Harper kind of maybe pretending to be a little girl. Or an old lady, who or knows? an old lady, and then they are beating the shit out of people. In fact, there is uh, what appears that Dick appears to be uh, shooting the most uh, powerful thing in the universe at somebody, and that is steam, Eric. <laughs> and you'll talk about that later, but he looks like he's like steaming a guy. And then there's Harper. I like this panel where Harper has this guy. And, like, she's pressing the flesh there, Eric. She Asking wants answers. Questions. And Dick is on the side, and he looks, like, shocked. <laughs> I don't know why, but they figure out yeah, from and this. I'm telling you, though, this is, this is exactly what we had before, though, where we see, oh, you're just, like, you're, you're better than Tim with technology. And then we get to this where, oh, she's, like, you know, physical. Oh, just like Jason. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And you get the, the weird thing from the side. She almost looks like an android at points. I, I'm telling you, it's off. And uh, we, we talked about Jason looking different with the master. I'm telling you, it, it to know uh, always. Uh, Harper looks different every time. Every, goddamn every time issue. she's drawn, and sometimes in the same issue. Yeah. It's all over the place, and this all leads to Orphan living in British Columbia, Mudge Island, Eric. Yes, Mudge, Mudge Island, first name Island. ever. That's where I went on my honeymoon, Mudge Island. So you didn't and go to Honeymoon Island? No, I didn't go to Honeymoon Island. I don't want to get killed by Doomsday. <laughs> We're gonna, and the whole thing, it's David Kane. Yes. And you did some research, Eric. Tell me who David Kane is. 
David Kane is a character that was created in 1999, and he's an assassin character and the father of Cassandra Kane. Oh, the father of Cassandra Kane. Yes. Doesn't everybody needs a father, right? <laughs> Not us. Jeez, hmm. I wasn't even getting into that. I was just <laughs> saying, you have mother, then you have a father. And what's funny, too, is I'm looking at this, and if you look, there is a picture of what appears to be like a wedded couple. Right. I don't know. I, I think the... the uh, word bubble is over the woman's face. I think that might be mother and that they're like, he's older than you think. I don't know. It seems odd. No, I'm saying uh, that the word bubble's there, but I, again, you're only there to find David Kane anyway, I guess. Well, David Kane was always an older character before, but like to the, in this series, he always seemed to me like almost like an older brother to Cassandra. Yeah. I don't know. I, I got the idea. He seemed more like a, like a caretaker to me. Like he was a, uh, like a drill sergeant. It never. I didn't really sense. See, that's a, more like the character than like you know than I ever took him for. Yeah, Honestly, I, he seemed like he was a little, maybe a little bit older than Dick's age to me. Yeah, I I never thought of him as like even caring about Cassandra at all. I right. always thought that it was just like the job, and that's what you're supposed to do. And and, and that's why it wasn't the old continuity where how he trained Cassandra to be okay. like you know no reading writing, just you know see yeah. your goddamn enemy and depict what they're gonna do. And I'm sure they're playing around with it a little, but I I think that that's going to be what it is. I think that what the end of this is going to be that there's going to be a lot of stuff like you said earlier if it plays out that easily i don't know it it seems like it's going that way that the big mystery is what bruce is up to and the rest of the things just are kind of falling into place very easily but they they get into this david kane's house and out of nowhere uh the woman that we saw a couple of i don't know that that was the first issue i think it was the no it was a couple of issues third. ago there's only a couple issues like, ago. yeah i thought it was the tim seeley when they were just the three of them were standing there at the computer actually yeah. no i know it was i know exactly when it was it was when they uh when bruce was talking about that alexander was it alexandra whatever the girl's name was alicia the girl that his buddy uh had oh, right, created. Right. and when they showed her being converted or sculpted as they i guess they'll say it now um, the three of them were standing at the table with her when she was or there. Or her mother two. and the sculptor. Yep, and she says, they're like, oh, how do you know my name? Because she says that. And, uh, Ooh, you're our little runaway. Yeah. And she's like, you're the runaway. I'm the sculptor. Let's go. And I again, it's another bunch of nonsense that leads to a somewhat less um, thrilling cliffhanger. They're getting less and less. No, Ezreal is a big thing. The sculptor. <laughs> Go up to somebody. Hey, uh, they, crazy they look revealed she's the got. sculptor. She's pretty sexy, the sculptor. But I, I don't take know. old biddies. Yeah, I don't know what she's doing, but she's gonna sculpt there. And I don't know. It, it, she <laughs> knows Harper. I don't know what to say about this issue. This book is nonsense. Um, I'm gonna look at my notes here because I don't. I didn't like this issue, and I gave it the same score as last week. I will admit that I may have liked it a little bit more than last week. I I'm may... telling you, I actually think I might like it a little bit less than last yeah, week. So. I think that that's kind of a thing where I hated last week and a lot of people liked it, so it's going to seem less. I might have liked it a little bit more, but I gave it the same score because it's a bunch of bullshit still. <laughs> I think the characterizations are off. The art's all over the place. Like we said, at one point, Dick looks like, I don't know what, I said Bill Belichick. You looks like a, his a face Mongolian. is melting. And it's just all over the place. Nobody looks great. Um, and it's just another crap to get to the cliffhanger. I gave it a three out of ten. I'd probably give it a five out of ten. All right. Well, we're gonna move on to the next bat book. Eric. The next big, bat book. Yep. Oh, that's one. my bat book. It's a Batman. Big one. 
Batman number 47, written by Scott Snyder with art by Greg Capullo, Danny Mickey, FCO Placencia, and Steve Wands. Mm -hmm. Steve Wands. Steve Wands. And I'm just trying to buy some time, so I scroll down. Steve Wands. Even with, that, even with the added power of being able to control the robot bat suit, Mr. Bloom is still bested by Jim Gordon, which is really sweet, even if it's really convenient, because I'm tired of him getting his ass kicked over and over again. While it initially appeared that Batman won the day, Duke Thomas was having a bit of a win as well, when, with the help of a very detective like Bruce Wayne, he got away from the Penguin and figured out who Bruce Wayne really was, and quite possibly got Bruce to start thinking about the same along the same lines. The wins don't last, though, because as the issue ended, Mr. Bloom appears to have multiple clones of himself, and it looks like, with the help of Dionysium, the Joker survived Batman in his last battle as well. Yep. You know how hard it is to read that when you can't breathe through your nose? It's probably very hard. Very uh, hard. Like I said, I love seeing Jim Gordon actually be Batman in this issue. Yeah. This shit was so goddamn convenient. Yeah, I know. When he's it fighting was. Mr. Bloom in the beginning, it is it got ridiculous. Well, I'm telling you before what you even say, I think it's even uh, convenient when they're like, how the hell did he take over the suit? He's like, oh, he must have put a transmitter in there at the freaking thing. What? At the party, yeah. Yeah, he just happened to do yeah. that when everybody wasn't looking at him. Yeah, I, when were they not looking at the suit? I, I think that I not don't even know. that. When were they not looking at him? And then the other thing, that, murdering yeah, folk. The other thing that got me was uh, the suit is trying to resist. Really? Yeah. The suit? Yeah. The suit's trying to resist there. Uh, check this out. I got this thing here, but I'm saying I didn't even have that transmit. I'm glad you brought that up. I have the one line here that I'm like, are, are you kidding me with this? You ready for the shit? I'm ready. Jim Gordon goes and t touches the side of the freaking missile launchers on the bad suit, and he says. Well, the, the inner cat monologue was, the molecular contractor in your fingers. Go for the shoulder grate. Make it contract over the missile tubes. Yeah. Are, are you fucking kidding me? And then we find out immediately that this will make the missiles explode when the bat suit tries to launch them. Yep. Boom, no more bat suit. I have no idea. The molecular contractor in your fingers? Yeah, I, I said in my notes, I don't mind stuff like this if we have a precedent of him training or let we don't we no. didn't get any he kind of got in the suit I guess we can assume he did a lot of training it seemed to me like he was thrown into the fucking mix before he was ready anyway and that's why I like the uh, bit of detective comics when Bruchelato finished off that you got the learning curve a bit but the learning curve more was like uh Hey, I, I can't control my thrusters here. And, yeah. and it was never like, hey, I got to sit down and learn this stuff. It just seemed weird. He does seem to know more than he lets on, I guess. But I don't even know what it is. When did he learn this? Not even that, because the whole big thing to me was this this big robot bat suit. That was the big deal, you know? Yeah. And then he also just wore this bat suit underneath. If we saw a couple issue, issues ago, it can prevent you from burning and turning to ash at a fucking high-ass temperature. Oh, but yeah. now we have these molecular contractors in the fingertips. Oh, yeah. The molecular contractors. Do you think that this is a uh, setup to... They're going to have to do something to explain why when Bruce comes back that this fucking suit doesn't continue? Because I don't know. Yeah, Bruce come back as Batman. Right. You would think there's going to be a little overlap. And, of course, like uh, Powers industry and uh, the GCPD. Uh, they're not just going to say, okay, this guy just showed up to be Batman again. Not that we would know it's the original or whatnot. And, and say, like, oh, okay, we'll shut the program down. Something has to give where this program has problems and gets shut down because it's inadequate. And I'm starting to think that this is that Bloom taking over the suits, like, oh, we can't, you know, we can't risk this anymore. Right. The suits being taken over. 
I don't know. Well, I'm saying we saw that Jerry Powers has a warehouse full of these different kinds of suits. Yes. And this suit will eventually end up in the Batcave for Batman Beyond. Yep. And, like, that's what I'm What do you think? It. I mean, do you think that they could possibly just bring back Bruce and, like, hey, the real Batman's back? Because how would they know it's the real Batman anyway? Because the real uh, Batman kicks ass. And as soon as we see him kicking ass, okay, that's the guy right there. Or do they think, you think Gordon will, uh, will say, hey, it's, you know, this is yeah, the real Yeah, Gordon guy. will speak up. There's I no guess. way that Gordon would continue if the real Batman was still in town. I just wonder why they were really stressing how this got taken over, and then he had to, you know, at the last second, and all the shit's blowing up, and I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think we need a PhD to figure it out. We might need a PhD, but uh, yeah, I'm looking through there. I actually, you do you like the parts with Duke? I love the parts with Duke. So do I. I really, I really like. Oh that, no, but we're getting ahead man. of ourselves though, oh, because the convenient fucking shit continues after the molecular contractors and the blowing up the Batsuit. So the bad suit is destroyed, but during the fight, Jim lets us know that he sent out an EMP that he can also do on the, his inside bad suit, I guess, Man. that destroyed all the free, well, it made all the irradiated electromagnetic superpower seeds that Mr. Bloom planned on using, made them inert. Yes. That pisses off Mr. Bloom. And yes, when Mr. Bloom, And when he's about to kill Jim, the freaking head of the bad suit sends out that signal that can depower Mr. Bloom and make him hittable in the face. What the fuck is going on? It's just know. a series of events where Jim Gordon is the luckiest motherfucker alive. No, and it's funny because I, I wrote my notes. Do you, do you like Mr. Bloom as a villain? I don't know anything about well, Mr. Bloom. I, and one of the things that I put in my notes is I don't know if this makes sense to anybody but me. But a lot of times to me, when you get this first introduction of a villain, which this is, you right. know, you're, you're learning this stuff with him. It's how he that first time he gets defeated. And to me, like, oh, man, he's a badass. Or, oh, man, he's lame. Or whatever. This is kind of lame. And I know that at the end there's the clones or there's a bunch of other ones that I'm not even going to. Just when, when it happens, like you said, you don't understand how it happens. You don't understand what's going on half the time. And I, I, because of that, I really don't get a sense of Mr. Bloom as a villain. And I don't that, even know how the signal can depower him. That's I'm, I'm, I was just going to say that. Oh, even, uh, no, no. I, I'm saying it leads from even the changing power set he seemed to have. Uh, it just I don't really care about Mr. Bloom. Uh, Scott Snyder can push it all he wants. I'm not interested. I'm really not. That's all. I have You're done. All right. Sorry. That's my Mr. <laughs> Bloom, that's my I Mr. Didn't Bloom want to rap. I just I don't care. I really don't care. Do I. This book it's... is me reading it. He's a gardener and a techno genius. Yeah, and I'm reading this book th- uh, with just to see I'm what happens man. with Gordon and uh, when's Bruce coming back. And Pretty then, much. And then they throw, he throws Duke in. I, it's awesome. I love, I love the part with Duke. I really well, do. Initially, I had a problem with it because Duke is surrounded by the Penguin, Great White Shark, the mm-hmm. Ventrilo Quest, and Black Mask, who I mm-hmm. still can't fucking stand that goddamn new Black mm-hmm. Mask they oh, made. But... He was, uh, Scott Snyder on his Twitter was going on and on about how everybody likes it. Everybody uh, loves the new Black Mask. Well, that's what, why what he doesn't retweet do? us. What does Black Mask do here? How, he, I, he has sex with people that Zed brings into his fucking I, shop. That's exactly what he does. And then when he does the fingers on his head like, <laughs> like that, it freaks yeah. me out, Eric. You know, like the sound of leather? Freaks me out. But no, we had that bit where he's surrounded. He's trying to get away. And I'm initially thrown off a bit because Scott Snyder decided out of nowhere for this last issue, I'm going to bring the ventriloquist and Scarface back. Yeah. And Scarface has one line in this whole issue. The only thing he said since he's come back, and the one defining characteristic of the ventriloquist is he cannot pronounce his V's when he's talking for Scarface. Uh, B's when he's talking for Scarface. Yeah. yeah. 
and he has to have the word boys in his yeah, goddamn dialogue. Like, Come on, man. That's the one goddamn thing. Yep. But I'm saying maybe he's just going with, like, I don't know, maybe the animated series. And this is his new imagining. Like, now he has no problem with bees. Well, he'd say that. That's all he'd say. That's but then the did- no imagining. I like the fact that uh, if it wasn't for the ventriloquist, you have white shot. And even Penguin says, like, hey, Mr. White. And yeah. I would have liked that. There's And there's black masks so he right. could be mr black i would have liked the uh thing reservoir like dogs type of shit yeah i would have i really would have liked it but it, that gets ruined as, as well so mr. Scar? Can, yeah and you mr Pu- puppet with the dummy? cigar mr. And, mr. And, dummy? And tommy i'm gonna dummy. call you mr pink hey mr and, and it's also here brown suit and like kind of like a light blue <laughs> doesn't work it's better than me and mr brown it's like mr shit that's true but yeah, I really like it. I like how Duke kind of handles himself. And I'm telling you, one of my favorite parts is uh, something that I think you told me you had an issue with. But when Duke goes up on the uh, roof, roof of the Iceberg Lounge, I love the way that Penguin looks up and you can barely see in the art, like almost like a reflection that you would see through the uh, ice right. that he sees it. Tim, I thought that was really cool. That is cool, but I'm saying, I don't know what kind of fucking gun Penguin's using, but when he shoots up at the roof, it looks like a giant fucking explosion that blows Duke off the roof and into the water. Yeah, it's a big gun. And Penguin's not a big dude. I think and apparently, thrown back. And apparently the Penguin's goons are racist. Yeah, they are. That that was weird, too. And Very again, weird, right? That seemed like it was just thrown in there to see, like, hey, see how awful people are? I know how it is. It just, that was, <laughs> it's just I didn't like that. And I don't know if if other people thought of what they thought of it, but yeah, the the thugs are there and like it's a black robin, huh? Cute thought, kid. Let's bury it. And the one guy's like laughing it up, baby. He <laughs> he thinks that he is the funniest thing that that's ever been since I heard you tell your last joke, Eric. I'm your yes man now. You, oh, nice. I haven't heard a joke that funny since your last one. But yeah, all of a sudden there's when Bruce shows up, and of course he has a bat. You used to call me Crazy Joe, now they call me you Batman. Used to call me crazy. And I, I have a feeling that I've not been checking in on Scott Snyder's uh, twi- Twitter account. I'm sure at some point he tweeted out, hey, just draw the bat. I just drew the original Batman or some fucking nonsense to get people all excited, and that's what you get. Uh, again, that that's fine. I, I, I like it, though, because, yeah, it's it's Bruce with a bat, so you call him Batman. It's it's a fun little thing. I it dig is. it. And But I really dig, though, is that we see that there's some of the old Batman still rattling around in his head a bit because he oh, yeah. used the freaking detective skills to figure out that that irradiated, well, the inert radiated seed that Jim gave before, that's missing. Then he checked the freaking rec center computers, saw that what Duke was looking up, and led him to the freaking Iceberg Lounge. Yeah. Saving Duke's ass. And not only that, I love the fact that we see that Duke is doing some detective skills as well when he figures out that Bruce was fucking Batman. Yeah, he knows he's Batman. And it, that is it, amazing to me. And it's um, and it felt right. And I, I he fucking hated him for it. Yeah, he he hates him because first off, he gets news that uh, Duke, I, uh, Daryl sends him. I have news about your parents. Yeah. And I that throws me off. I told you, like if it's good news, just give it to him. Don't give me this bullshit. I maybe it's bad news, dude. And if it's bad news, then say something like, hey. You're not going to like this, but I have heard just to pre- he is going to run off to see Daryl. Uh, who knows the emotions that are going to go through? And him that's why he wants to tell him in purpose and, and sit then down. He's like, uh, you know, he gets there and it ends up nothing or. Oh, uh, yeah. They told me that they didn't find him yet. Duke, <laughs> Duke, it turns out that your dad was kite, man. I'm really sorry. He's it's a lame villain. Ridiculous. And, and also I hear news that there is a black robin. <laughs> Imagine that. 
Imagine that. Imagine that. But yeah, um, Duke. Wait till I tell go Luke Fox, the other black guy. I love. I love the fact, like you said, that Duke has figured out that Bruce is Batman, and just he he hates him for it because because he's like you're not there for us. You're not. You should be here. You should. Oh, you're you're big on telling me what I have to do and what I've done, and I have to search through my look in the fucking mirror. And you know what? You can do this. You're the world's greatest detective. Uh, but yet you can't look at yourself. And Bruce is like, what are you talking about? But you even can tell. He knows. Oh, yeah. He knows. And he's like, I've been trying to hide. And Duke calls him out on that. Hey, be, I know you want to be this guy, you know, because it's so easy. But Julie's fucking you. hot. That's not you. We need you. And I loved it. And then huh? the, that's when the train's coming. And, and Duke's so mad. He doesn't care. He's no. t- They're talking about the train tracks, talking about the whole deal. And he's like, you got to move. You got to move. And that's when Bruce sees the the bat coming Giant out ass bat and coming again out. It, i loved it's, it it's metaphor of like all of a sudden he's getting hit hard oh yeah because uh, duke was telling him you got to look into the, that shadowy part of your mind that you don't want to face and yeah. you're looking into a dark tunnel there and something's coming at you and it's just like when he's in the cave or at the what the zero you're reimagining when he's standing there in the yeah. fucking holographic bats and shit like that and I dug it. I dug it a lot. I had a lot of fun. Well, again, this. if you're a guy who has half memories, doesn't remember things, or doesn't want to, and all of a sudden you remember that you're this fucking Batman, it's it's gonna hit you like a train. It's and like regarding Henry. You remember that movie? I, Harrison Ford. Oh, I remember. He was. Th- I thought he was remembering the Ritz Cracker. <laughs> then he remembered that the Ritz Carlton was where he used to sleep around on his wife. That's right. He Very was, impactful. He was an awful person. I have yeah. no idea where that regarding Henry came from, but all right. <laughs> I have a bad cough all of a sudden. I'm having problems with my throat. You're getting sick, too. <coughs> well, I might be. Jeez, this, keep going. Right, this all leads us, though, to fucking Bruce trying to play it out himself. He wants to say the words out loud, and he's afraid to. I'm Batman. I, he can't say it all the way, and he's about to, and he's interrupted by a mysterious man who wants to sit down on that park bench where we first saw Bruce back after he, we thought he was dead. Yeah. And he's like... Uh, oh, I've seen you sitting here for time to time. Yeah, I was in an accident. I come around here sometimes. Oh, yeah, me too. And we see a fucking Dionysium freaking heel Joker. Yeah, that's the Joker. He looks pretty and cool. He does. I'm telling you, I am pissed that we're dealing with the Joker again so soon. But I, I got to admit, I am really stoked to see what's going to happen next. Yeah, and you mentioned before, right before that, weird thing where Gordon's going around that big-ass fucking truck. The bat truck. The bat. Yeah, I think that's People are lining mobile. up and freaking, you know, cheering. I would. Seemed odd to me. I don't know. It doesn't even seem like at this point these people would know that he is taking care of Bloom. They were just in a fucking. You know, I don't even care about that. As you see a big ass bat truck going through. Yeah, yeah Batman's on the it's, scene. They're saying, you know, but they're saying this is all for you, Jim. It's not like they're you know out there trying to make it honk. And uh, the big thing they <laughs> they have, no, I love doing that. They have a kid. Uh, like a couple kids have bat masks on. Right. Stuff like that. I, I thought that was a little odd. I but liked it. The um, he's about to see who um. Mr. Bloom is. He's about and the thing is, never took that as a mask before to this yeah, issue. I didn't either. I thought, I thought that, that was, was his face. Yeah, I, I thought it'd be cool uh, if, if it wasn't a mask. I thought that that was just his fucked up face like that. But yeah, there's a bunch of them uh, growing like weeds, Eric. Growing like weeds. And then they he they basically crash the fucking truck. Probably kill every kid with those damn masks <laughs> on. And I don't know. Never it, forget. It looks like there's some big damage that's going to be going on. I think somebody's going to die. I think it's it's Daryl, right? You think Daryl's gonna yeah, die? They're not gonna, I, they're not gonna driving, kill Julie. They're not I'm gonna lo- kill Julie Pennyworth. No, and I'm looking. Um, doesn't. Where's it, Julia? Julia. I, yeah, Julia. I don't think that he has a seatbelt on her. He's dead. You should breaking buck, the law. Buckle up, law. baby. 
Freaking, you can't drive 55 in that freaking van. Truck. <laughs> but yeah, it ends with the Joker, which is, again, you sent me the page, I think, and I wrote back, fuck you. <laughs> I was so mad. Uh, but then when I read the whole issue, I'm like, you know what? It, it does seem quick. But then again, it seemed quick to bring Bruce back, too. And yeah, it was the first issue we saw Bruce sitting on I that would, bench. I would guess that I would love to see the the sales. When we get the sales, I think they're going to be a little down of this book uh, when it comes out. But I don't, or I can't even say that. I think the sales for November are going to be a bit down. Yes. And I'd love to see the sales for this book because I think when it initially came out, it hit the shelves. Uh, the sales are probably equal, maybe even a little less than that. And I, I bet you that it's selling more and more each week because people are going to get the, oh my God, Joker's back. Joker's people, back. People are jumping on. And, and not only that, Joker's back and we think Bruce knows he's Batman now. It's huge. I think the numbers are going to go up again. I don't know that they'll get to the level of like the 150, uh, 150,000 that they were, but I think they're going to start climbing again because this is what people want. People want Bruce back. They, they love the Joker. Why, why is it always got to be Court of the Hours of the Joker, I mean, man? There, there's so many other villains that I would love to see. Like, we, we bash on Scott Snyder all the time. But I do like a lot of times how he reimagines some villains. And I would like to see something like a Killer Croc. Yeah, or, I would, I'm sorry. Killer Croc is top on my list. Yeah, or even I'd like to actually, I, I'm not a big fan of Clayface. I don't know that I'd like to see how he does Clayface. Clayface, I only, I don't like Clayface because he always ends up being like the end of, almost like a, the punchline of a joke. Right. Like, it's like, oh my God, it was him. Oh, it was Clayface. You but just I'd got like, faced. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see how he does it. But yeah, I really like this. Killer Moth. Killer this, Moth. Yeah, next villain. Yeah. This Reimagine issue, that shit. This issue actually really has me excited for the book again. Yeah, me as well, man. I'm t- and on top of everything else we just talked about that I love, this has this overlapping story about this card game that's played at freaking uh, Harvey yeah. Bullock's house. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not, not going to get into the whole goddamn card game, but it's so well told. This yeah. is the first issue that I've really loved in a long time. And he, except for all that convenient stuff. You love it long time. Love to. You love long time? Is that uh, what I said? <laughs> I guess. I really like I you're I forgot all about that too. I'm looking through this and yeah, I really like it because it is a slow build of a story and you know, you're waiting for the payoff and it's good. The the payoff of like the whole card game that anything can happen and a card's drawn, this Gotham card, and the Gotham card can change the whole game in a minute to oh, yeah. everything counts in the next hand and all this. And it is really good. It's right when the Joker shows up. It's, it's like I used to play the DC versus card game, and if you pull that Parallax card, shit's going down. Shit's going down, baby. Do you think that uh, Joker knows who he is? No. Uh, do you think that... This is going to be one of those things where this is going to be a redo of Bruce making the Joker once again. No, I think it's where they're going to be friends for a while. Well, it's uh, that's what I'm saying. It says best friends forever. It's the next uh, issue. Oh, I, said, I didn't yeah. remember that. BFFs. But I, I wonder what's going to happen to set them off again. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe Scott Snyder ends like this is his last like big deal and he ends with the Joker not being a bad guy. He That'd be amazing. Leaves. He just, he's friends with Bruce, realize the error of his ways, Eric. Off he goes. <laughs> and he's a good guy. And, and then Julie is the one uh, who, uh, or Julie. Julie is the, the bad person and the Joker kills her. Done. Done, done, done. Done, done, done. He tries to make her Harley Quinn. She says, holy cremoli. End of story. And yeah. I quit reading Batman again. What did you give it? I gave it an 8 out of 10. I love this entire issue except for all that convenient shit in the beginning of it with Batman. Yeah, I, I think I would have actually went 9. 
Yeah. And even with the convenience stuff, because like I said, this is one, it's been a, a bit since I've been excited about this book. And I'm oh, yeah. pretty excited. And it's not just, I'm telling you, it's not just the Joker, but just seeing that again, even though I think it's too quick, it did get me excited. I'm like, oh my God. And it's something different, uh, different twist, I guess. We'll see how it goes. Well, everybody's always talking. What do you think the Dionysium did to the Joker? Yeah, yeah. And we'll and, find out. And we, like I said, we really don't even know fully what it did to Bruce. So we'll see. Uh, next book, though, is Batman Superman number 27, Eric. Written by Greg Pock, art by Cliff Richards, Jack Herbert, Beth Satello, and Will Quintana, and Rob Lay. Listen, I know I've been hard on the Superman book since June, but I've been enjoying them more since we escaped that truth beginning. This month's Batman Superman takes a step backwards for me, though. While the latest issues of Action Comics and Superman Wonder Woman have given the overall story a much-needed direction, this issue ends up being a Jim Gordon meet-and-greet. Between flashbacks showing how Batman and Superman realizing the strength and trust, we get pretty much nothing. Greg Puck pretty much neglects the Siberian villagers, Jason Todd and Dick Grayson, to kind of take uh, care of... Vandal Savage. I don't know how I wrote that. If you really wanted Jim Gordon to stop being such an asshole, you may get a little out of this issue, but this one can really be skipped. I don't know what that sentence was. <laughs> but yeah, I'm telling you, the last couple issues, uh, the Action Comics and the Batman's, or Superman Wonder Woman, I really enjoyed because we may not have found out tons, but we realized like the connection that Vandal Savage had with uh, Wrath. Hey, yeah, Mr. Ben. Mr. Ben. We got a, a little bit of an idea and kind of got that, and I really liked it. And you got a, a wrath. A, like, every book had something. This issue really... <laughs> you liked it. We talked about this, and no, we no, no, argued no. before we started. You didn't like it, but you liked these flashbacks. Basically, I what really you get of this is you get the idea that Jim Gordon once saw Superman, showed up in Gotham to fight. Of course, of course, he went to fight the supremacists. Which they're just the generic. They're like Nazis in yeah. this book. They just keep popping up, and I don't know what they are. They're just called the supremacists, and they, it annoys me every time. And uh, so I'm trying to pull up the book now. I was gonna say it might as well have been Inner Gang, really, if they want to throw somebody out there. But yeah, they're doing that, and there's uh, you know there's Gordon, and he's watching, and in the meantime, the supremacists have this big bomb, this big fucking doomsday, doomsday deal, and Superman has to decide between saving Jimmy Olsen or everybody in uh, Gotham. Yeah. Now, yeah. The, the funny thing is, if he doesn't get rid of that bomb, Jimmy's dying as well. So Jimmy's done either way. There's not really a choice. Not at all. And I want to know why Jimmy is there. Why is he bringing Jimmy to this big fight? Because he's his pal. He, and he's, a, he's an attention whore. Yeah, so he needs Jimmy to take pictures of him because there's Jimmy clicking away. Jimmy, I'm going to go save the world. You want to take some pictures? He yeah, might, big he guy. He must have just grabbed Jimmy and flew him to Gotham. <laughs> They're in Gotham. They're not in Metropolis hey, where he just shows Jimmy, up. Maybe Jimmy was out in Gotham on, on a job or like, you know, Harry <laughs> White sent him out there. Yeah. But yeah, Jimmy is falling to his death. And Batman shows up, swings in, grabs him, and I'm telling you, the worst panel to me is that one where Gordon's just I smiling love that. there. I, I love it. that panel. Why isn't he helping with this freaking supremacist? He's There's not a god, be other man. Guys. There's got to be other guys around. He's just standing there, they're smiling giant, away. They're in giant robot suits. There's a doomsday weapon <laughs> so falling to the earth. This is the commissioner, police commissioner. He's just standing there in awe. 
uh, I like was, them superheroes. It was all inspiring, Jim. Uh, it was not for me. And uh, and then and all the all goes away as soon well, as we get back to present. It all goes away. I'm telling you now, this is like the seventh issue of this Batman and Superman with Batman in the Batsuit. Yeah. This sort of fucking story here is way beyond anything because why didn't he think this the first time he saw Superman seven issues ago? He hated him. He kicked him out of Gotham. What what changed his mind? Because he still thinks, it still seems he hates him. Well, that's the worst part of this issue is that we have this great opening scene where we see a flashback and how, like, you know, it's all inspired that Jim is of Superman, this god, like, among the freaking mortals. I loved it. And then as soon as we get back to the present, it seems like he sees this Clark Kent. Yeah. And now that he knows he's Clark Kent, and he's been, this is not the same guy. Well, he, it's says, almost, he says, this is the Superman I get? Yeah, it's freaking. so weird because it's almost like he's saying it's a different Superman. Like, all of a sudden, if Steel took over, mm-hmm. like, after Superman's death, this is the Superman I get? Well, he says even he's, like, depowered, battered, bruised, almost as weak as me. He's just a, a crybaby. He wants the <laughs> Superman that can do all the work. And you know he's what? Like, I want that, Christ, too. I got to do this. But I'm telling you, it just seemed odd for this issue to bring this up this many issues in. They have Agreed. been together and hated each other. And, and it's been mostly Gordon. He kicked them out of Gotham. He kicked him out, said never come back again. Why, Honestly, was, the way, why the wasn't way, he thinking about that then? Because the way Superman looked initially, uh, like now he's got like some like parkas on and shit like that. He was a lot like uh, in, in Rambo First Blood. Like you know, like you know, keep I him moving. He doesn't, he doesn't want, he doesn't want to lay about just drifting through his town. He doesn't he, need that. He get doesn't out of want here. to lay about. That's what, yeah. that was his big issue in Gotham. He, he now picks him up got, and takes him to the other side of the bridge. He's got a fancy parka on in Siberia, and they're all oh, good. Yeah. Well, he saw Tim Dra- uh, Tim Grayson, Tim, Tim, geez, Tim Dick Grayson, Grayson ha- wearing the same coat. He's like, all right, these, these guys know, are fashionable. They might as well call it Tim Grayson because uh, yeah, what did they do in this book? There's Jason <laughs> Todd and Tim, or Tim, now you got me, Dick. Nice. And the other thing that I'm saying is this whole thing was set up that, oh, my God, Vandal Savage is going to be back. We got to help this village. We're going to train him, whatever. The village is in, like, one panel. This village is so a non-entity all of a sudden. This is like the Arctic outpost in the thing. Yeah. There's nobody There's here. There's nobody. They they have disappeared. I In this point, then the way this plan gets set up, I don't know why they didn't send them away. Say, listen, everybody here, you get the hell out of here. We're going to we're gonna uh, fight Vandal. We don't want you in the, the line of fire. Because their whole uh, thing before was to say, hey, we can't we can't have them go because Vandal will go find them. <laughs> you think Vandal lives through this? Yes. Of course he does. He's going to find them. The oh, guy, yeah. The, the guy doesn't he has forget. a long memory yeah, of Yeah, he Vandal. doesn't forget. He's going to kill all those. And uh, as he said, he's going to skin them. He's going to flay them alive, Eric. Yep. They, that little kid with his goddamn fetish for stabbing Superman with a fork, he's dead. Hopefully. Yeah, the other thing, it starts off, and I'm telling you, I do not like this book. Uh, Superman gives a decent uh, recap. Like, he's telling Batman. And I love it, too, that he it says recap. I'm like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. And he's telling Batman. He's like, this is, and I don't mind that, okay? No. Somebody might jump in. But then it starts off weird because there's Wonder Woman. They're like, oh, we have this spaceship. Wonder Woman. Or, uh, uh, Batgirl, I meant. Later on, they mentioned Wonder Woman. They yeah. have this spaceship. And then, hey, uh, we have this uh, starship or whatever, airship. And she goes, no, it's a gun. Oh. What? what? And then she says, it's a gun. None of the powers connected to the engines, just the deterrence. Okay, you get that. That's okay. There's yeah. Batgirl. She's using her smarts, Eric, even though she really has an eidetic memory. And then, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> then there's Gordon with a voiceover. Or, you know, Batgirl, cheerful as she could be. No idea of the danger. I, I-, I think she knows the danger. She's been at this a little bit longer than you have, buddy. Yeah, I, I think that she knows Vandal Savage is heading there to kill them. What is this no idea of the danger? 
I don't get that line, and I'm telling you, it might have thrown me off more than it should have, but it really pissed me off. Like, what is he? He's uh, he's delusional now. He freaking think I'm back at a freaking Superman with that goofy ass grin on his face. I, nice don't know, I don't know what he's doing. Well, then they have they go and they're like, oh, we have the teleporter, we have the ship. Uh, Jason Todd, let's blow it up. I agree. I'm with, with Jason. Him. I agree with him. Blow it up. Get everybody out of there. Blow it up. And there's Dick. Uh, you want to blow every problem up, don't you, Red Hood? Yeah, he does. And hey, Dick, why don't you, you know leave what? this issue for now, huh? Yeah, really. Blow me, Dick, you <laughs> fucking jerk. But yeah, there. and he's like, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Are you Superman? Because you both look exactly the same. Yes. Uh, but then they, they, I'm telling you, when you think of this book, this plan that they devised. Crazy-ass plan. I don't, the plan starts with, hey, teleport me and Batman to Vandal Savage's uh, ship. The Valkyrie, and we're gonna we're gonna wreck shit up. Now, did they go there to destroy the ship? They went there as far as I noticed, take out the uh, the motor, the engine, and the freaking yeah. navigation. But they didn't. No, and, and they, they ran back and, to the portal. And it almost seemed to be like even like that was the plan to get. Hey, we're gonna get his attention so that he shows up. He he was heading there anyway. It's odd. I I don't know this plan, but uh, we go back. <laughs> I I forget. Then we have the flashback. I was Superman thinking back at the supremacists again. Uh, you know, conveniently, they're both thinking of the same story, fucking goofy grins on their face. I can imagine that at one point. They look over, and there's both uh, Gordon and Clark. They look like they're freaking comatose. They're, they're just they're smiling away. You looking. know, I, it's like the freaking Escape to Witch Mountain. You look like you're remembering something, yeah. Clark. <laughs> that would be so good. But yeah, he's thinking back at it. And I'm, I, do you get more? I, I don't really get more, except now we know that Superman's a goofy guy who's smiling. <laughs> that, you know, oh, he, I love Batman. He's he's my bro. Yeah. That, that's all I get. On the and light, again, he's the dark. What you said to me off, off air or whatever uh, kind of struck me, too. I think you said this, that it works okay with Gordon, but Superman thinking back to Bruce Wayne, Batman doesn't really lend no. itself to him thinking anything of, of Gordon, Batman. Hey, maybe he's just reminiscing about when things used to work right with the other Batman. Yes, because then he pulls out and he's like, now I'm stuck with this guy. <laughs> like, I like Jesus it. Christ, both of you. I hate it. I hated that part probably just as much, if not more, only because I, it, to me, again, it's like out of out of the blue. They, they're both thinking of this after seven issues. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Why, why wouldn't this? This could have been set up the first issue. With them thinking, like, he's not the Batman that I need. And then you kind of get a couple things happen where they start to trust each other, whatever. It's just thrown in this issue for no goddamn reason. Look, we needed to have something in this issue. Well, that's what I'm saying. How about this? Make the, the freaking story move along because they're nothing happens. The no. story that we, we you know you buy the issue for, nothing happens. This is as bad as that JLA Martian Manhunter, Eric. I no, don't have to see flashbacks of, of trust. I it's called Vandal Batman Savage Superman. Stuff. I got Batman uh, Superman. Yeah, it's just, again, you had this book where they set up this story where we thought that the Batman part of it would be Dick Grayson, yeah. Jason Todd, and Batgirl. It's more of a Bat Family Superman book, and they, they nixed that right away. And now it's a forced way to say, okay, you know what? This isn't working with Batman and Superman not liking each other, and it doesn't lend itself to them to be together 
uh, carrying on from here. So let's put a hold on the story right now. We're going to have to let them like each other for a minute. And it just seems so forced to me. I want them to like each other, Jim. Yeah, but it's just, it seems so forced from what we got leading up to this. I just. And honestly, I still don't really get the idea that they really like each other. They're like, the the plan came together like in a freaking uh, Hannibal kind of way from the A team. Yeah. But besides that, yeah, you're not coming to my house for dinner. No, yeah. The plan, again, they go to the the Vandal Savage, uh, his ship. They fight a little. They blow shit up. I Vandal love the Savage fact that Vandal says, uses Clark as a blunt instrument against yeah, freaking yeah, Batman. Oh, he's ripping shit around. He's like, yeah, they they bought themselves a couple hours. I'm going to go there. So then Vandal shows up. Shows up at this village. You finally see the villagers. They're just standing there. And Over the top of the dead they, body of Red Hood yeah, and Dick Red Grayson. Hood and Dick Grayson. Like, hey, they wanted to help us. We knew that you know our future lies with you, my lord. And here's the uranium. So then Vandal's like, where the hell is that Batman and Superman? Oh, they're hiding in the ice a couple of miles. What, what does that mean? <laughs> hiding in the ice. I didn't now, on top of it, on. though, this whole plan falls apart in my mind because they, they, he comes to the villagers right away. and like, Hey, look, we got that uranium you wanted. Yeah. When did they have time for that? What if they checked that uranium right there and said, this, is, this barrel Again, is empty, I, my yeah, lord. I think that, that the whole thing wasn't even supposed to go that far, I guess. But they start because, picking up the barrels and taking well, them to yeah, the ship. Yeah, they're, they're getting them. They're, there's dead bodies in there. Uh, or ice. It's filled <laughs> with ice. Uh, but then there's Batgirl, and she gets seen whoops. and goes, whoops, is she hooking up the teleporter at that point, do you think? I have no idea. I I'm, think you, that she might be. It makes sense, but do but they have the teleporter so a couple miles out of the ice? Know. It's so stupid. that. Where did all these teleporters come from? And then the part of the plan is to have Batgirl in open you know, area hook up the uh, – it looks like she's getting the artificial sun – to power up the teleporter. Okay, I could see that then. Yeah. Yes, that works but better. Why, she, she switched from the why, gun to the yeah, engine. Why not have that already? Somewhere, or that already, or somewhere that they can't see? It's like right in the open. Oops. And she had hours to do this. They go, they go to shoot her, and there's Batman and Superman show up. Which I'm telling you, up until this point, in order to teleport, you needed to teleport Pat. Here they just show up in different random spots. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand it. So then the, the, big, the big plan was to vandal savage is going to use the ship to fire the guns they rerouted it so that when it goes to fire the guns it fires up the engines and flies away i don't know vandal savage is a pretty savvy guy i'm not sure that he would figure out right away how to kind of use this and just fly away he just fly it's like they i don't know what what is the plan it no, looks I'm telling you, when he goes he says, to fire the gun, somehow, when you pull the trigger, yep. it shoots the, the rocket the way rocket off. The rocket goes, and they go up in the air. It doesn't now, make sense to me. Do you think the rocket turns off after you pull Because that's going to crash. But they say to him, hey, you know, have fun. We're going to have Wonder Woman pick you up later. In I orbit. Yeah, I don't know that either it's just going to keep going, and the next thing he's gonna, he's just going to keep Vandal, going. Vandal, lay off the trigger. Or, or he, I'm telling you, like, maybe he'll figure out that he can adjust the trigger, now he can navigate. I don't know. It's just, what kind of plan is this? It is so ridiculous. That I don't even we're know. We're going to reroute the gun to the engines? <laughs> we don't even know anything about this ship, though. This is the fact of the matter, because in my mind... Uh, this gun trigger is a lot like a freaking arcade joystick or something like that. You well, know what I'm saying? What I'm saying. I think that at some point, to me, he would like right away, like, "Hey, fuck you! I I can control this. You just fired the engine. I'm gonna fly right back at you." Yeah. Uh, but no, it seems like he's just on a one way trip to orbit. Eric. Maybe they teleported inside this ship and actually script the navigation here instead of his Ooh, ship. And I I love that one of his insults. He calls them sniggering. Sniggering. <laughs> sniggering. Uh, but yeah, he just starts ripping the shit apart. I, I, 
And yeah, the, the next, next all new, all powerful savage. Yeah, and the next thing you know, Eric, I'm back in fucking school and I'm watching the Challenger explosion because the thing explodes. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh my oh, god!" You don't laugh at the Challenger. No, you, nobody laughs at the Challenger. <laughs> and uh, then you have uh, you have the people. Superman says, "Track him." Oh, he's gone. <laughs> and he says that to one of the Dawn Command. Hey, track him. He's gone. And then they're like, "I wonder if he's dead." And they're just hoping for dead. Betting on teleported. Yeah. Like, where where yeah. are these teleportation pads coming from? I know. He can teleport where and he even, wants. And fuck it. Even if it didn't teleport away, he's Vandal Savage. He doesn't die. I know. Well, they're, they're all looking up in the sky, right? What are they doing with the Dawn Command after this? There's a bunch of guys. There's Dawn Command guys. got nothing to do now. They're, they're, gonna go, they're joining there. this village are now. Are they in the village? They're going to yeah, start living in the village? Yeah. I, I looked over. There's the kitty stabbing them all with a goddamn fork. <laughs> I, I just, it bothered me. Like, Where is this? Like, that, yeah, Vandal Savage is dead. There's also, like, look like 12, 14 guys who tried to kill you that just walking around. You know, do they let them go? They, they're just, what are they going to do with the Valkyrie? I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Are they letting him go? Or it's so ridiculous. Hey, guys, go go on your way. Say hi to Ukar for me. Yeah, yeah. Tell Ukar we said hi. Uh, then they're they're uh, Batman and Superman. There, they they still hate each other. Eric, they yes. hate each other. But that's when Batgirl brings them together, and Batgirl leaves conveniently so that Gordon can take off his mask. <laughs> he takes off the helmet. Yeah, hey, my name's Jim Gordon. Jim, huh? I'm Clark. Like they, I'm telling you, I know that we talked about this earlier. It just seems odd that they wouldn't know who each other are. I don't no, know. No, Superman definitely knows who Jim Gordon is. Yeah, but he just says, Jim, huh? I'm I, Clark. I think that was for Jim's benefit. I don't know, because he knows he's Clark. He's called him Clark all fucking issue. Yeah, but you say your name back no matter yeah, what at that point. I don't know. I'll be like, like, again, I didn't like Detective Comics later. Uh, when Dick sees that it's Jim Gordon, now they, they do have a little more of a personal relationship, but he's like, huh, Jim Gordon, I, I kind of figured that. Jim I Gordon doesn't understand like his secret identity. Yeah, yeah, he's telling everyone in this group. <laughs> he's really, he's, he can't keep a secret. Um, but yeah, then they shake. Earlier, uh, I forgot to mention earlier, Superman tries to shake with uh, with Gordon earlier before they go off to teleport to uh fight Vandal Savage and freaking Gordon leaves him hanging I'm like you fucking asshole Even and Batgirl's like there just to be like the you know the go-between the intermediary yeah and I, I, don't, I don't know I don't know why she walks off either she's like ah you know what you my work get here along. is done <laughs> she's like all right another <laughs> day is done it's just I'm gonna go kick the shit out of some Dawn Command and then we get back to there's Superman Batman they're fighting it up, and they're talking about, you know, I'm the light, he's the darkness. Uh, we'll never give up, and we'll and we'll never give up on each other. And I don't know if this has turned into some shipping, uh, but it really seems. Everybody like ships Batman. And I think they are doing it now. They're heading off. I don't even know. They look like they're fighting all over the goddamn place. They're in a post-apocalyptic city. It looks like fighting robots. Then they're in some other city, and then they look like they're in the middle of Nevada. They're all over Eric, and I'm shipping every goddamn place. They are loving each other. What was that? Shut up. That sound, Don't bring attention to it. That sound, was that your zipper? No, no. I was tearing off some fucking paper towel to blow my nose. Oh, damn it. I, thought you I were, didn't realize I didn't mute my mic yeah, for it. I actually thought you were undoing your zipper for me now that I started talking sexy work with uh, fucking Batman and, and Superman. 
But pants. Yeah, Who's I, wearing pants? Pants. I, I did not like this issue. I, you might have liked it more than me. I gave it a 4.5 out of 10. I didn't like the art. I'm not a big fan of Oh, neither am I. I hate to, be, I hate to say like something like that. Uh, but yeah. And no, no, he shows I, up, I do not like his art. I really I love don't. the flashback art, and I love the, all the flashback and stuff. And the flashback book. art was Jack Herbert. Uh, yeah. It was okay. I, I didn't mind that as much. I liked it a little more than the main art. But yeah, the main, he, the main story was fucking nonsense. There was nothing the, going on. And but when we saw the actual Superman and Batman, I had a good time. Yeah, I, I thought it was a bunch of nothing for what we were getting in those other books. Everything seemed to push the story forward, and this did not. I, I was angry. Do you, do you think this is the last we're going to see of Vandal Savage for this arc? I don't know. It's weird. Like maybe he like, seems to be the man in control of everything he else. He is, so but there we have Mister Bend out there still. Yeah, and that's about and uh, Hoarder and Vandal has not interacted with Hoarder at all, as we could tell. No, it, they just came through those doors, and I don't know that right now after this issue, not going any bit forward. Like I like to see the others where you got that uh, congruence between. Uh, Superman or uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman's that yeah, book yeah, yeah, and yeah. Action Comics. This one could have even went more. And even I'm telling you, you throw Mr. Bend in here, kind of show him up or horror, something happens where you're like, okay, these are happening together. We were getting that a little. This one kind of stalls it again. You do get Vandal Savage, but again, how does this affect the others? I don't know. You know what I like to think now? Because uh, we were trying to make a timeline when the re- re- uh, regular Truth uh, story arc was going on. Yeah. And then, like, when the next story arc came out, it kind of threw a monkey wrench into that because now Superman takes place after Superman, Wonder Woman. Yeah. This right here is the finale to all the stories where <laughs> Vandal Savage is completed. Yeah. He's done. He actually is dead. They're <laughs> like, nope, he didn't teleport. At this point, Hoda Root's taking care of Wrath and Mr. Ben. They're already taken care of in this timeline. Yeah. And this is the end of Vandal Savage. Now Clark can go on and be on his way. Now, my guess is, I, I don't know, is Superman next or is uh, what would be next? Superman and Wonder Woman should be next. Okay. Whenever, whatever happens, Vandal will be gone for a little. And or not. He'll come back in, I believe, Superman Wonder Woman because he has not dealt with Mr. Ben. And Mr. Ben said he's going to kill him. So we'll see. It'll be like a couple more issues down the line. Uh, did you say what you would give it? I think I would give this a 5.5 out of okay. 10. Still not great. No. Uh, but we're going to continue, and I have the next book as well, New Suicide Squad number 15, written by Sean Ryan, art by Felipe Baronis, Blonde and Dave. Don't call me David Sharp. It is the penultimate issue for Sean Ryan, and it's a shame, Eric, because I believe that his Suicide Squad has been one of the most underrated books that DC has been putting out for over a year. Oh, yeah. This issue is all about the setup, though, for next month's finale, which I'm guessing will be a forced way to allow Tim Seeley to jump on free and clear of this current run. The issue is all about Amanda Waller getting to the lowdown of Vic Sage's dirty dealings, and it's hurried and forced. Ryan shows glimpses of great characterizations that made this book so good, but that even comes off as an old hat. It's kind of the same thing over again. The issue ends with the squad heading off the Bell Rev and the showdown with Sage, Black Mana, and who knows what the hell else. I... I love this book. I really do. I love Suicide Squad. I've been telling every time we talk about it, I always say, like, it, it always surprises me every oh, time. Oh, me too. It's, uh, you know, the issue comes out, and I'm like, God damn it, I like this book. Like, and it's been getting better and better. It really has. And um, I actually pissed I gave it to you when I renumbered it. Yeah, yeah. And this issue is Bullshit. maybe one of the worst that it's been since that Yeah, I hated arc. this book. Uh, and, again, I hated it. 
I don't hate Sean Ryan. I no. think that he was forced into this. I don't think that this is how this story was going to end. I think he was forced to do this because this issue, all of a sudden, out of all this buildup with Vic Sage being in the background doing the, you know, up to no good, mysterious thing, it just is like, okay, we got to get this. Okay, this is what happened. They just show up. You had all that lead into for Amanda Waller to figure things out, and uh, it just ends up so quick and forced. Uh, not only that, our entire issue is freaking pretty much Amanda Waller, Deadshot, talking to the yeah. – uh, what, what's the company called? Do you it's remember? Calvary that? Corporation. It's it has Calvary. them talking to the head of the Calvary yep, Corporation the CEO. For the enti- at a desk. That's pretty much the entire issue. As uh, Harley and Boomerang run uh, distraction. They're trying to they're fix trying, Parasite. And trying to fix Parasite. And they're, they're just shits going on. And um, – but what happened is there were like three corporations that were they were going to deal with, and it seems like we're like, nope, don't have enough time. Calvary Corporation, that seems good. They're in Dallas. Let's go. And they even like, oh, we're going to meet with the CEO, Miss Pesta. Miss really? Pesta. Yeah, Miss Pesta. And they go there, and really, even with the Miss Pesta, nothing gets resolved, really. Nope. She kind of tells she tells Amanda Waller, hey, um, you know, shit, shit's going down. You know, we're very it's- we're a very powerful corporations, so what we, we saw this Suicide Squad. You guys are off the books, but you're a threat. You're causing problems. And, yes, in this whole run, there's been times where they have gone in and they have ruined these companies' plans and all this and the Pearl Group or whatever. There's a bunch of shit going down. It's a, it's a really quick tie into everything else that we've been yeah, doing. Yeah, it is. With. It even goes back to that uh, first arc, like I said, yeah. with the, uh, the, uh, the Russian-Chinese Chinese Chinese deal. And they're like, oh, and that was our first attempt, and that didn't work, and we're gonna, and it's. And then so... they just waxed over that guy who was covered in venom, who got all fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, we didn't get that. I'm telling you, that's why I'm saying this. Um, this story is ending prematurely. Very, it's very prematurely. Obvious. And this is faster than me in bed. Oh, Jesus Christ, that is fast. And it just, I'm not even gonna go through, you know, bit by bit. It just, it, it upset me. It actually me as well. did. And I'm hoping that. He's rushing this one so that he could do a proper issue next issue God, to end so. it. But yeah, I'm telling you, you, you get the idea that he's they're like, okay, listen, this Vic Sage business, shit's not working. <laughs> and, and, you know, this slow burn of a story's got to end because Tim Seeley, he don't like no Vic Sage. Which so. is crazy because this is the, one of the most consistent books that DC's putting out sales-wise. It is. I know. and But again... And in this, what's weird to me is it's almost like, and I know it's not true, it can't be, but it's almost like Sean Ryan's like, okay, you're going to make me, well, you know what, I'm going to fucking ruin Harley for you because she doesn't want to be in the team anymore. Yeah. And, and I don't know how they would explain her wanting to be back on the team because she really, it's really hit her hard since that annual when Reverse, Reverse Flash, Flash told her, yeah. listen, uh, you know, she's like, this is what I am. That no, you don't. You don't have to be this. You're you know, not a horrible we're bad person. guys, but we're yeah, not bad we're guys. Not bad guys. But again, like I said, this issue, it's almost like we get it. I know. Oh yeah, I know it's overplayed Harley's here. Dead. I re- actually, I'll tell you what's sad though. I really like the way this one was though, where she's just sitting there, like, yeah. come on, Harley, get to it. Okay. And, she was. And she no, I didn't even care it. for her because initially she's just standing there in a daze, about to get shot well, up. She is, I actually, I took that as she wanted to get shot. She's done. If they're I don't want keep, that. If they're going to keep throwing her into this mix like this, she'd rather die. Um, but yeah, there again, even in a shitty issue, I really like Boomerang in this because oh, yeah. he even turned around like, "Hey, uh, you know, 
we got to do this. This is the job. And she's like, and he said it before. She threw a line right back. Oh, you said if you're not having fun, it's not worth it. And he's like, listen, I am a fucking, fucking ugly Australian with a fucking <laughs> awful cap. And all I do is throw goddamn boomerangs. You know, I, I don't have much here. And I really like that. It was almost like Sean Ryan's like, you motherfuckers gave me boomerang. And I made him pretty goddamn good. And now what I get is I get my fucking walking papers, you fucking assholes. Uh, I really think that Sean Ryan didn't want Parasite in this either for how no, bad he fucks I, him over. I, yeah, and... uh Remember, there was that whole inter or that whole announcement they were going to have that big team. Parasite was on it, Black Mask, uh, or Black Hand, Black Hand which yeah. was crazy. Black Poison Mask would have made more sense. Uh, Poison Ivy, they were going to have that. Black Mask would be terrible in this yeah, group. They they never did it. So would Black Hand. He's uh, got power at least. Yeah, but they I think he has too much power. Oh, that would have so been I, crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think he wanted that team. He convinced them against it. I don't know what went down, but yeah, he did this. And even I'm telling you. The the way he does the dialogue in these books and this whole run is so good because they all they act like th- these they're not good people and they act like it but yet they're not over like I'm just what I'm saying is they're bad guys not bad guys well they're heading off to Dallas and even Boomerang who you think that Boomerang just loves Deadshot that Deadshot's his buddy is like hey yeah maybe you can go up in the Books that you know the the depository, depository light yeah. a candle and get your rain back, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and it's like, boy, that's a fuck. That is harsh. That was good. Yeah, and Amanda Waller even gives them some shit. But everybody, it's like a team that's it's broken by design, but it's become he's done more to make you care about these characters, and they all have even more flaws. And I I really like it. But in the end, they they're heading off to Bell Rev for this uh, showdown with Vic Sage, and. What the um, what the CEO tells him, what Miss Pesta basically spells it out is what uh, Sage's plan, what his part of the plan was going to be, was we were going to feed information to one of the fucking bad guys, let him escape. He has this bad information, he's going to escape, and then uh, the government will say, whoa, this is too dangerous to shut it down. And you realize right then, holy shit, that he's doing that right now with yeah, man. Black man. He started yeah. last issue, and he just he just wants to take uh, Amanda Waller down. He just hates Amanda Waller. But uh, Miss Pesta gives them the info to take down. Uh, yeah, here's Vic the Sage. evidence. And we're gonna throw him under the bus. And you know what you're yeah. gonna do? Nothing. Nothing. You can't do anything to us. And we're it's gonna funny keep on controlling the world. She, it's funny because she keeps trying to come up with a way she can. That's the worst part. Of and, actually, that's something I really hated about this book. We had pat on pat on. Well, I'm gonna do this. Uh, no, you're you know, not. Yes, yeah. I am. No, you're not. And yes, again, I am. You get this idea that because it has to stop quick like this, they're gonna take Vic Sage down. And they can't have you wondering, like, well, what about those other yeah. companies? They, Why didn't you go after them? Well, there's, he's basically telling you. He's yeah. throwing in your face why. And it, it's a shame. It's a real shame because I, I think he could have kept going and, and would have done really well along this whole thing and could have ended it well. Uh, but it looks like he was forced out. And it makes uh, not makes sense, but I, uh, I had messaged him a little about this whole thing. And he seemed to put a clamp on any sort of talk about it. He seems, oh, to, he seems to have moved on to me from what I've seen already. Like, he's like, fuck you. They, they fucking dicked me over. I'm not going to help him out. Uh, but I will probably give this one. I have not reviewed this yet, but I, I'm going to be around a five. I would do a 5.5. 5, I was yeah, thinking. I really dig way. the art. Yeah, I do. I love that. Philippe Barones, when he came on with Sean Ryan, fucking awesome. I love the art. And, uh, yeah, you know what? I wasn't even thinking that. Probably around maybe even a 5.56 five, even. Because, right. yeah, I really did like the art. And I liked 
what uh, Sean Ryan could do when he actually just the dialogue, the back and forth, but boy, it's rushed and forced. It's a, uh, and it's a boring book. Yeah, it might it. be one of the worst uh, forced issues I've I've been you know a witness to in a long time, but I think that it couldn't be helped. Hi, yai, got me angry here. You <laughs> get me angry all the time, but we're gonna head Sorry. off. We're gonna head off to the other side with Ryan Bryce Daycare Clark. And I know he gets you angry, Eric. You yelled at him last night when we were talking as a group. Trying Did to get I? That. No, you didn't. You, just dis- you disappeared for great lengths of time. Sometimes it happens. And we were all talking, and I was like, where's Eric? You know, he's supposed to be chiming in here, and he's not helping out, just like in the podcast. Eric. Yes. Just like in the podcast, but he's no, going to be doing I actually what? blame last night. Last night when we were all getting together and talking, that's when my throat started bothering me. Damn, mine. And I, and I woke up this morning just like dead. Mine is killing me right now, but he's going to talk about symmetry number one. And uh, when he's done, we're going to come back with more books. Hello and welcome back to The Other Side. I am, as always, your host, Ryan Baritis, Daycare Clark, here to bring you the pick by me of non-DC titles for the week here. And this week I am coming at you with Symmetry Number 1 by Matt Hawkins, Raphael Ayanko, and Troy Pateri through Image Top Cow Comics. I have liked a lot of Matt Hawkins' work in the past, and I thought that this book was actually some sort of sequel uh, to a different book he had done initially, but I was wrong. Uh, this is a, a first issue in a standalone series, uh, and it really does uh, quite a lot for itself here in this first issue. Uh, I really enjoyed this sort of uh, futuristic and hyper-realized version of humanity where people created uh, living artificial intelligence. Um, but that uh, in creating that, they've also sort of put together this sort of uh, living uh, symbiotic attachment to themselves with the artificial intelligence that starts at birth. Um, I definitely thought that this book was going to take a much different path than what I was initially expecting, just based on that um, couple of pages of just backstory giving us where things were going. Uh, But things really start to blow up literally and figuratively, fairly fast. Uh, Raphael Ayenko's artwork is very solid. I really like the the very uh, detailed and very realistic look to his art. Uh, and I really like how he used um, the blank faces of the sort of peacekeeper uh, characters by name. Uh, that's my name, rather. Uh, I don't know what they're actually called, uh, they're just androids wearing suits, um, sort of like the agents in the Matrix, but they have these blank, glassy, blue faces. Uh, if you're at all uh, aware, they are pretty uh, close. They're not very dissimilar to the updated Imperial Guards um, from the Star Wars Force Awakens prequel comic when the Emperor's face gets projected over their mask. Uh, I would imagine there's probably going to be something similar to that coming from these characters as well. Uh, and I really liked uh, the concept um, that all humans uh, are born sexless, and when they come to an appropriate age, they choose their gender and their gender-specific name. Uh, I thought that was a weird, uh, different, uh, just a really strange uh, creative choice for this sort of utopian dystopia. Uh, I thought that was pretty neat. 
Uh, mostly, this whole book is strange. Uh, good, but strange. I liked the idea that people uh, and their uh, reina, which is what the um, artificial intelligence implanted in your brain uh, is called, that the reina, uh, think Siri, if it were in your brain 24-7, uh, are bonded completely and permanently and fully. Uh, I think that's just a weird, kind of cool concept. Uh, I was interested to see also that uh, this book kind of turns the story on its ear um, with the opening prologue and the splash page for the main story that states our symmetry is broken in this sort of big, blocky, but cracked and breaking typeface font. Uh, after the first issue, uh, we really don't know what that means, other than possibly there were some things done to damage people's reinas, and there may be something more to that. Um, uh, we don't really know a lot about what's going on in the current timeline uh, of the story as well, uh, but as any good cinematic story does, it takes its time in establishing the world that you're in before everything starts crashing down around you, uh, and I think that this book does quite well with that. It was was interesting that the, uh, the Reinas would instruct and teach the humans that they're bonded to while they slept. Um, it reminded me of the, the learning beds from the Venture Brothers, though this is really nothing at all like that, uh, and that's okay. But just that moment kind of made me think of that, because my brain is weird and it does things like that to me. Um, I thought the idea of this sort of uh, broken utopia, the sort of dystopic future uh, masquerading as a utopia really wouldn't sit very well with me uh, coming into this story. Uh, but it didn't really cause much problem when I got through it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the story makes the characters pretty relatable, uh, even though they don't really have jobs or hobbies, and they have androids in their heads talking to them all the time. Okay, so maybe they aren't relatable, per se, but they are interesting and unique, and the big reveal at the end is one that I think raises a lot more questions than it answered. Uh, what does it mean their symmetry is broken? What sort of iRobot-type situation do we have on our hands now? And who is this character that keeps getting referenced, uh, Marciella? I'm sure all of the answers to these questions and more are forthcoming, but I, for one, definitely can't wait to find out. Along with this book and the rest of my weekly titles, uh, I just finished reading the Green Lantern Star Trek Spectrum War crossover, uh, and I actually quite enjoyed that, uh, even though the third act was a bit rushed and the big finale reveal, how everything got tied nicely, neatly back together, felt um, a little a little too convenient for something where they could literally blow everything up and never go back and touch it again. Uh, they could really have done whatever they want, so the, the sort of cheap out wasn't really necessary. Uh, I also picked up and I'm reading the Deadpool core trade, got that from my local library just this last week, um, because I'm a sucker for Deadpool, and if Rob Liefeld is involved on it, I will read it. Um, I also picked up, uh, speaking of Deadpool characters, though it doesn't actually involve him, I picked up a copy of The Last Christmas from Deadpool writers Brian Posehn and Jerry Duggan prior to their work for The Big Two uh, as my Christmas Eve reading. 
while I sit and wait up for Santa and all the goodies he's going to be bringing for me. Uh, now, if you have any reading suggestions, uh, either uh, books to offer up for the other side or just reading suggestions in general, uh, please let me know, uh, either in care of this podcast or to me directly via email at brightestdaycare at gmail.com. I have my own podcast, as you may already know, the Brightest Daycare Weekly Podcast, which you can get on iTunes, Overcast, and uh, pretty much anywhere else, uh, any other way that you would listen to podcasts. Uh, you can also reach me on Twitter at BDC Comics, and you can read all of my written reviews on my website, brightestdaycare.com. Uh, that is all for me this week, and until next week, I'll see you on the other side. And we're back here. We are back, and this is going to be the Robin War crossover part of the podcast. All right. But before that, Eric, we have final Eric birthday wishes. They're all coming in. And we're going to start with this one from Frank Thierry. Frank Thierry writes to you, Eric, what the fuck is an Eric, and why the hell am I wishing him a happy birthday? (laughs) Because I loved your Penguins Villains Month. Thank you, Frank. And we're going to go. I love we you, Frank. Why are you going to be like that? Couple. Next is a, uh, another podcast, Eric. Matt Elfring from the Comic Vine podcast. Oh, yeah? hey, hey, Eric. Yep. Hey, Eric. Congratulations on riding a rock in space around a star for an orbital, orbital period. <laughs> maybe we should also be congratulating Gravity for making sure you don't launch in the vacuum of space or maybe congratulate your parents nine months prior for engaging in coitus, which in turn gave you life. Yes. And this new orbital period give you many things like seasons or sunlight for a certain amount of time, depending on the Earth's rotation. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Matt. The next one is David Messina, who is the former, now former, uh, artist on Catwoman. David Messina says, How I cannot wish to Eric happy birthday. And anyway, who the hell is Eric? Oh. People don't know you, Eric. What the heck's going well, on? Well, you know what? I didn't. I wasn't on Catwoman. Yeah, you weren't. I sent him a lot of notes, and we talked a little. So, yes, maybe on my birthday, he'll send me wishes, Eric. The next I'm not one going is, through all this nonsense. The next you happy birthday James wishes. Bonney. James Bonney, the Deathstroke writer, and looks yeah. like he is going to be fully taking over the book himself, says, What can be said about Eric that hasn't been said many times behind his back? Um, I was going to rate his birthday a 7 out of 10, but on second thought, I'm giving it a 6.5. <laughs> I told you he's giving you a little bust. There That's on your... funny. Now, go blow out your candles. J- uh, love, James Bonney. P.S. Deathstroke number 13 featuring the climactic battle between Slade Wilson and DC Comics' newest and baddest villain Snakebite hit stores December 23rd, Eric. Nice. Never pass up a chance for a plug, he said. And I'll he tell actually... you. What's that? Like Suicide Squad, Deathstroke is the other I, most consistent book. I enjoy book. it. Uh, it was funny too because then he, we were talking back and forth a little. I thanked him and we were talking, and he said he asked me if I watched *I Zombie*, and I said right. I do not. I said I am not, and I even said something like, "Listen, I'm not a pretentious prick. I just don't have a lot of time for a TV, and I have five kids that they, they commandeer the goddamn TV." So no, I do not watch *I Zombie*. And he said it was pretty cool. He's watching it last week. Had no idea they mentioned Snakebite. Did they? As a villain. That's yeah. crazy. There was a superhero in it, like a, a would-be superhero. Yeah, I, I saw something guy. on the previous for it. And he's like, oh, it was Snakebite. And he <laughs> said, he was like 
God damn it. The thing's been out a month and it's already hit. He's all excited. So I, I said, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, the next one, Eric, is the final birthday wish. And we right. go to the head honcho, Eric. Guy you always talk so highly of, Dan DiDio. I do and love we Danny. Like Dan DiDio. We like Dan DiDio. And he put, as a birthday gift to Eric, please let him know that continuity that he so much loves <laughs> will start to come back in full force with the 50s coming out in March. Oh, that's so, awesome. Oh, yes. He knows that you are a continuity whore. I did not tell him that. That's funny. Yeah, he, he knows that you're a fucking asshole to continuity, <laughs> says. And it, it gives us a little uh, hope. Oh, yeah, I said man. that to Reggie. I actually told Reggie, he said that Reggie was really impressed. And uh, also said, hey, at least that's something to hope for. And that would be March's deal. We'll get the solicits in the next week or so. And I'm guessing that this is what they're talking about, the uh, meat and potatoes, that we will see uh, these solicits kind of bring everything back into the fold, including Batman and Superman. And we'll see. And that's why when I got this this thing and then was writing my notes up for Batman Superman, that's also a thing that kind of threw me off thinking that uh, why the fuck are they why do they have to be friends now <laughs> if it's going to end in three issues? Um, but I would say that maybe it now that I think of it, you don't want them to end up hating each other. Agreed. Right? You don't want like freaking Superman to go off. After this whole thing, Bruce is back. I he don't becomes think a god again. He fucking starts yeah. fucking with Jim Gordon or with his godlike powers. He's not, not going to deal with Jim no. Gordon anymore. You don't want him to have ill feelings towards him. Uh, what do you think happens when um, Gordon leaves the suit? Gordon That's... stops being Batman. He's not commissioner. What do you think is going to happen? You think he's going to like private eye mayor or something? You think private eye? Private eye. Him, him and Harvey would... Bullock are going to go off together. That'd be cool. Little book, a book, or just you'll no, just hear that. No, go he's going to show up in different like detective comics, something like that. Kind of cool if detective comics uh, actually followed him a little more. That would like be how cool. they did Harvey, the the yeah. last bit of uh, Bucciolato. I wouldn't mind that. I do detective comics. I would not find that uh, you know upsetting at all. I would like it. Um, I guess uh, Maggie Sawyer's already the commissioner. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's what's and, weird about that is usually in these cases, you'd have this awful commissioner like they had an Eternal and the yeah. guy who's a real asshole and he's going to go down when the villain goes down and whatnot. It's Maggie Sawyer. Unless she dies, yeah, she's there. Don't kill she's Maggie. Pretty, she's a pretty good person. So Broke Kate King's heart. Broke, Thank you, everybody, for the wonderful birthday wishes. Heart. But, yeah, that's the birthday wishes, Eric. It is your birthday yesterday, but we're going to celebrate it tonight. And we're going to keep right. the celebration going with... I didn't celebrate it yesterday, so... Yeah, with uh, the Rob Moore crossover part of the podcast, like I said. And leading into this, I had heard some podcasts talk about the Rob Moore all week. And it seems like a lot of them were confused about what books in the DC fold were involved. So I'm just going to mention those just so people would know. I'm not going to give the issues. I had a whole thing written up, and I'm not going to. I know. To, but it does include the Robin War book, of course. Grayson, Detective Comics, We Are Robin, Robin, Son of Batman, Gotham Academy, Red Hood Arsenal, and Teen Titans. And the main books are the Robin War, Grayson, Detective, We Are Robin, and Son of Batman. And it's weird because I keep, anytime I thought of this, never thought of Son of Batman. I don't know why. It makes total sense. Well, especially just, since he left what he was doing to go back to yeah, Gotham in yeah, this book. I just never, never thought of it. But yeah, Gotham Academy, Red Hood Arsenal, and Teen Titans are all tie-ins. And in January, uh, yeah, they're just, and they're nonsense. And uh, the books even have this aftermath issues of some of them in, in January. So it actually goes longer than I thought it did. 
That sounds pretty cool to me. Yeah. Well, we're going to get on with this with Grayson number 15. And this issue is a lesson in how to do a tie-in right, I said. Instead of dismissing the Robin movement, Dick does one better. He trains them. This book turned into a series of action movie training montages, all ending with each Robin telling their pupils the meaning of being a Robin. It's all a setup to see which are the most worthy of the Robin kids, so Dick can pair them with an original Robin and get them arrested, Eric. It's all part of Dick's Dick plan. It's all, yeah, it is. It's all plan, a part of Dick's plan to protect the Robins while he figures shit out. It looks like it's going to get worse before it gets better, Eric. And oh, yeah? the Lord of the Owls seems to approve. <laughs> I love Grace, and I, that's one of my favorite books. Unfortunately, when Tim Seeley jumped in on script, I thought it was off. Uh, you disagreed with me on one of the issues, that annual, I believe it was. Yes, I like that. teamed up with Superman, and you liked it for the good fun it was. You're a fun guy. Uh, Wild and crazy guys. Hey, yeah, you are. Uh, but I, I did not like it. And I did a little dance there. Reading this and seeing Tom King write, even just, I, I don't know if you like the issue or not or whatever, but just his dialogue with Dick himself. And all the Robins I really liked. Besides for, besides for the outcome, I don't think there's anybody who can't like this book. Yeah, it's so good. And again, I argued with people. Well, there is people. People on Twitter were arguing with me. But really? They, they hadn't read it. So oh. they were like, Robin wore crossover. Count me out. Or, okay, do oh, not I another crossover. Boy, DC, thanks a lot, but no thanks. And I said this guy, are, do you read Grayson normally? Oh, yeah. And I, this is a great Grayson book, too. <laughs> Yes, it ties into Robin War, and maybe, I don't even know that you have to know anything. If you know that there's a Robin movement, you go into this, it's a good Grayson book to it, me anyway. It sure as hell is. Yeah, and I, Tom King, the guy can write, and he really sets it up great where you go in, and I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought right away that this was going to be one of those things where you get the uh, the hell with you guys. You're not Robins. You, you never will be or whatever. Uh, Dick doesn't do that. He basically says, hey, y- you guys are Robins. The police are already after you. You're loud, proud, and in your face, and I'm going to train you. And it's again, it ends up being bullshit, really. He's just trying to find who he can trust when he does this plan of getting <laughs> them arrested. And the one thing that bothered the only thing, really, that I didn't like in this book was that it was too convenient that everyone that was picked was a We Are Robin from the, the Midtown We Are Robin Robins. Book, the Midtown yeah. Robins. I would have liked to have a couple guys. Um, I don't know. Do you think out of the blue? I didn't even talk to you about this. Do you think out of the blue, one of these Midtown Robins dies in this Robin War? Better not. I'm still fucking mourning Troy. Yeah, I actually think that that might happen. And maybe if they picked one of these side people... It wouldn't have the impact. All right, who, of who that? do you think would die then Isabella. out of all these characters? Izzy. Yeah, that's the worst part because I went right to Izzy myself. Yep. Izzy's gonna die, I think. Well, also, okay. we've set up, up this, with Damien. We've set this whole thing up with Dre already, and how he's like this, like pro, like uh, an angry Robin, yeah, yeah. and how he has his connection to the mob and shit like that. And then we have Dax Chill. His last name's Chill. We need to have that yep. character do some yep. shit. And then we have Duke Thomas and Ryko. And Ryko's yeah. just a cutie, but like Izzy is the odd Robin out. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I like Izzy. I want Izzy to survive. That's why I don't want anybody to die. Raiko, like you said, she's a cutie. If she dies, doesn't really have an impact to me. She's a crazy girl. Talks the background. Oh, it's a shame and what. And again, why? It's weird. And right there gives you an in. Raiko in this whole thing 
ends up going to Gotham Academy. Yeah. And it's it's a forced thing. Uh, we'll talk about that in Flash Reviews, actually, only because we were going to talk about this section. I read it. It did not deserve a, a full talk. There's and once he told me on. that, I did not read it. And the, the thing is, why didn't they have Batgirl, uh, the Batgirl book? And I know, I, I don't know, maybe and, just the tone doesn't fit. I don't know. In my mind, it fits way better than uh, Ryko going to Gotham and Academy. And with Batgirl would have been really cool. Right. Uh, and they could have resolved that whole thing before as if she's – if does she really talk to her? Did she or not? Is she um, just a crazy little girl? Yeah. Um, the book starts off, though, and I'm telling you, the other thing is I open the book. I go to do it uh, digitally, of course. But uh, I said, fucking that Michael Yannick. God damn it, that guy can draw. I know, right? He is so good. I'm telling you, this first page where I, I put in my review, it's either the freaking craziest thing of Hollywood Squares or the Brady Bunch gone wild. <laughs> but it's all the kids saying, I am Robin, I am Robin. And just the variation of these kids and the detail that, that he puts in each one. And nothing looks off. Nothing looks crazy. They all yeah. have these boys. Two, two look crazy to me. This ginger and this fat kid. Don't see what they like, want I, there. I like that, though. I, I like know. that they're like, listen. They don't have any Robin You're Gar- a fatty. <laughs> you're a fatty. You're not going to be able to do this. But hey, come on. Come on, buddy. No, I like that they, they have it that, you know what? We're, we're not going to exclude anyone. And I really do like that. I think it's kick-ass. Now, um, that one, the second girl on the top, though, I want to see more of her. Yeah. Just because that green mask, she looks like a badass. Yeah, she looks like a badass. I'm telling you, then, uh, I, I don't know. There's a couple of these that I did. Did you say the ginger? Yeah, I said the ginger. It's a girl, but I, I swear to God, Rupert Grint could play her. Would say, <laughs> you get her. I like the guy with, like, the ski mask with the arm. But it's, I, I like that, too. Yeah, I really like all these. And the, the one, the... Uh, the Asian girl between the uh, the guy with the thing and uh, what's his name, Dax? She looks fucking crazy. Do you I don't see even think her? she's Asian. I, I don't. She looks nuts. <laughs> Look at her. Them eyes are way too yeah, fucking blue. I don't think she's ever blinked in her life. Look she's at her. She's one of the thing. children of the damned. Yeah, she's scaring the shit out of me. Get her the hell out of there. She's going to fucking wreck shit. Uh, but you go and you have this whole thing, and it's really good. I'm telling <laughs> I'm you. I'm going to talk more about these Hollywood <laughs> no, now. We'll go no, anyway. bit by bit. Yeah. I'll give backstories. We'll talk about everyone. Yes, yes, the backstories of the Robins. I, I don't know that I like the one guy with the, the hat with the R, that guy. I like The one it. with the ball cap. Oh, oh, no, the ball cap I like. The one with the, like, the beanie I do not like. That guy looks angry. Yeah, it's very angry. He's got like, war paint me. on. I don't know what he's up to. I don't think he should See, be I, I trust the guy in the ball cap. I don't trust that guy you in the trust beanie. trust him? Uh, yeah, maybe. I, the he beanie, looks like a friendly guy. The beanie, though, that guy looks like he could really kick some shit. The, the girl next to him, uh-huh. she looks like very, um, she's nervous to admit it. She's got <laughs> that like half thing. She's like, I, I'm Robin. She looks like uh-huh. a hipster, though. That should have a question mark at the end of that. Yeah, really, she's. I think she like wandered in. She does have the glasses though, that like a a cool like kind of deal. But yeah, and then she's that guy, Kelly. the last guy, boy, he looks like an asshole. Duke Thomas. Oh, Duke Thomas. <laughs> but the the whole thing that I love, and I love this. I'm telling you, I sat and looked at these uh, my uh, the so whole time. I. I'm like, this is awesome. Uh, and it's like it's going in. It's what one, two, three, four. There's like sixteen or twenty of my. Is it twenty? I don't know. One, two, three, four, sixteen of them. So there's sixteen people, kids saying, "I'm Robin, I'm Robin," and you turn the page, and fucking Damien just shoots them all down right away. No, you're not. No, you're not. And it's so good. I'm telling I, you. I love this page. That Fuck, page Red Hood, Red Robin, Grayson, and Damien. That's awesome. That that page might be the best drawn versions of every character that I've seen. I I really like it. I and I know that we talk about it, and it does change. That Red Hood mask, I love. 
I'm telling you, well, this one. is Red Hood's old costume, which yeah. I love. It's yeah, not I the hoodie it. one that I hate. Yeah. I and Red that. Robin looks amazing. I don't know why he's perched up there uh, like so that on the, on the railing. And it looks like he's about to fall, but I like it. And I, I actually, what I really, really like is that they have Damien in the front. He's the current Robin. Yeah. And I like that. I like that they kind of have him saying that, though Dick just like, step aside, son. <laughs> and he goes in and step, get, no no even when we get to step aside pal yeah pal. when he says pal to yeah, later yeah that's, I didn't like I hate when people say that that <laughs> really annoys me there is never a time that somebody says pal and is not being an asshole to well you. that's like when a woman calls somebody honey you know yeah. they hate that fucking or, girl yeah or sweetie or or husband excuse me honey but you don't know or husband I said that. yes I heard yeah, you so, I, I got depressed I didn't want to talk about yeah. it so Dick starts out. And he's talking to me. He dresses them. And you're expecting, you know, the, the standard deal of, like, listen, you guys aren't Robin. I don't want you to get hurt. Da, da, da. So he goes and he's like, listen, you're undisciplined. You're eager but when you should be scared. You're scared when you should be eager. You're not a Robin. And then he gives them all the fuck me eyes. No, he no. Goes, those are not the fuck me eyes. Those I are the, I'm a are. psychopath eyes. Eric, I am now taking off my pants <laughs> as we speak. At least not yet. It looks like, like Jimmy least, from work. At least not yet. <laughs> Freaking Dick Grayson. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, those are the psychopath eyes. And then I'm telling you, a fucking this is, caveman this brow. The, yes. The other thing that that gets me in this, because then it goes down a panel, and you actually at this point for <laughs> me, is when I got the full concept of holy shit, there there are a lot more Robins than I thought because yep. there's a full deal, and I don't know. There's one guy in a Batman costume. He showed up to the wrong party. Do you see that motherfucker? No, what, what, oh, He's there he is. <laughs> What is he thinking? Uh, but when I did this, I actually looked and I'm like, oh, where are the people that were saying I'm Robin that most of them are in the front row? Like they did that. Yeah, but now the and, fat kid has a ball cap yeah, on. Yeah, I don't know. And he looks strong all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But yeah, I really like it. I like the depth of it. I like the idea that there's more Robins than I thought and probably more Robins than the Midtown Robins ever thought too. So right um, out of the gate, this is an amazing issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they go on and again... I said in my review, and I said it to you, and I'll say it now, I think Dick has watched Independence Day a bit, and he has his <laughs> Independence Day speech. He is going to get them Bill fired Polk up. This bitch? Yeah, he's going to get them fired up. And in the middle, he even throws in a little big trouble little China. Does he? Yeah. Well, he's talking. He's like, listen, I met Batman. He asked me in that particular bat tone of his, kid, do you think all there is to this job is guts and glory? And I look back in those slitty little white eyes, and I said, <laughs> yes, sir, I do. Do I, I'm telling you, if they pulled back and he was on a CB. You set me up, you son of a bitch. You had the freaking dude. And that's the, clip. the best part is I've had that for months. Have I just it. love you Big Trouble, Little China. Before. It's so good, and it it it's obviously it's it's de- directly from there, and yeah. it made me laugh a little because I'm thinking like Dick didn't know he's going to do the speech, and he's really grasping. He's like the last two movies he watched was Independence Day and freaking <laughs> big, big Trouble, big tr- Little China. I even told you earlier I had that script for Big Trouble, the Big Easy. Of course, yeah. I love Big Trouble, Little China. Uh, I didn't know you had the freaking sound clip set up. I have others. <laughs> but, okay, but they go, they go on, and basically he's talking, and he, 
he's going to train them. They're going to yeah. train them uh, because, and it makes sense to me. I know that in a normal book like this, they'd say everybody go home, but the cops are going to arrest these kids the minute they leave here, if they even have the colors on, whatnot. And I really like the idea. Listen, you, I don't want you to get killed. And he really stresses that he is responsible I'm for so everything like- that happened. I know that it is. I'm responsible because I was the first. I set yeah. the precedent. I did. It seems really to go beyond that to me in this issue. It really does because he just keeps stressing it. I'm telling you, when he says it again, uh, I think he even— He says it throughout this book, doesn't and he? And it just—it just, really seems like he's, like, winking at us that he might be involved. I, I know we had talked about this, about him maybe being the uh, in the nest. The nest, and, and yeah. The, yeah. I don't think he is. I think, he, I think he's part of it. I think that if Alfred is in fact doing it and it is Alfred, and it's not something crazy. Um, I think that Dick was involved in at least setting it up or figuring it out. I think right. we'll find that out because he just, he stresses it too much. Uh, but yeah, I, he, I'm sorry. I love the fact that he said, I, I'm going to train you because you're my responsibility since I yeah. did this because it is the perfect intermediary to like, uh, you know, uh, Tim wanted to go and just figure things out. Jason wanted to go and help them. Damien just wanted to go home. You know what? We're going to call him Dick. We're going to train these fuckos. Yeah, yeah. And he's there. And I love even, it's, again, the way Tom King writes and the way that they do it with uh, Michael Yen is it's very cinematic. You can almost picture this as a movie. And I'm telling oh, yeah. you, when they're doing it, I'm like getting into it. And then he's like, welcome to Robin School. I'm like, God <laughs> damn, yeah, I want to be in Robin School. I was so excited. And then it even continues then because you get a lot of montages. Like I said, they're all training montages. And I like the fact that they throw in that, uh, you know, what, what Bruce said made a yeah. Robin to each other. Yeah, like each and, Robin goes and says, well, Batman told me personally what makes a Robin yeah. with one word. And they all had a different one. That was yeah. great. And I like that. And I, uh, do you get the idea that Batman told him that because it Those were their strengths, him? yes. Or like the confidence one of J- And I, I like that, that it's like one of those things where you, you almost, you get this roundabout way of you're thinking of uh, Bruce there, uh, Batman, sitting there and there's there's Tim. And he's like, okay, he's not a real great fighter, but uh, what? You know what's Robin? Investigation. And Tim's yeah. like, yeah, that's me. I'm and an I detective. Re- I really like that. Until Only you problem? Until you get to Damien. <laughs> exactly. And Damien. Well, and I'll get to that. Freaking. Basically, Tim is uh, doing the uh, the blinded fighting. Yeah. Deal, and it's All freaking uh, blood sport about yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's blood sport. It's at blood sport. It's even Star Wars. With it's the flash shield down, yeah. I can't see anything. But yeah, uh, and of course there's Dre. Dre's the one who who can do that. Uh, then you get Red Hood, which again, in Eternal even, but in the uh, I love Jason. So and, do I. And this new like push with him, I have grown to really like him a lot. And, and like I always say, if he doesn't end up on a goddamn painting at Wayne Manor, I'm going to kill someone. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because I'm telling you, he is second on my list, and he always was. He he's really bridging the gap between him and Dick. He really is. I'm well, really enjoying. I it. was always a Tim fanboy growing up, but now after the New Fifty Two and how they've kind of ruined Tim a bit, yeah. Jason is my favorite Robin. Yeah, and that's weird because the way I'm saying that they're really pushing Jason up, they're giving him the push. They are ruining Tim. Tim yes. is really just a jerk. And uh, so then you get Jason, or not Jason, uh, yeah, Jason. They're on a rooftop, and it's like, he's like, hey, I know I'm not supposed to be up there already. It's great. And, yeah, and again, breaking the rules. Here's what I like. This is what I'm telling you, and this is why I get so angry in Eternal a lot of times uh, recently. You don't need 
to force the issue. Let the let what Jason does kind of do it. It's a it's funny as it is. You Show don't me, have, don't tell me. Yeah, you, uh, yeah. You don't have to like really put. I'm the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> I I want to die. Like the one time that in Eternal when they were like, we're gonna get killed. Who cares? I was already there. Yeah, we don't I already need, punched that guess. ticket. And it's like, fuck you. Here, he's just like, hey, I'm not supposed to take you up here, but eh, whatever. I, I don't like the tunnels. We're here. And basically, hey, you know what? There's mob mobsters over there. They're playing cards. And uh, yeah, they'll kill you. Uh, so instead, just take their tires or take a wheel. Yeah. And the first person up with a wheel. And I was thinking, like, I don't know. I, I, mobsters kind of, you know, I don't know if I would send these kids. I think the mobsters would be around. Somebody would inform them. He's killing anyway. But they go down. It's awesome. Da- it's Dax comes up and he's got hey you didn't say a steering wheel or a, or a tire and i thought you know what that's awesome and this was the one where you get the idea like boy these two are made for each other exactly that, the exact thing and uh so then you move on and he says you know what you you'll like this batman said the one word that describes a robin is confidence and, and it even works so much so well too because this is how Batman found Jason, stealing the tires off yeah, the goddamn Batmobile. So, like, so he again, goes back to the original thing where he became a Robin. And I'll tell you, in this issue, there's a couple of these things where um, it even it has a lot of shout-outs to things. Uh, not not shark rep- not that yeah, exactly. stuff. This is like something where I didn't even get that. Like, you got that with the tire and stuff yeah. like that. It's awesome. that it, And it's one of those where it's not in your face. It's very subtle. It's like, yes. He knows the characters, but he's not, he do, he's not out to prove to you that he does. He's telling a story, but yes, you can pick that up. I didn't even pick that up. It's awesome. I still enjoyed it. You said that. Oh, I loved it. Uh, then you get Damon. Damon's just beating the shit out of people. That's and he is up, going right? to town. I mean, he is beating the crowd. And there's the fat kid again. He's getting the shit kicked out. Poor <laughs> fat kid. He gets stuck with Damon. And I'm telling you, they're drawing straws to see which person they go with. You get Damien, you're done. And he's beating the shit out of people. And I really like this, too, because he's doing his whole thing. Yeah, Batman told me there's one word that captures the essence of being robbing. <laughs> Suffering. And he's doing this as he's walking away like a badass. Yeah. And then freaking Izzy gets up and he's like, hey, you got to, you know, that's all you got, toddler wonder. And it's a bad line. It's not very yeah, good. The, but I really liked it. I'm that telling you, like, I loved it because the, the way she passed the test is she got back up. That's what I'm saying. Damien was done. He was yeah. heading off. And she got back up, and he even even with the art there, it's like he turns around mid-word and like, what the fuck? Uh, now, I also uh, mentioned that in this whole time, the way they do the panel layouts is so good that there is uh, the training goes around the outside, and in the middle, it's the original Robins, the, the brothers per se, talking with each other about these kids, and then eventually Batman himself and about like what he did, and I really like that. And it's... Even like the little bit that you get, you get like Damien is just sitting there giving people dirty looks half the time. <laughs> and they're, you know, Dick's, and they really kind of fall into their roles a little where, yeah, Dick's there. He's the big brother. He's the guy trying to take over for Batman. And I think that that obviously leads into what happens in this issue because I think that what happens uh, to me is not what Dick would ever do. This is not a Dick Grayson plan. He is definitely at this point thinking, what would Batman do? And it, it shows they need a Batman. They need yeah. Batman there. Without that Batman guidance, even a great guy like uh, Dick uh, Grayson, 
uh, comes up with a screwed up plan because he doesn't know what else to do. And I'm looking. He at has the to get these Robins yeah. off the street. And I'm looking at this part because I'm going through that part. And even the part with Red Hood, when the guys jump off the building, it it is that cover from We Are Robin. That We Are Robin number one, where they're right. all. Jo- it's so good. There's so many little things in this. But yeah, uh, then it moves to uh, Dick fighting Duke. They're doing a little one-on-one. He says, you know, I'm going to meet with people. Uh, he knows who he's meeting <laughs> with. So he's going to do this. And I'm te- the weird thing, this is the only part that I didn't really love. I don't know why. It seemed a little forced. Father's way as well. Yeah. It, I'm glad that I, we finally agree on something. Because, yeah, everything <laughs> else. We're agreeing this so, whole book. Yeah, what are you every, about? Everything else seems so natural. And this seemed just, it seemed too convenient and forced the way they do it. And then, again, it leads from Batman. Like, Duke Thomas is now moved up to the second smartest motherfucker in the DCU. He's figuring out everything. And the way that he figures this out, unlike the Batman thing, I really like the Batman thing because how he figured it out in Batman, that Bruce was Batman, was a personal thing. Exactly. He has a memory of it. He yes, has a personal he, connection to he, Batman. That, and he was watching him. They're at the rec center. He sees what he's yeah. doing. Like, hey, you're you're this rec center guy. And yes, I, he knows that he was a former, you know, millionaire, whatever. Millionaire, yeah. Yeah. And but he he noticed that he was doing too much. Like you're too good. This though is everything that he figures out that it's Dick is public knowledge, and it's too easy. T- too many people would know that Dick Grayson was the first Robin. Now where again, are them hypnos at? Yeah, yeah. And again, and maybe you could. I'd explain it that he wants to put full trust in these kids and stuff like that i don't but yeah the hypnos are are nowhere to be found uh but yeah you you don't think that lex luther i think somebody even commented on the site maybe that lex luther isn't sitting around and like figured this out already this, <laughs> this kid and god you know everybody who's seen no this, lex did because he knows that fucking batman is bruce wayne yeah um the thing that i will ask you though is at this point does it really matter no, not at all. You know that Dick Grayson was the first Robin. I mean, at this point, most people still think he's dead anyway. But uh, it I'm just... Saying, we, we almost have Duke at this part becoming freaking um, Harper Rowe, where she is, like, Duke is almost the co- combination of the best qualities of all these Robins already. Like, yeah. he's got the detective skills. He figured out who Batman was in, yeah. the, in Batman. Now he figured out who uh, Dick Grayson was. And not only that, he beats Dick Grayson. Yeah, that's, I'm telling you, I was just going to say. It ends with him pretty much beating up dick he hits him with the nunchucks and uh nunchakos yeah um that shouldn't have happened at at some point dick should have uh freaking kind of goaded him into an attack and then stopped it and then said you know what but realized that he's really good but for him to actually do that uh, so we have not seen duke train at all and we are robin yeah it, it seemed off uh but up until this point you're like okay you know, yeah, that's a little forced, but boy, this is great, and they're going to train, and then they're going to, you know, I never thought they were going to fight the police, but they're going to, like, they're going to train, and at some point, the Court of the Owls, again, you know, you're going to have this big battle, or and then it all fucking gets turned upside down <laughs> to a point where I'm like, God damn it, my favorite character is a rat. Because <laughs> He's they, a dick. Yeah, you, know, you don't know it right away, but yeah, you, you see Gordon, and it, it ties in with the whole thing where... Uh, Dick's even saying uh, subtlety. Was the bat subtle? Is that what he was going for? And he mentions that basically how Bruce had set it up, that any criminal would see Batman, would shit his pants before anything happens, and it would get done. But it's just a line so that it can repeat. 
Um, because the, but the same thing happens in here. There's a purse snatcher. He runs, runs into Gordon, uh, Robo Batsuit, uh, Batman, and then just hands him the the freaking thing. But in the meantime, I'm sorry. Yeah, in the meantime, though, he's listening exactly to what's happening. It's bugged. The, yes. The, he's listening. I told you yesterday when we were talking to all the guys last night. Um, Get fresh crew. Yeah, when we were talking to Get Fresh Crew, I said I felt like such a moron because <laughs> it's only. The conversation that the Robins themselves, you know, well, Tim. The worst gonna... part of that conversation was that you were so innocuous with it, and I haven't read it yet. So I'm reading this book thinking there's this big screwed up thing. No. And then I felt like a dummy because I was like, I had no idea what was going yeah, on. Because I thought thinking, I didn't expect that. I'm thinking, which Robin was exactly. it? It was one of those kids, and God damn it, I'm trying to think which one looked weird. And he was doing <laughs> the this. fat kid. Probably, no, the, the kid with the Batman outfit. He's in the wrong party. <laughs> he showed up. He's wired. And then I'm like, you fucking dummy. It's, yeah. it's them. They're eating dinner together or a meal, and they're talking. That's what Dick was saying that he keeps listening to or hears it. And you, they're like, oh, no, they got an inside thing. And, again, we're going to talk in detective. It throw, threw me off because once it's revealed, basically Dick has set them up. He sends them all out. He sends the Yeah, he sends the Robins out uh, with their counterparts that they trained who kind of won the battles. The best and, of the best. Yes, the best of the best. And, again— I liked it, too, because, again, it did throw Tim back in the hole. You know, Dre and Red Robin are breaking the servers of the GCPD, find out some shit. Dax and Red Robin, they, they get the worst, I think. They're just there to cause shit. <laughs> and do you see what they do? Yeah. They jump off a building onto a police car and just <laughs> smash the shit out of it. But basically, they want to see what they what weapons they're going to use. And I really like that. I yeah. never would think of something like that where... Okay, we're going to do a controlled deal where we want to see if they're going to use bazookas against us. Are they going to use guns? Are they going to use stun guns? Whatever. But that's what you guys are going to do. And then he sends Isabella and uh, um, Robin out to take out Batman. Yep. And again, if you're, when I was reading this, I thought to myself, it seems off. That doesn't seem like they're going to be able to do it. Little Whatever, Damien took him out in the last I issue. I know, but it just seemed weird War. for him to want to do that. And say, I, I don't know. But in the meantime, uh, uh, Dick and Duke are going to hang out. They're hanging out on a fucking gargoyle, of course, on the building. And they're going to hang out. And if anybody Call needs back to help, a classic cover. Yeah, if anybody needs help, they're going to go. And they're talking, and they're talking a little. I really like the dialogue between them. I like that Dick calls the uh, Robins the originals. Yes. And actually, I think uh, actually I think Duke actually spells it out first, and then uh, Dick goes with it. But I like that you, you get here where usually you would get this dialogue with, like, uh, Duke says, I'm not a great fan of sitting and waiting. And you would think that normally Dick, in a, oh, yeah. in a normal generic comic, he'd go, you know what? Part of the game is that. In Eternal, he says that to, to Harper. It's not all punching <laughs> dinosaurs and, you know, jumping off buildings. Here... Tom King nails it, and he's like, yeah, I don't like it either. And then they start talking. It's like, you know, I thought you'd give me a lecture and whatever. And he's like, you know, uh, uh, Dick says to Tim, you want to you want to listen to a lecture and all that? You think only the originals understand how to be a Robin? And then Duke says no, and Tim's like, or Dick goes, yeah, me neither. And I thought that was really good. It's like, holy shit, you know, he really does mean that these kids are good enough to be Robins, at least the ones they pick there. Yes. And then you find not out. Not the ginger or the fat no, kid. No, no, no. Not the ginger or the fat kid. And uh, that crazy one, the war paint. So they go in and each one's uh, there and they're going to do these things. And, and Tim, it starts off with Tim. He's so, no, fuck that. Tim's got it the worst. Tim seems cocky, though. Yeah. He seems so cocky. It's all a setup. They all get arrested and they don't know what's going on. 
And then even, and again, you get the thing with Jason. They get arrested, and he's like, man, when I get out of this, shit's going to go down. I'm going <laughs> to punch somebody in the fucking ass, yeah, right? The crowbar. He goes, I'm going to hit somebody in the face with a crowbar. And freaking Dax is just as good. He's like, when we get out of this, awesome, man. Oh, you're my I, hero. He goes, dude, I want you to know whatever happens, you're my hero. And he's a kid. I love that I'm so much. everyone's hero. <laughs> and I thought, dude, it's so good. But yeah, they've been talking about up. Tim being cocky. Come on. I, it's so good, though. And that I like that. So do yeah, I. I'm just saying Tim's in there and he's like, they're breaking in to, to do this big hacking. And he's like, wants to know if freaking uh, Dre likes the piano. He's not even worried. And then he's like, hey, you know, small talk. Tim's awkward. Should, should we do this small talk? Hey, I looked at everything. They're, you know, there's always room for small talk. And they get arrested. They turned a corner and there's guns pointing at yeah, him. It's so good. They've been set up. Then you see all those, uh, the Robin kids getting arrested. I see the ginger. Batman pulls a RoboCop and smashes through yeah. a fucking brick wall yeah, to get yeah. Damien and Izzy. You get Damien and Izzy. There's the ginger and that crazy eyed girl. They're, they're getting arrested. And then we have another shout out to uh, Batman number nine of the first Batman uh, volume one, number nine, the, the classic cover where Batman and Robin have the, uh, Love it. the freaking spotlight on them. And again, it's good. It's great. It looks great. It's not in your face. It makes sense in the issue. It's not forced in. And I love it. And basically, Dick says, yep, we were. I, I turned everyone in. And Duke's pissed off. What? He's like, listen, everybody has to be safe. i got to figure shit out. I don't know what's going on now. The safest place for these Robins and these kids, especially the ones who aren't as good, yeah. is in jail. That's where they were going anyway. And half of them were going to get killed. So let's put them in jail. And what we're going to do is you're going to get arrested too there, dude. And dude, what? No, not with this leather jacket. You don't know how they treat pretty people like me in jail. <laughs> Especially if I get in there with Jason. That guy's crazy. But he says, listen, you have to be, you're my go-to guy. You're part of this. You're, like he says, I'm sending my best men in. And he's like stresses that he's one of them. And uh, he wants them to go in. And like you're going to be the one who's going to tell the Robins the plan. I knew, they wouldn't understand if I told them at first. So you're the one to tell them. You're the, plan. the leader. Tell these guys to hang loose, and we're going to break out. Uh, you're going to do it. And remember, that's the thing. The thing that Batman told me about being a Robin is it's all about family. And I thought that was awesome. And then he just jumps off the fuck. He's a badass. He jumps <laughs> off the fucking thing. And as he's jumping off there, you see a, an owl there on one of the architecture things, like they, they said even in Eternal and all that. and uh, Or the Court of the Owls, I mean. And uh, there's a there's a uh, freaking what's it called? Court of the Court Owl guy, and basically yeah. says, "Yep, take care of your family, Nightwing, and we'll take care of you." And it's like, "Fuck, this fucking book is awesome." Yeah. And again, like I said, it's such a good combo of a great Grayson issue as well as a great issue of this Rob Moore that has me so fucking excited going forward to keep this story going. <laughs> I was so excited until we got to Detective. Yeah, and we're gonna go to Detective because I got a lot of issues with Detective after this issue and i i wish that they would have put detective out next week so i wouldn't have been i i read them right in a row and i was like you motherfuckers what the so did fuck I. are you doing from the fucking first page but i don't want us to talk about that just yet because i'll tell you the art in this is awesome i'll give you a little hint i've already decided that uh, michael yannon is my artist of the year for 2015 i'm telling you this might be his best issue it is so good. There's so yeah, many moments amazing. in this that just look great. And Tom King, I'm telling you, I hope that DC ties him down to something. I hope that if they do end up using uh, this and the Grayson book itself, where he's going against Spiral and all that, 
to get it back to Nightwing. Not sure why they would. It's selling well. Maybe they think it could so sell better. Yeah, it, I, yeah. But in the in the mix of things, that it's one of the better sellers, even though it's like thirty four around right. that deal. But unfortunately, that's one of the better sellers. Um, if they do go back to it being Nightwing, I hope that Tom King follows. I hope it's not one of those where we're going to switch up the deal and switch him out because boy. He gets the character so well. He gets and, all the characters. Yeah, I was so gonna well. say he gets them all well. If this is like this issue, actually, I didn't even think of it. This issue is the Robbins book that we were begging for. Yeah, and it really is. That everybody gets and everybody has their own uniqueness to them, and and it matches. It, it fits. I feel right. It all feels right. Uh, I gave it a nine five. I went nuts. Reggie called me on it, said he loved it, but he wouldn't have given it a nine five. But I, so, I'm I give it a nine. Yeah, it's one of my favorite issues in a, in a while, probably since Grayson number twelve. But now we're gonna move on to Detective Comics number forty seven, Eric, which is actually uh, since Grayson was part two of the Robin War. This is part three, Eric. This part is not three. just a tie-in. This is an official part wow, three. Wow, is he tie-ins? Yeah, this is a part three whew, written by Ray Falk, <laughs> art by Steve Pugh, Chris Pugh. Sotomayor, and Wes Abbott. Here we go, Eric. Maybe it's because I came immediately on the heels of Grayson, but I really didn't like this. <laughs> Nothing happens to move the story along at all, and what we got felt really off. Whether it was the confusing interactions with Grayson and Jim Gordon or Damien's doubt of an escape plan, this issue really can be skipped, and Rob Moore followers would miss just about nothing. The whole issue just treads water to get to the cliffhanger. The Court of the Owls is involved, Eric. Ooh. Holy moly, who knew? That's what I wrote. And uh, nice. I'll tell you, I know you're going to call me out because I was yelling all week that I didn't understand what happened with Damien. I, I realize now after reading it for the fifth time. Yeah. When he throws that goddamn I got ring. it. Yeah. I, I, you know why? We'll get to it a little later, but I do. How would I know that that gun shoots fucking foam? I don't know what goes on in prisons. But I'm telling you, I have this little, I have my feelings of this issue here. I have written down. Uh, I, first off, I don't know why Peter Tomasi wasn't writing it. I have no idea. Um, also, I, I, Not I, only I, that, I don't know why they got Ray Fox um, to write yeah, it. I, I don't either. And I don't know why. Uh, Peter Tomasi's current run of Detective, which was supposed to be six issues, had to be nailed down to two or three. Was it two or three? Two. Two issues to get to this because it, all you have to do, all you do is get Jim Gordon and Gotham and you're fine. He could have easily been with the Justice League in that story. Not even that. You said, don't even have to say it. We could have just separated here and had this yeah, put in place like that Grayson's yeah. doing. And I, yeah, I wouldn't have been that crazy. I'm telling you, if you really wanted to, at the end of an issue where they get some things done, and he's like, beep, beep, Gordon, we need you in Gotham. For, oh, my God. Hey, guys, I got to cut out. There's this Rob Moore going down. I'll be right back. And uh, I wouldn't even cared there. Uh, yeah. yeah, as long as you write a good issue and get it done, I really wish Peter Tomasi was on this because I think he would have done a better job and maybe just about anybody else because it, this one really felt like one of these uh, on-the-fringes tie-ins because really not uh, – after Grayson, I'm saying, we love the issue. But also, major shit goes down. I mean, you go from the, that going to all the Robins being arrested. That is a huge deal. This Detective Comics, nothing happens. Nothing happens well, I'll except say, we... they, uh, Dick Grayson knows that uh, Jim Gordon is Batman and says that he already pretty much figured that out. 
No, the thing that really like that makes this like you know mean something to a degree is that they have devised this whole other prison system for these robins, what they call the cage. Yeah, I I didn't even you know why I I thought that that was thrown in, so that you can see them all. If they had individual cells, you couldn't have Red Robin yell to Dick, you know, or uh, you know yeah. Tim yell to Jason to yell to Dax to get. This is only a setup so that you can have them talk to each other. If well, they even, were in a cell, it's not visually satisfying to have each cell shown. It's that you can see. Like I'm looking at the big thing with the cage, yeah. and I see Duke, I see Damien, I see Red Hood, I see Tim, I see Dax, and that's all it is. And they, I, to me, I thought that was so ridiculously spelled out that they're like, do you think this is, uh, you think this is overkill? I don't know. You know, Renee Montoya, she called this the cage and it's stuck. Stuck. Yeah. Really? I'm saying, the, the reason this, uh, like has to be this way in my mind, besides for that whole, you know, they need to talk to one another get, is that we have to separate them from the normal, like criminals, the GCPD yeah. because of the freaking court of the owls involvement. Yeah. And this is all set up by Councilwoman Noctura. And again, you look, and in the one corner, there's a big owl in the in the cage. There's a I said, I didn't even say. Yeah, there's actually there's a couple. They're all over. It's like architecture there. And uh, I don't know. I like I said the and it's it's a cool visual. It's kind and of cool. I, done. I that, really don't like it, but this the only reason it's here is because the court of the owls has to interact with the robins. Yeah, and like yeah. I said, I think that you can't have like uh, Damien and 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 Jason are further apart and. I don't know. You, you can't tell me. I guess that the explanation of why they're still in their outfits would be that there's so many of them and they just had there's to like, get them in what, here. There's no processing going on no, at all. None at all. And you, you get some kids and you throw them in a cage. And I'm, I swear to God, even though Jim Gordon tries to contact Councilwoman Noctura and there's like, you know, the, him and Block are talking. Yeah, this doesn't seem right. Why isn't there a bigger stink going on about this? Yeah. They're just taking kids off the street and throwing them in a cell. And I guess they tried to set that Hanging them from the goddamn ceiling. Yeah, everybody's so against these Robins and they killed a cop that they'll go with it. Fucking bullshit. But, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of forced things in this issue. And one of the weirdest to me was where Bullock, he, he's Jones and he wants a, he wants a cigar. <laughs> and he spells it out so much. And they spell it out and everything that... that hazardous freaking flammable materials that flammable i'm like shit's gonna go real this is gonna <laughs> be great and all it is is to set up where damien has a batarang in his mask he takes his mask off pulls it out it's like a remote control thing i guess and he throws it it's gonna blow up one of these canisters and cause may- mayhem and it gets shot with a, a freaking foam gun nothing I'm like, really? We set this all up and went through this whole process of him getting this thing out, saying that he's a real... Nothing. Nothing. I'm saying they had this bit going on, but it doesn't jive with the rest of the book because they draw his mask differently until we get to that point where he has to pull something out of it. And that we see it has a nose piece. Everywhere else, it goes right above to the bridge of his nose. Yep, I see it now. It's just weird. Now, uh, the other deal, uh, why isn't Duke telling people the plan? They are bad mouthing Dick Grayson. Is this? I hope Dick was they, wrong about him. I hope they spell it out that like he thought it was too like people were lit. I, what would it be? He has not told anyone. They are all bad mouthing Dick Grayson, and he's like, "Hey, Grayson betrayed us. You, you're the Red Rob, and I'm Rob. You're, you know, it's so. Or you're the Red Hood. I'm Rob. We would never turn on our own. Why?" Did, and all of a sudden, all the Robins hate each other as well. Yeah, yeah. And Dick is in, or uh, Duke is in the cell with Damien right there. And <laughs> hey, hey, uh, I'm supposed to tell you guys that uh, this is the plan. We're gonna break out. He's figuring shit out. No, doesn't say anything. 
He said, and that, uh, basically, Damien insults the new run, and then he gets mad. I heard yeah. that. Yeah, I'm screaming right next to you, Duke. I know you're not, blo- you know, deaf. And then there, then you get so much you, for camaraderie. Then it's all Dax gone now. is pissed, and like you said, Tim hates Jason all of a sudden. Yeah, what I, happened to all that bro time they had in every other goddamn book? Well, I would think at this point, like you're arrested. Yes, it looks like Dick really screwed you over. Um, but in the meantime, I think this would be the point when, like, we got to stick together. At, yeah. At one point, it's like all set up so Duke can tell everybody to calm down. I don't even get that the other Robins are yelling anything or getting excited. To me, I think these other kids would be shitting their pants and thinking, "What the fuck did I show up here?" Uh, I don't know. But then you get the weirdest like thing is uh, Rico or Rico, where they're like, "Hey, I found Rico," and she's there, and then turns and's got a fucking black eye, and yep. then out of nowhere, Gordon and Bullock are like, "You didn't do that, did you?" And everything seems so conveniently in place. And then she explains, "No, I got an elbow. You know, I didn't want to wear that dopey uh, Gotham Academy uniform, so I kept my backpack there." Why are they letting her switch into her Robin clothes? Why would they no let idea. this? Why? I'm telling you, I told it's you. almost to the point where, like, I, I, we were talking about this earlier in the week. At the end of like Halloween Five, when they finally arrest Michael Myers, he's yeah. sitting in the cell with his fucking mask. Yeah, I'm like, what I is mean, this? It, it'd be like I'm getting arrested tonight, and I'm like, hey guys, I, I know I'm in. Um, you're arresting me. Uh, can you take these handcuffs off? I really want to rock my Eagles jersey. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's game. Please don't and, take the ski mask off yeah, either. Yeah. It's so weird, and then they elbow me. Yeah. I, I, it's just odd. And uh, while I said that, I can uh, you can explain to me if you were already dressed. They're just rounding them up and getting them in these things. They'll work out the details later. I don't think they'd let a girl with a backpack. I think the backpack's easily taken. Oh yeah, man. And they'd be like, and she'd like, you're not good. That's my ro- screw you. You're they Robin even, stuff. That's why you're arrested. They don't even let you put, have a backpack to go to the movie theater no. anymore. And she's like, oh, and I got that. That's why she she's arrested for being a Robin. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Olive freaking turned her in there. Turned her bitch. In. Yeah, she is. But I'm going on here. Yeah, there. I'm looking at. Yeah, all of a sudden he's got this nose thing and the, the dud of a plan there. Um, like you said, it, it's obviously that, uh, or it's obvious that Councilwoman uh, Noctura, she's involved. Gordon knows it now. Yeah. But. Goes, and once they find out with Grace, when they get together with yeah. Grace, and they're gonna we're gonna be Batman and Robin together and figure yeah. this out. Well, this is what is weird to me. They go in, he shows up, he yells to Dick. Dick's going for some. Uh, he's looking through some files, and he, uh, Gordon shows up. Hold it. And I don't. Uh, I know that he doesn't know it's Gordon. That he says later he suspects it. Yeah. But, but Dick throwing him through the the window and them guys just seemed off a little i think that dick himself especially because he sees i know it's the police and he doesn't know who this is but i i don't know he just attacks first and it seemed weird i'm gonna attack too i guess fucking robot batman yeah but it's not robot and that he's in the the oh you're right yeah it it even just looks just like batman in fact if hold it and it you're not batman or or something (laughs) or like like, Dave, like Damien did in the Robin War issue. And, yeah, and the, the other thing about this is at this point, uh, Jim knows, and it's one of those I hate, where Jim knows it's Dick. He sees him. Yeah. Why isn't Dick wearing the hypnos is another question altogether, because he's going to break into shit 
he would have the hypnos going. He'd be rocking those hypnos. You think he'd be wearing them the whole goddamn time? Yeah, but this where he's breaking. Yeah, Grayson's still supposed to be dead. But I hate where you have a long, prolonged scene where the person knows the other person, or the person knows, and just keeps yelling like, "Wait." Stop! Like we had it. I forget what issue was. It was Titans Hunt with Garth and fucking Stop! Yeah, it was exactly. Stop! You don't order me around. (laughs) But this is like all he has to do is say, "Dick, wait, it's me," and pull the thing. It's Jim Gore. Okay, it's the fight's over. Now he just yells, "Keeps stop! Wait, no!" And then they get there, and the the mask comes off. He sees it's uh, it's Jim, and they he stops then. And he's like, Jim Gordon, I, I figured it had to be you, but... Jim, you got to learn about a secret identity. Well, again, he's already... Yeah, really, he's showing everyone. <laughs> Another he's person. Like, Stop, he shows them. And uh, they go back to the, the that awful plan with Damien. It doesn't work. And yeah. then they're there. And then you get this weird thing with that where there's guards. And I told you this at work. There's guards there, and they keep going, hmm, they look like they're waiting for somebody. How do you get that from a guard? A guard's job is either you stand there or you kind of pace around, right? Honestly, this whole scene plays out to me like when like you watch a prison movie and the dude's taking a shower and all of a sudden the guard leaves and like, yeah. uh-oh, uh-oh, shit's uh-oh. about to go down. Shit's about to go down, but they're just, they just keep saying like, man, it looks like they're, they're ready. They're looking for someone. They're waiting for something. Yeah, they're waiting for their fucking lunch break. Seriously. They're waiting to go Where's to the relief? Home. That's all they're waiting for. The shift's almost over, guys. And you're looking again. Uh, to put more shit, you get the fucking red hood mask with the goddamn nose all of a sudden driving <laughs> me nuts. I uh, like the nose. I, I don't. But then uh, you go back, and the, the thing that gets me with this whole Gordon da- uh, Dick, they're they're talking. Dick kind of says to, to Jim, listen, I think something's wrong here. That It's too convenient. A police officer dies. This kid happens. And Gordon's like, no. You're bypassing the law. You got to let the police take care of this. And he's like, "Listen, no, I, I, I don't think so. I think something's wrong here. No, you're not listening to me. A vigilante kid, a cop, a confrontation go wrong. It was inevitable." And then there, then he, then Jim just changes and goes, "Huh? How many times was I gonna fight you? Hey, a lot. You know what? Something <laughs> is off." And I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> just happened? I'm telling you, he is a flip flopper. I, I, what happened there? I don't know what happened. He did. Dick just says, but look at how it all fell into place. Tell me it doesn't feel like a set. He's already said this three times, and Gordon's like, no, leave it to the police. No, we're going to figure it out. Now, again, you're going from Gordon saying, like, I don't know why they're arresting these kids. They're really starting to turn shit's bad. Why he would be so adamant about the police are going to take care of it? Because it looks obvious that the police are up to no good. But he just keeps saying. fucking threw a bunch of kids in fucking hanging cages. But he keeps demanding this. It's like, no, it was inevitable. (laughs) you know what? Something is off. And then Dick goes, yes, you're right. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what seems inevitable to me? What? The fact that we have not, like, for them to find the Travis's body, the kid that shot the cop, yeah. all bloody on the street because I have no idea how we're going to get from the Robins being in a cage all arrested to finding out that Travis is dead. Yeah, yeah. That I, would seem to be a big part of the Robin War, that yeah. when they killed that kid at the end, and yeah. we have not heard about it since. Unless the Talon took him then? 
but I, don't I know. think he was left there dead. He was in my mind. It was supposed to escalate escalate the situation, and we have not heard anything so of it I, since. I love it too because, like, I, I'm still looking at this when he says something is off, and he like <laughs> slams his fist in his hand, and then he's like, "Yeah, I know." I told yeah, so you chum. He goes, I swear I've been waiting for someone like you to give a voice to what my gut said. What? You were just arguing with him. Damn it. Like, this is so bad. I know that a lot of times in the Jim comes off as a fanboy almost in this. Oh, my God. And here's the other thing. This might just be me. I got the idea that Jim knew that Dick was feeding him the the whole thing. Uh, At least a little. He got him this bug and even says that he set it up. Yeah, I'm and, saying somebody did. I don't think yeah, he understood who, it though. It just seemed odd to me that that was the whole thing. And also, he in this, he knows that Dick was the reason. Like, Dick, definitely, he's the one not arrested. So yeah. he has to be the traitor. Well, and, uh, Jim's not that good of a detective. I guess he isn't, but yeah, I, I really isn't, because all of a sudden, Dick just says, you know what? Me and you used to fight a lot, too. You were, that is something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, but that whole that whole scene, nonsense. But then they're going to go, and then they jump off a building, and they're freaking flying in the sky together. And it looks like one of the old Nightwing uh, yeah. things that I I liked. But yeah, you end, and I, I said, pooey, pooey. <laughs> actually, that is the end, because then you get them running, and then out of nowhere, the Robins were right. They were waiting for someone, Eric. They were waiting for the Court of the Owls to show up. What a shocker. I didn't even know they were involved. Uh, the only problem is, is that it's a owl with a bunch of talent, and yes. it looks like he, they are ready to, to kick some ass and kill these guys. Uh, I don't. That could be their plan. Do you have any idea who that might be in the owl deal? I don't think we're supposed to know who these court yeah, are for the weird, most part. Though, but they really. Why would they like? They expose that red hair. And I really, I don't know. It's that Ginger's I, father I'm from really, Grayson issue. I actually thought it looked like with that hair and just the suit and the way he's like there, it looked like the guy in Eternal, Batman and Robin Eternal. That bought the guy him. who dead? Yeah, the guy who got killed. Uh, freaking Maxwell who got killed. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it's like. I'm saying for the most part, they're all herring. supposed to be like anonymous, like, you know, rich folk. A red herring. A red herring. Huh? What'd yeah, you give this? Uh, I gave this book a six out of ten. So yeah, I would. I'm saying I think I actually liked it more than you, but I still would have given it like a five to a yeah, five point five. I went up. Uh, I didn't actually. I the art wasn't awful to me. The, there were saying, some uh, discrepancies that kind of drove me nuts. The Batman and Dick Grayson stuff I liked. The yeah. rest I did not care for. All right. Well, we're gonna go to uh, the last bit of uh, Batman uh, or uh, Batman. a more tie-in okay. that we're talking about tonight, and that is. Red Hood, Arsenal number seven, written yes. by Scott Liddell with art by Javier Fernandez, Blonde, and Dave Sharpie. Or Sharp. Sharp. While this is only a Robin, ta- Robin War tie-in and the fact that Jason goes off to the Robin War, this still manages to not only give me my favorite background stories of Jason and Tim, but continues to explore Joker's daughter's addition to the Renna Bat team. Roy and JD go off to earn some loot by taking out some of the members of the Circus of Strange, where Joker's daughter goes a little crazy, and before Roy has a chance to commit her to Arkham for their, her own safety, the two are kidnapped by uh, by some Gotham Underground lava zombies. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that ending, but the rest of the book was enjoyable enough. Uh, it still throws me off when you say JD for Joker's daughter. I know that it just I it's I'm, gonna I'm, take I'm telling me a little you, I'm, time. I'm, Playing it out, see how it feels a bit, see if I like picks like yeah. uh, catches on. Just working this yeah. bit. Uh, I th- what's that? 
I said I didn't mind the uh, Roy and Joker's daughter stuff in this book, but the real treasure of this issue is the beginning, where Jason and Tim discuss being Robins, and we get this really cool thing where it's through both of their perspectives and dealing with like uh, Tim taking over for Jason. But didn't somebody on the site yell at you and said that this is awful and you you must not read a lot of uh, Tim and Jason? No, no. Everything he's going off of on the site was uh, pre-New 52 stuff. Yeah. And I'm going completely New 52. Yeah, I, I really liked, I loved the, the part with Jason and Tim. I also, I'm telling you, hate to say it, I like Joker's daughter. And it may be one of my least favorite characters ever. And in these two issues or whatnot, I've actually grown to like her a lot. And I like her a lot. And if you tell me that every time she kind of says she wants to be good, that she's just fucking insane. Right. And she doesn't even know or whatnot. But, like, she does. But she does, then I like her even more. I Because if not, it, it does. it's a little forced. Uh, but I really do like it. Uh, and I like the concept of her being in this uh the team, especially because Jason's the one who's giving her a chance. And yet, like he said to me uh, at some point, he sees that goddamn face. That's the last thing he saw. I know. It's so fucked up. And she just, that's her hero. And yet he's giving her a chance. Though I will tell you, I've had enough already. Fucking Scott Liddell, stop it. I don't need to hear the, I was angry once. I know where she, you know, I know where she's coming from. He says it all the time. We get it. I know. I'm saying that, that we just this is the second issue she's been in, and he it's, said it like three times now. I know. And actually, it, it, I think he said it. Uh, Roy has repeated it. Like I know that she, <laughs> and then I think Joker's daughter might have said it. It's like it. It just. I. I know. I get um, it. I was so concerned with the fact that Joker's daughter was in this. I was just looking at her because of how much we all, I think everybody hated the character right out of the gate. Yeah. And everything we, she's been in since just been terrible. And the hate has just been adding on and on. And again, they, they forced her so much because they even had two origin issues. They yeah. had a Villains Month and then another Joker's daughter number one to try to get it a little better. And, and nobody wanted and to I grab a hold of both. it. I yeah, hated both. as well. And the thing is, somebody put up on the site how... He liked it because it reminded him so much of Scarlet, who was the Red Hood sidekick pre-New 52. And it never dawned on me until he said it. I'm like, he is exactly right. I was, I'm telling you, I was so concerned with it being Joker's daughter. I never looked beyond that. Wow. That, and I, I have no I went, ties I, to that. I went back to the book and I'm looking through I'm like, she even looks like Scarlet. Right. She has some of the same mannerisms and mm-hmm. shit like that. I'm like, you know what? He's just trying to pull Scarlet out without actually having Scarlet. I was like, we have this Joker's daughter character. Everybody hates it. I'm going to bring her over here to see how she works out. More like Scarlet. Yeah. Because people seem to like Scarlet. I wasn't a huge fan back then because I didn't like the red, old Red Hood. Yeah. But that's really cool to me. Well, and, and again, the uh, Joker's daughter is uh, it has like nine lives in, in, the, in this whole <laughs> deal. And it seems like this is the final. Again, this also came out of when she was in Suicide Squad, I think, right. the last time. I didn't mind her that much, and they played her off of Harley. And I didn't mind her as much in that. It kind of maybe loosened me up to it. This I like, and it, it does make sense. And I'll tell you a little thing before we get into Tim and Jason stuff, because that was the best part. Um, I, I hate editor's notes. I like the editor's note at the beginning. I wish some of these others would have had this, where it has this special Robin War tie-in issue takes place during the events of Robin War number one. I, I appreciate that. So do I. Uh, it makes sense to me. I, I don't have any questions now. I know exactly when it happened. Jason's just out of the book because he's going to go do other things. We have this book going on now. It's just Roy and freaking uh, JD. Yeah. Yep. 
And that's when you get Jason and uh, Red Robin. They are talking together. And it's kind of, again, they're talking about the Robin war starting and the situation's going. And it naturally, to me, seems natural that they even say, like, oh, man, you know what? Uh, things They're not making it easy on themselves. Oh, you know, every kid wearing an R. And, uh, you know, these Robin wars are s But then it gets to them talking about their time as Robins. And they, of any of them, have, to me, set up against each other. Because Jason was Robin, obviously. And he and, was the number two Robin. And he was number two, so he always felt inadequate. And, it, God damn it, p- people voted to kill him, Eric. Seriously. He, he knows this. I don't care what you say. He knows it. That's but, like even in Eternal when uh, Tim says, now I know why you're the least favorite Robin. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, Yeah, really. And um, where, where I like it, too, is it goes beyond like a lot of things. And the, this guy who comment on the site. Of course, he comes in as anonymous. He comes in the, the shadows of the dark. <laughs> he comes in, but you get the idea, like me. I did not read the old Jason. I didn't read those. Uh, maybe I'll get to it eventually, but I'm a lazy fellow. I never but, liked But from what I... I hated his costume. That, well, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, the whole concept of the story. He got killed. Got killed by the Joker. Yeah. And then he came back to Gotham. He went in the, the Lazarus pit. He was crazy. Uh, didn't he do the nasty with Talia? Isn't that pretty? Wasn't he? Or like I think that's part of the new fucking uh, comedy. Well, in my mind, this is how it went. But when he came back to Gotham, what I've always been told and what I've read and whatnot is that when he came back, he was very angry because Batman didn't take care of Joker then. He Joker killed him, but yet he and also he had a new Robin. But that's the thing in this that really stressed to me. That was like a new stressed wrinkle to me. Not, right, okay. not knowing a lot of that from what I've heard, it was all just he was mad at Batman because he did not kill the Joker or whatever. And yes, he got a new Robin. I never and this really like, OK, that that gets me up to speed on that. And really, I like that. I like the fact that he showed up and there's this fucking Robin. You know, I was dead. I'm back now and I can't even get my old job back. And it's like one of those things in sports where you're not supposed to lose your job to injury. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if death is really injury. But and he even says in this and he's the worst like, injury. Yeah, and he see yeah, and he sees it and at least and he's like, and you were better. I saw you and you were doing things so good and so much better than I think I could. That how could I replace you? And then Tim turns around and is like, you think that it was easy for me? And then says, you know, how hard is it to go where I had to follow the one Robin who died, the yeah. biggest failure, and there I am. And he says, that's I why I became Red Robin. Yeah, I'm Red Robin because of that, because I could not take that from you. And he's like, really? That's why you did it? And I'm telling you, I don't care what the fuck Anonymous says. I loved it. And it, it so made me, it made and me like both simple, characters. And it's very simple, the way it is. And it also points out that I don't know what the fuck's going on within these books, because I don't know why they hate each other sometimes. They don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, let, look, detective, they're fucking, they're at each other's throats. But here, it's like one of those, and they even give each other a fist bump there. Oh, yeah, it all ends with a fist and bump, I mean, which I actually enjoy. And how can you go against a fist bump? And I, I, to me, uh, definitely, Jason instigated that fist bump, right? Definitely. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, hey, we're just two big steam buckets of awesome, huh? And then Tim goes, I'm awesome. <laughs> Buddy, <laughs> you are the worst at small talk. You're terrible. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, you're gonna be, always be the red sheep of the family, and, and uh, you know, and you always be the clan kiss ass." And it's one of those like, boy, I I never get the idea that they're very close, and this really made it seem that way. Like, you know what? 
shit, they, they got shit out. They're hugging shit out, Eric. I say people, out, bitch. people might be upset that it's the same stories over and over again type of shit, always being brought up. Yeah. I, I like this the best. And it, was, it was very short, and it was right to the point. Yeah. It brought up things that I never thought about, and like you know, Ch- Jason not realizing why Tim became Red Robin yep. because of him. I loved it. Yeah. And as soon as we're done that, though, the story just becomes a regular Red, like Red Hood Arsenal book but with does, Roy but and uh, J.D. I'll tell you that I don't mind it because that continues here where you had Roy who wanted no parts of Joker's daughter. And now, now he's they're, stuck with they're her. going at it. He's stuck with her. He starts to, not that he likes her, he starts to even say, like, you know what? Maybe Jay Bird was right. Maybe you know he's thinking to himself like maybe she's not so bad. Maybe we can we can make things work. And I like their I like their dynamic. I like their back and forth with each other. It's just uh, a little off to me. Obviously, I I still like it, but I like the whole thing is she's just hanging back and he just keeps using dog quips to fucking you know like <laughs> reference her and shit yeah. like that. I, I was like, that's mean, Roy. That's fucking yeah, mean. Like I said, he's not fully in yet, but I, I do like it. Uh, and I like the idea that it's kind of a, a good deal, a good thing that she showed up because Jason's not around. So I like the, the combo. I like the duo uh, dynamic. And you get that because she's there. Uh, but then they go into the circus of what yeah, is it? Circus Ro- of the Strange. No, no. I'm saying Roy gets a call because some kids that are like uh, some orphans that are working in a circus are being abducted. So they have to make their way to the circus. And Professor Pig, Circus of the Strange, three of the yep. freaking members are there k- taking these kids. And the weird part is, I, w- I hope this continues because it, they kind of reference in this that they're not working for Professor Pig here. They're working for somebody else, it seems like. Yeah, and you would think that I don't know why the uh, Court of the Owls would get involved, but it really. It really, if you were doing the whole deal where Nightwing worked at, you know, his circus and they were tagging yeah. him as a, he was the deal, he became an orphan. And that, I See, I never, that. Even I, made, I never even made the Court of the Owl reference in my yeah. head. I, I, I just, I just, I just thought it was on very odd that continues. there's orphans and they're at a circus yes. and they're grabbing them. But again, it, I'm sure it's not. I don't think it's going to get that deep with that. But it's good. And I, I like the, I think that the, the, Crazy circus guys are pretty cool. Phosphorus, Rex, Big Top, and Cyan. I like Big Top. Big Top's a sexy woman, right? Yes, big old bearded fat lady, sexy Sexy lady. Sexy woman. And freaking Joker's daughter almost kills her. Yeah. Yeah, and again, and maybe would have, but Roy stuns her. No, see, that's the the biggest problem I have with this book because we're like, I'm looking at panel to panel. Roy's telling her to put down the gun. Yeah. Because she's about to fucking shoot her. She yeah. moves the gun away, and Roy's hand never leaves his arrow. Yeah. And then the next scene, she's knocked out and, yeah. like, you know, taped to him on his fucking motorcycle. And he talks about how he had to tase her to make it so she didn't kill. I'm like, that's bullshit. I just saw her fucking move the gun away, and your hand never left that goddamn arrow. Yeah. I have no idea how the progression of this went. I feel like I missed a page. And that's um, my biggest problem with this book. But then they, you get to the point, this is what I was talking about, where uh, Roy's talking. is like, man, she's just, you know, she's a psychopath. She's not on her meds or whatever. And then at the end, he's like, like the robin's fluttering across the city night. She's just a kid. And I, I like that. I, I like know, the he's, fact he's, that he's right outside of Arkham. He's about to fucking commit man, her ass. I just like that he, but again, because I think that he's even saying that, though, that she needs help. Oh, she yeah. She's a lunatic. And, um. Yeah, I and don't a lot know. of monsters. Yeah. All right. I did not read a lot of the Gotham Underground stuff. Where are there lava it monsters? It seemed that that's the weird thing. There was a uh, Doctor Phosphorus and that whole thing yes. of Tinder, Tinder box, yeah. and that crazy thing that it, when I saw this, 
it, it kind of made sense. I don't okay. remember them being anything like this, but that whole thing with that whole uh, realm down there with, with, like I said, Tinderbox, who right. uh, at that point teamed up, I believe, with Joker's daughter. Uh, and uh, okay. there was some that crazy That was Catwoman stuff. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, okay. and maybe it wasn't. Maybe she just teamed up with – I can't remember. It's so long ago. Um, there was two different instances of the Gotham Underground. We had it in Catwoman, and we had it somewhere else. I can't remember where yeah, else, but yeah. I like I don't think I read any of it. Like, the were, Catwoman were, were, was batshit crazy. What's that? I was like, was there well, a lot of monsters? Well, here's the thing. The, the, the Anosenti uh, Catwoman Underground uh, was so crazy that when I saw these guys, I'm like, yeah, they're they're probably from that. It was so <laughs> nuts. So. But, yeah, I don't even know that it even mattered. It, it might just be something that was thrown in now just because it's another one of those where you have, uh, you know, uh, the what does she call it? Did she call it the underground before? What is? Yeah. Uh, I thought she had some crazy name for it, like a catchphrase. But, yeah, she knows all about that stuff. She sees them and like, oh, God, and then they just take them. I yeah, they just get they, sucked into the ground somehow. They seem to grab them, and I don't know. They do look like lava things. I don't know how they grab them, but yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, too, at the end of this book, after they're taken, Jason shows back up. Huh, wonder what happened here. Yeah, I'm exactly. like, this can't be good. Did, did you already get out of the freaking Detective Comics jail? What are you doing yeah, here? Yeah, I don't know what's Is this on. in between, like, you know, where you look, like Robin still, War yeah, and before Grayson? Yeah, I think still right before Grayson. I think okay. they're still, he said bye to Tim. He went to go check on them. I don't know how that continues in a long-term thing where you can go and, and get them. I don't. I hope that it's not one of those like, hmm, yeah, I think Roy could take care of this himself. <laughs> he likes the hands. I'm out of here. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind it. And I like – I think that would be pretty cool, this whole story with the underground. I like the idea that if it is just uh, Roy and Joker's daughter, she's now going to be in her element and she's going to be able yeah. to save him and show him uh, how good she can be. I never even thought about that. That is pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, but I, I would really want Jason to be there with them. But I have a feeling that Jason's going to get like run into a dead end and not be able to figure this out or not be able to get down in general. And well, that's, that's, a good that's a good point, like, part because, you know, Jason is really the one that, you know, Joker so he wanted Joker started on the yeah. team. Roy did not. This gives him the bonding time. So by the yeah, time they're I done think... this adventure, when they come back out, Everybody will be copacetic together. Oh, yeah. I think that when they come out, it'll be one of those where Roy, like, you know how it is. Like, yeah. Roy will be there like, man, you know, you you should hear these stories that this Joker's daughter's telling. They're great. And then Jason's going to get jealous. Yeah. That's, what are you, you're my best friend, Roy. We're <laughs> bros. Bros, you don't even like to talk to me about personal issues. I got issues. I'm a drinker. Oh, come on, Roy. I got killed and I came back and I was a bit of a lunatic. Shut your mouth. Come on, Jody. I was angry. A lot like her some, anger. Let's go get some gelato together. Gelato, huh? Yeah, that's what they're going to do, Eric. I, I, even though I missed Dennis Medry's art on this issue, I really dug all the art in this book. Yeah, I really liked it too. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the nose on the mask, but I'm telling you, it's one of those things where I, you just keep looking over it. I, it happens in every book. It's like uh, Harper. And yeah. by now, I have just grown numb to it, and I go with it. But no, uh, in general, I really like the art, and I like the uh, the colors, and everything oh, goes lot. really well. It really pops. I like uh, a lot of the shit in there. I like the idea, uh, even that like old newsprint look and that part where uh, Roy's pulling the arrow and then the gun. I thought that was a pretty neat look, though. Yeah. I don't understand why they went with it, but <laughs> it looked pretty cool. Uh, they were testing out a new technique. Uh, but yeah, I, I really gave like this it. a seven out of ten. I probably would go seven five. 
Nice. And again, we're talking about this, and we yelled about Detective Comics. This is awful tie-in. There's but, no reason there should be a tie. Here's the deal. The, the name on the deal is Red Hood Arsenal. I got a fucking great thing of Red Hood with Tim, and I really like the shit with Roy. Yep. So it's a good issue of Red Hood Arsenal and a issue that you do not have to read whatsoever if you're reading Robin Moore. So if you're like, oh, I need to get these Robin Moore books, but I, I don't really want to buy them all. Tell, you don't have to get Red Hood Arsenal at all. <laughs> and Detective Comics, hey, the Court of the Owls show up at the end. Done. You, you're up to speed. Nice. But yeah, we're going to move on to the next bit, Eric, which is one of your favorite bits of all time. And it's not birthday uh, greetings. Oh. It is the Flash Reviews. For now on, the freaking birthday greetings are my favorite bit of all but time. I'm, every week, I'm just going to send people random messages to send you birthday greetings. And then eventually they'll catch on that it's not your birthday. <laughs> that you're just a guy who needs acceptance, Eric. It's true. And friends. All you, this birthday party, it's Frank Thierry there. He punches you in the goddamn face. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, freaking Dendodios there yelling screaming at you about continuity. About continuity. And uh, I don't know, Howard Porter is uh, playing pin the tail on the donkey. Ethan Van Skyver, we are re- recalling old times in grade school. I, actually, I get Ethan Van Skyver. You're there, and you're eating cake, and he comes and gives you a back rub. Like you're sitting there like in, in Happy Gilmore when he gets and his the hands are the so sweaty. He's like just giving you, he's giving you the deep neck uh, back rub there or neck rub. And uh, Brett Booth shows up and beats the shit out of both of you. Oh, and God. then stands there. I don't, I, I don't know if the guy smokes, but at this point he's smoking like a goddamn badass. Eric. And he yells at me, there is no God. He yells, there's no God. And then somehow he just goes and fucks your mother. It's the worst birthday ever. No, Brett Booth. <laughs> worst birthday ever. Uh, let's get on with Flash Reviews. Ah, uh, Eric, the Flash Reviews. Hoo-wee. Seems Ooh. like a day has passed. Oh, my God. Because it has. And you feel like shit. You look like shit, too, even though I don't even see you. Uh, yes, it's Sunday now, Eric, and we are going to finish this recording. Boy, this one's going long. You don't feel good. I'm going to die. we have one of our longest podcasts probably in... Probably the second longest ever. It seems like you. it's heading that way. Ah, this is what we get. Uh, Ryan told me it's because I didn't let you have off on Thanksgiving. Oh, he didn't let me have off my birthday either. Uh, no. Well, I'll tell you, since you do not feel well and we went so long last night, we're going to end this. We're going to do a bunch of flash reviews and we're going to end with two books. Uh, and then we're going to call it quits. Call is that quits. a deal? Let's do it. Call it quits. All right. And we're doing the flash reviews if you've forgotten what section we're in right now. And usually, or every time we've ever done this podcast for 48 other times or whenever we started the flash reviews, I always started it, Eric. You're going to start tonight or this All afternoon right. because uh, you're a special guy and hit it, buddy. All right. Tell us number three. Tell us speeds along as his simple mission to locate the data concerning his family turns into several missions like getting evidence against the Scions. And overthrowing computer's rule on Kalu. I can't breathe through my nose. Huh. This issue has some decent ideas, but it's just too much too soon, and nothing really gets the time it needs to be fully explored, making this a confusing issue that only moderately entertaining at best. 4.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'll tell you, I read this, and boy, it's a mess. It's already a mess. Issue 3, yeah. and I am so out of it. 
uh, that I, I'm just, I'm done. I don't see how this book can continue. And boy, Jeff King's a nice guy. I know, he's such a nice guy. Uh, he's a nice guy. And I just, I can't see this book lasting more than six issues. I really can't. I think the sales are just going to plummet. But For now on, my integrity, I'm just going to throw it to the wind for this. It's going to give great reviews every month just because how nice Jeff King is. Yeah, yeah he'll just, he'll give it great reviews because he's nice. I was going to say, I thought you were going to tell me I had to review it. Boy, I'd be, I'd be lost already. And I've read the issues. I don't yeah. even know what to talk about in these reviews or whatever but you go on with the next one Constantine the Hellblazer number 7 in this issue we get Constantine teaming up with Swamp Thing so the two of them can figure out why the trees of Central Park have begun killing random people if that alone isn't enough to get you on the board on this issue it also ends with the introduction of Papa Midnight in the series and it looks like right now this series keeps getting better and better. Great art and great story as always. Nine out of ten. And I, I did read this as well. I told you I was, I don't know, not a lot happens uh, to me. The only thing that really made me laugh if we were talking about this in full is when the, the guy and the girl at the beginning, they're laying there. And Man. the girl is down to her bra. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, I'm getting scared. And the guy goes, hey, baby, it's a public park. Why are you upset? It's a public park. They're half naked together. It's like, what the heck? You ain't but, ever been naked in a public park, uh, man? But it just seemed odd how he spells this out to her, though. Like, hey, don't it's worry. It's a public park. They're freaking about to get busy. But yeah, don't I worry. Love it's see, a public I love, park. Yeah, I love seeing right? Swamp Thing. And the Papa Midnight thing at the end was pretty cool. Again, though, I really do like this book. It just is a lot of nothing going on. Uh, you know what I mean? But I did love, I actually, in the book, Constantine calls out uh, Dr. Fate. He sure uh, says, that, hey, that kid with the helmet of fate across town, uh, because basically Swamp Thing comes to Constantine, uh, and he's like the eighth pick <laughs> in the deal, which I like. But I like that Constantine actually calls out and is aware of Dr. Fate, and I would love for him to get involved in that book. Somehow. I just want to know why Constantine didn't do shit about the flooding. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. And where is the flood? If he's aware of it, why isn't the flood happening? In my in mind, that already took town? place. Well, if it did, I would like it because I would really like the the uh, the interaction between an asshole like Constantine, this young kid who's like a go getter in med school or whatever. Right. I think that'd be cool. I think it'd be a good thing for uh, Constantine to try to try to help him out, but he he never helps anybody else. Everybody's done. Right. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to move on to the next one, which is a book Reggie reviewed on the site, and that's Justice League Dark Side War Lex Luthor number one, which seems like it should have come out about a month ago. Dark Side is dead, and Lex Luthor is on hand to sop up all of that delicious Omega FX sauce, baby. An apocalyptic, apocalyptic tour guide takes a partially powerful Lex to the top of a hill and tells him that he's an asshole. But then they fall down together and hug in midair, releasing the Care Bear stare that puts Luther in full effect. The Omega effect, Eric. Uh, and he gave that a 610. I did not read this. I, I'll admit, I didn't read this in preparation of this. I, I read every other book. This one I did not. And for some reason, I don't know why. Maybe it's because these Dark Side tie-ins just didn't grab me at all. Uh, there's some. You didn't even like Green Lantern. I liked the Green Lantern one. I like the Flash enough. The Batman was okay. Superman was terrible. I hated the Shazam. I, I don't know. They just they did nothing but tread water and and get you to the next Justice League title without really doing much. Exactly. No, you didn't read it, did you? No. No. Damn. The next one is a book that probably people were hoping we'd talk about, Eric. Really? really want, I, I actually think it's the biggest book of the week, but neither of us are really interested in it. It's not so our bag. Unfortunately, it's not our bag, and it's a, it's a uh, 
cross-company deal, and that is, of course, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one. You're more of a Turtles fan than I am. I was I, a Turtles I fan know, in the late 80s. Yeah, I don't know anything about the Turtles, except if, if Vanilla Ice is in here, Eric, I'm in. But in the first I, issue... I, oh, I, I saw I saw him do a, uh, a... When he became that hardcore persona recently, Yeah. I saw him redo the Ninja Rap. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, the Ninja Rap. Uh, Joel's going to be doing this. We had a thing where Blanche... Uh, Mike Blanchard of the GeekCast Radio Network, whatever it's called. He was going to do it, and I, I fell through. I don't know what he's doing, sending people flowers. In the first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Batman, the Turtles have come to Gotham City, and they do not understand why. They are fighting the Foot, who are constantly stealing from several labs. Then we have Batman facing off with the Foot, with a tease of Batman fighting the Shredder. The book was great, but I found the writing for Batman very stereotypical of this character and how they make a build-up to how tough ninjas sound. Come on, Batman fights ninjas every day, Eric. Joel's mad about that. The writing for the Turtles was great and a lot of fun, especially seeing them fight Croc. The art was amazing, except Batman looking too bulky, but the Turtles were spot on and were great. It was a very fun read for the issue of this long-awaited crossover. (laughs) I I, long-awaited. (laughs) <laughs> I guess since it's been announced. 8.5 out of 10. And just on this side, I had talked to Manship about this book, and he was reading it. He wrote a blurb, and I was going to use it. But then Joel sent me this, and I felt bad because Joel sent it. But, yeah, Manship uh, had a little more detailed deal, and he seems to really like it. Um, nice. The next one is Gotham Academy number 13, which I will be reviewing. I'm, uh, it's the reunion tour, Eric. <laughs> Before we got on, you actually fell asleep. Uh, I while I was getting ready for this section, and I started reviewing this, and it was getting me more and more mad. This issue was unfortunately not a great Gotham Academy story and a very, very weak Robin War tie-in. You know this came, book came out weekly? Yeah. Very weekly. <laughs> Maps, Olive, and the gang are joined by Weir Robin's Ryko in a zombie mystery. Kirk Langstrom makes an appearance, but before you can say double damage, Ryko's arrested, and Olive and Maps may no longer be besties, Eric. Olive calls, we mentioned earlier, Olive calls the police on Ryko because she doesn't want Maps to get involved. Well, I I used to love Carl Kersel's art on this book. If artist Adam Archer were to take over, I wouldn't be that upset. I know that DC's trying to get more people in the Gotham Academy or on the Gotham Academy trolley, but forcing it into this event left a bad taste in my mouth. Five out of ten. Nice. Yeah. Green Arrow number 47. We conclude our Bone Cult story with finally finding out some info on the cult leader, Hefe, and how he pledged himself to the god of death, Ah Puck. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. To save his son. Because Oliver and George are both outsiders, Hefe plans on sacrificing them to the death god in order to keep his son alive. But Tarantula comes back feeling sorry for betraying Oliver, and without the sacrifice, Hefe's son dies. And after Hefe denounces Ah Puck, Hefe dies as well. Plus, Oliver... Or transfer in love for some reason. Six point three out of ten. Yeah, uh, you you like this in general, right? It was the best that we've gotten so far, yes, in my that's opinion. What I was but I say this is this. I think this has been Percy's best issue since he yeah. jumped on the book. But I have no idea why Tarantula and him are all of a sudden in love. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I actually, for the point that I like this issue enough, I'd go with anything. I I'm reading it, and you had told me you liked it a little more. I read yeah. this uh, this morning. And I started reading, I'm like, you know what, if it gets a little better, if it gets, like, as bad as it's been to this issue, if it gets that much better each one, we'll have a hit, Eric. A hit on our hands. What you get from this is drugs are bad because it pollutes your semen, makes it toxic. Yes, it does. And we're going to finish up with uh, the last book. 
Starfire number seven. Uh, Starfire taking some R&R after all the evil she thwarted in the last issue goes on a date with Saul Gomez where the two go on a dinner cruise. Everything would have been, probably been fine and dandy and ended with a little answering of the question if do the carpets match the curtains. But Dick Grayson was also on this ship and nothing ever runs smoothly for good old Dick Grayson. After a snafu and acquiring a weapon of mass destruction, Dick gets Starfire, Starfire's help in retrieving the object and the two begin having those old feelings for one another and I immediately feel sad for Saul. 6.8 out of 10. Yeah, I I didn't mind this as well. There's I a, like there's Dick. Some, I, I was love say, Dick, Eric. We, we were initially going to talk about this one at full, which we talked yeah. about at the, uh, the Same mail with section. Green Arrow. We yeah, we had everything, but I'm throwing in a towel for those. But uh, there are some st- problems with the art in this that got me really confused on what was going on. But besides for that, I really dug the characterization of Starfire more than I have, yep. I think, probably ever in the series. Yep. And, and uh, again, I, I think it's because with Dick Grayson back. Uh, they had something for her to do and didn't have to just act goofy. I'm saying they found the Goldilocks freaking moment here where they don't have, like, it's the uh, those misunderstandings. It's not yeah. too much, not too little. It's just right. Yeah, yeah, just right. Ah, uh, yes, you're just right, Eric. Thank you. Did you give a score? You said 6.8? 6.8 out of 10. Yeah, I probably would have given it a 7. All right. Take that. And actually, uh, Green Arrow may have been a 7 as well for me if I would have done it. I, I, I don't know. I was just excited that I didn't hate it. All right, but Eric, that is the Flash Reviews. All right, little buddy. Almost done. Almost done. Man. Almost done. But before we I, move I, on here, I, what? I think I see my daddy. Y- your daddy? Oh, no. Did, did you take any cold medicine or anything? I took a bunch. Oh, did you? A bunch. bunch. Hand of pills, you took. Bunch <laughs> H- of pills. Hand of random pills. Hand Never did me wrong in the past. random pills. You know what I did uh, to get you a little more sick? Uh, I had to plunge the toilet about a half hour ago while I was waiting for you to get on. And right. I think that uh, there's a, is there an elephant escape from the zoo because an elephant shit in my toilet. And it was the worst. It really was the worst. And I was cursing. But I have kids. My youngest son is nine. Right. And they range in the house up to 15. Oh, 16 now, actually. My uh, son's birthday was a couple weeks ago. And I think that that's old enough to plunge your own goddamn shit. I was so angry. Everybody out there with kids, young kids, you teach them how to plunge that toilet. Speaking of birthdays, though, we have two last wishes. I know that I said to you that uh, the birthday wishes were over, but after we got done recording last night, I looked, and uh, two people had sent wishes. uh, We're hoping that they weren't too late. And the first one. Bring me your love. Make me feel better. Make you feel good. We have Jeremy Cox. All right. I love Jeremy Cox. The colorist on Grayson. I even told him that, hey, we just got done talking about you. And he's like, oh, how bad was it? And I said, we were very complimentary. He said that I told him. Didn't I say that, that the issue of Grayson was probably my favorite looking issue of the year? Yeah. I think I said that. And it was great. And Jeremy Cox, I don't know. Is it me and me being so goofy and liking toilet humor that it always makes me laugh when I say Jeremy Cox and think that, he's, <laughs> that he colors dick? <laughs> it just makes me laugh. All right. He says, best of wishes to Eric, even if his birthday is amidst the Hanukkah, Christmas, and Kwanzaa time of year. Yeah. And that's what he said. And I, I even thought you, of that. And it's, 
you actually get out of that a bit. That's, that never affected you, right? That your birthday is on the 11th, and it, did it ever affect Christmas? It's always two weeks before Christmas. So. And it is, but it, it, that seems to be a good buffer between, like, you hear people with their birthdays are on the 22nd, they're like, oh, I get screwed. My buddy TJ growing up, his birthday was on Christmas. That's ridiculous. What is he, Jesus? Yeah. Does he think yeah. he's Jesus, Eric? And he, he had a twin sister. Oh, really? A twin sister, and she was who? What was her name? I don't remember. Who knows? The last bit of birthday wishes comes from our man, one of my favorite guys, Bruno Redondo. Bruno Redondo does the art on Injustice. And he says, hey, Eric, just keep improving your street kind of sense of humor to do different kind of reviews. Happy birthday, man. Thank you, Bruno. Bruno actually reads our reviews. He He likes us. He's one of the few. Taking it to the streets. I don't know why he likes this, but he does. But we're going to finish this up for you. We have two more books. The first one is Catwoman 47, written by Frank Thierry, art by Anaki, Miranda, Eva de la Cruz, and Travis Lanham. Frank Thierry and Anaka Miranda. Miranda. Why do I? What did I say? Miranda. 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 Take over Catwoman. I really like the way both of them ease the reader in the book by respecting Genevieve Valentine and David Masita's run with this first issue. Selena may have fully dropped the pantsuit to get back in black, but Terry still writes her as a confident, strong, and smart character, which I love. While I've already seen some reviewers complain that this issue was too simple, and it basically is just too heist, it showed me that the character and book are in good hands and end with a pretty cool mystery and cliffhanger, Eric. And I'm telling you, I'll start off right off the uh, right off the bat. When Genevieve Valentine jumped on the book, and we've talked about this many a time, people were all pissed off. And I'm, I'm not including you, you no. jerk. You, because you just said, you were civil about it and just said, nope. And really, you weren't really a fan of Catwoman up till then anyway. No, I was not. And, and again, who was? It was Andocenti. It was, it was a fucking mess. But the, you get this mob story, Selena was not Catwoman. And people were, oh my God, this is such a pain in the ass. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Now that Genevieve Valentine's off... I see the opposite now, and I swear I could find those same goddamn <laughs> people complaining about that, and now they're complaining, oh, it was such a smart book. Oh, we got to do that, and I agree. I love Genevieve Valentine's run. It really made the joke go from a, or the book go from a joke to Just a respectable serious. book. And yeah. got, but I, I think that Frank Thierry is doing a good job here, and like I said, it's very basic. Uh, it, and it's just to bridge the gap, it really. Is. And I said to him, and he, he, I even spelled it out to him, I said to him personally, hey, I really think that you did a great job in easing people in and then, uh, you know, showing that you're, she still knows what went on. It's not like this clear break. And he said that he definitely was doing that. And also the uh, Inaki was doing it as well. And right. in fact, I, I was going to mention later, but I'll mention it now. I really like in the book, that I, I sent some art to you and you didn't like it. And you actually said you almost that you didn't like it because it looks so much like the last uh, David Messina yeah. from the last run. And I'm telling you, the more I looked at it, it kind of changed at the end. And I'm telling you, there's a part where when we're talking about it, she gets in this first jewel heist from the Russian right. mobster and they, they find her. She's jumping around. I swear after that, it kind of shifted a little the art. I, I liked it. I liked it throughout. Uh, but I do I'm looking at it right now. I see exactly where it shifts it, when they go to eat pizza. Yeah. And even uh, actually go the page before when uh-huh. she jumps out of the window. Right. It's like, holy crap. It That's looks, a clean break. Yeah, it's a clean break. And it's almost like to me, if you look at this issue, it's also a clean break of she was dealing with a mobster. 
it talking about in, the mafia. talking about how oh I would I used to stand across from these people and I used to have to deal with them now I'm gonna steal from them and I'm telling you it's like right there boom it boom, changes and it's great um, also I'll point out that the cover is more of a classic New 52 back uh, Catwoman cover it really looks more like those not that uh, almost like uh, the Jay Lee style covers that we've been getting and very stylized covers that we've got under Genevieve Valentine. Uh, but again, I want to remind you because I know you know this, but maybe you forgot when Frank Thierry was first announced on the book, I sent him a note and I said, Oh man, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, especially it really, my, uh, big thing was that you really loved his, what was it? The penguin story? The month penguin yeah, the story. Yeah, the penguin story. You, you mentioned wrote it that earlier. Wonderfully. Yeah, and you thought that was great. And again, I thought this is going to be good because that's, I could, I would like a Catwoman book with that tone and he did penguin. Great. Whatever. And um, I sent him a note like, hey, it's great that you're uh, going to be in. Is this going to be more back to basics or you can continue this mob thing? And he sent us a note and said, hey, I can't really spill the beans because it would ruin Genevieve's uh, how she's ending her run. And at that point, she was full out as a mobster. And if he would have right. said, oh, yeah, she's going to be Catwoman again. And it would have it would have spoiled it. He didn't want to do that. And he, he has no idea what I'm going to do. I get online and start freaking telling people and stuff. But he also, if you remember, he said that it is going to get back to the basics, though. And the storyline, this is, quote, the storyline will have her interacting a lot more with the back characters. And I mean a lot of them. And he had L.O., you know, lot in capitals. And I'm looking forward to that because that's something that um, up until the last bunch of issues that, again, probably is when Killer Croc showed up with Genevieve Valentine's run, it was kind of separated. It was just her and her story. You know, she was dealing with the Penguin uh, Black Mask, but it wasn't like it didn't seem that it was full out in the, you you know, in the world as much. And I hope that this means she's going to be dealing with a lot of the uh, villains as well. Uh, right. He doesn't say villains. He just says bat characters. So maybe he's going to be dealing with uh, Dick Grace, and I've never really seen that much. Uh, well, as, uh, as much as I wasn't really a big fan of the uh, her and the cat, like the cat suit originally in the yeah. New Fifty Two, the book never really did much for me. But like I was, you know, forced to read the the, the Calabrese stuff yeah. for the podcast, and I really didn't like that. So I'm actually looking forward to getting her back to cast, yeah. getting back to basics, which uh, that's the kind of stuff I like, though. Even though I'm not a huge, I wasn't a huge fan of the book before. Yeah, well, again, it was the one Senti, it was Judd Wynick at the beginning, and it just it got goofy and ridiculous. The only the only problem I have with this issue is I would like you know all of a sudden we're introduced to some new characters like Louie the Stash, her longtime yeah. friends, and we Louis have her the fucking. Stash. We have her fucking techno guru, Tesla. Yeah, here's the deal. Tesla's from probably issue two. Really? Of Catwoman. Yeah, that. And See, was, I actually bought issue one when it came yeah. out. And I never like, uh, went on with it. Yeah, Judd Wynick, when he first started it, uh, Tesla was in those and was in a bunch of the Innocenti books. I think uh, I, so. I think I got. I'm pretty sure that there was a Death in the Family uh, Catwoman tie-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I got the Robin Requiem tie-in, and that's the yep. only Catwoman issue besides issue one that I got. Yeah, no, it's cool that when I saw Tesla, I'm like, boy, that that's actually. And again, that even ties it into the you know everything. So this issue, like I said, not fully. You know, it's not mind blowing. Yeah. But it does. I thought it did a really did a really good job of tying it in and, and getting it going. But, yeah, I, this is very basic. I'll go through the thing that at the beginning she is dealing with a mobster 
uh, Nikolai the Bear, I think his name was, and go through the deal. And uh, she's going to steal the Star of St. Petersburg. And it basically, yeah, it's Nikolai the Bear. She is, it's basically a setup, like I said, so you can ease in. She knows these mobsters. She's kind of talking about, hey, I would have had to have dealt with him in a different way, but that's the old life. I'm done with that. I'm going to rob him, and I'm now going to yell at you because you're sick and you're smoking, you yeah, son of a bitch. Bad. Can't even freaking breathe through your nose, and there you go. I hadn't smoking smoked, away. I hadn't smoked all day until we got on the podcast. Smoking away. You got to smoke. You get a little nervous. You're nervous Possibly. with the smoking while. I don't feel that great either, Eric, and I'm going to drink some uh, low-carb uh, gridlock that tastes like acid. So here we go. Before Gross. we move on, I don't know why we're doing this. <clears throat> but I like the way she's dealing with this mobster, this Russian mobster. And if, if I've uh, learned anything, it's uh, mobsters are bad. Russian mobsters are the worst, Eric. They're, they're uh, aren't the they? What is they're, up with like, that? Yeah, in anything. They're either wearing track suits <laughs> and freaking going around and yelling about, uh, you know, American blue jeans and how in Russia mobsters do something to you. I don't know. I don't know what the joke would be. I, know, I was going to say, I played GTA 4. Shit was bad. That was four, yeah, right? That is that? true. Yeah, that was shit was bad. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, even you get the idea that her deal of being in the mob and, and becoming a, a mob boss per se uh made her smarter made her smarter with these mobsters and it makes sense to me that this would be the first thing that she try to exploit like she knows them maybe even you can guess that she heard about this while she was ahead of the calabrese family and uh but i really like it and what i really really enjoyed was that this book is one of those where sometimes I worry where it's a solo book with a uh, a character who's basically going to work alone a lot. She is right. a cat burglar. She, you're not going around in a team. And I really think that Frank Terry does a good job of nailing her voice and making it uh, not intriguing, making it good enough that I can deal with an issue where it's just her. Uh, and she basically she steals this uh, necklace. Jumps out, there's a fight. Like I said, in the middle of the fight, to me, it seemed like the art style switched. And she kicks him in the balls. Nikolai the Bear gets in the balls there. She jumps out the window and off she goes. And then she goes off to see her fence, who is Louis the Mustache. Maybe the worst name ever. Louis the Stash, come on. Louis the Stash. He looks like a walrus, that guy. Why do big guys like that wear the uh, Hawaiian shirts? Because they're other big fat party animals. Is that why? Yeah, you're either. <laughs> he is a big fat party animal, and he's there. He's they're talking. There's it sets I learned it up. from the Simpsons. Set yes, sense sets it up that uh, this is a longtime friend that she even feels more of a family than a, a fence or a, a business associate. And yes, I even saw that in another review, and you mentioned it. It's odd, like oh, out of nowhere, he's there. I didn't mind. Again, this is to set up to me that she is a good person. And I'm telling you, this is the other thing I really liked was the art here where she's not in the cat suit. She's not. She, she's very pretty. Oh, yeah. And But I think it's still respectable. And I'm not saying that I that's a big thing to me. I'm not freaking getting on a soapbox or anything. But I like that they, they're respecting the character. I think in this whole book, they're not making her back to like just being a joke. I really like that. She looks hot. 
she's hot, baby. But yeah, he sets uh, up a thing where, listen, there's uh, one job that I have, and it's the job, Eric. The job. The Frost Diamond. The final score. That's it's the final. Yeah, life. everybody wants to get out, but he uh, mentions this, the Frost Diamond. Unfortunately, there is a huge typo later that <laughs> she, you told doing, me. And she's I was, doing some research in the newspaper. See, the Front Diamond, the a Front, front Diamond. The Front Diamond. But I know. Yeah. I wish I would have freaking marked down everything because throughout oh, this week, so there's been much. a shit ton of typos. This is the, the worst. Only, this the only reason I remember this one is because when I read this, I immediately uh, sent a message to you about it. Yeah, this this week was the worst with typos. It, it was awful this week. Uh, but she's there, listen, you know, oh, he says, she's like, oh, who wants this? Who's the buyer? He's like, listen, it's it's a Kaiser Sose thing, you know, it's a mystery, and she doesn't like that. She you know I don't like usual yeah, stuff. she's like, movie. I'm not going to do that. I hate that movie. It, it screwed me up. And then it became half the issue with them arguing, how can you hate usual suspects? Yeah, it's weird. I no, that was know. not part of the book, but I wish it was at this <laughs> uh, point. But then the, the one, it goes to the one thing I didn't like where he says, listen, I want to tell you something else. We get this diamond. I'm dying. I have stomach cancer. It's like you smoking right now while you're yeah. sick. He has stomach cancer. He's chowing down on these pizzas. And you think like, it's one of those things like, hey, Eric, I need you to help me out. Uh, this is me personally. I'm going to do this there. Eric, I need you to help me out. Um, I need you to help me get some money so that I can support my family because, Eric, I'm dying. And you're like, hey, I don't care. But I'm like, <laughs> but, but Eric, I'm dying. Oh, when are you dying? Well, it's probably in about six years. It's <laughs> very odd. He's, she, he's like, I'm you dying. you got plenty of time to work shit out for got, yourself. The doctor has told him he has a couple years to live. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not even, I don't even think it was like that because he's telling Selena, he's all like, yeah, they, the doctor says I have years. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure we all have yeah, years. Yeah, that's what so I was thinking. Fuck off. It's like, I would say to you, hey, Eric, you know what? I'm dying. I'm going to die. Yeah. Oh, really? What you're done? Yeah, probably about when I'm uh, like 82. Oh man, uh, I better help you. Uh, but then they go. She agrees. You're really shooting the moon it. for that one. Yeah, 82. Well, yeah. You're not gonna last 82. Yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna last to freaking 48. <laughs> I'll have a stroke. I'll be talking on the podcast. Louis Dumas. Hey, come on, Eric. Best podcast ever. Oh, it'd be so good. We could call it. I'd. What would we call it then? You have to have something with stroke in the title then. <laughs> stroke me. I don't know. But he. Uh, she agrees. She agrees to help him out. And I, again, it goes on where she doesn't just leave and go to it. She's doing some research and also realizes she has to wait for opportunity. Actually waits five weeks. And it, that's just a little thing. I really like that. I like that they're showing that she's smart. She doesn't she just jump right she in just doesn't jump in the deal. She's waiting. And what happens is there's a big gala. They're going to have this diamond out. I don't know why. This guy is a dick. This uh, freaking CEO, Grant Price. What a cock. <laughs> he's going to have a party. And he's going to show off how fucking rich he is with this stupid diamond. That's what I do. Uh, she shows up. She gets a date. She kind of rips men apart. Like, you know, they'll always listen to you and I can do whatever they want. It's kind of a little. I, I was don't know. terribly, terribly offended. You were offended. Uh, terribly, terribly. I will tell you then, she has a Tesla, her tech girl. They're going to do this, and here we go, is that it's a little simple, getting this diamond. This diamond is, you know, <laughs> the biggest thing in the world, it seems. Basically, she just scans a fingerprint or thumbprint off of a glass from this yep. grant, and Glasses. away they go. They turn off the, the, the uh, power. The power. I like that she has tech, though. I like the tech glasses she puts on so she can see in the dark. I really like that. And then she goes to town. She beats the crap out of everybody. Everybody gets this jewel, goes back to Louie and Eric. He's been murdered, murdered. He had a Ph.D. in murder. 
The only problem with the ending is uh, it's very obvious when we're coming back to this, this is going to be the thing. It's the whole thing with Rorschach and freaking Moloch and the Watchmen where he gets set up and like yeah. he goes to uh, question Moloch, like she goes to qu- like, talk to Louie yep. and he, they find him murdered and the cops immediately yeah, show they're him. Already there. They were setup. already on their way. It's been a setup and yeah, they come in and they want to they want to arrest her and she's like, oh man, that's when I knew it was a setup. She puts her hands up. And um, I'm looking forward to see how it goes. I know, again, I can't say that this... Who knew lead poisoning would get him before cancer? Yeah, really, look at him. Ooh, he is bleeding all over that goddamn shirt. Like I a like bleeding ragu. That Hawaiian shirt was so nice. Sir. So nice. Now it's is that going to be your thing? You're still pulling off Hawaiian shirts all yes. the time? Yeah, I'm going to be wearing them now. Uh, but I really like this as a first issue. I like it. It's transition over yeah. from the last run. It's complete transition. It's got some fun to it, but it's still not. It's not goofy fun. I like it. Everything made sense to me for the most part. I love the art at, when it gets to what appears to be a Naki style, and I'm really looking forward to it. I want to see where it goes. I am thrilled, and I think that this may be a little hint at what these books are going to end up getting back to when they hit those 50. Like when uh, when Dan DiDio wished you a happy birthday earlier and said it was issue 50. I really think that this is the start of the quote-unquote meat and potatoes back to the basics thing that they have been talking about. They just did this a little quick. Uh, like I said, the Genevieve Valentine, I thought it was fantastic. It was very serious. It was a great deal. But that's not what Catwoman is to people, I understand. So they're getting it back to what it was. And I give it an 8 out of 10 on the And summer. now that it is, it's going to be canceled in like eight issues. Yeah. And again, like, it, people complained all the time. And it, it, it really, I tell you this all the time. It reminds me of video games. When I used to really read video game reviews and play a lot of video games, where you'd have like... Eric Shea, number one, the game comes out. It's the right. first in the Eric Shea line of games, and it gets ripped. And I see, uh-huh. like, oh, this game's gameplay is bad and all this, but somehow it becomes a hit. People love it. These reviewers are off their rocker. And then the second game comes out, and they give that one a bad review by saying that the first one was fantastic. And you can look, and the same person who says that was somebody who ripped the first game. It always freaking pissed me off, and I have a feeling you're going to get a bit of this in the first couple issues. Though already, it's not like Catwoman or this book at all is making a lot of waves, Eric. Uh, Usually when a book changes creative teams, it usually has that spike in reviews that we know, we always see. This did not. Uh, honestly, I, I, I hope it catches on. Honestly, I just think it's amazing that Catwoman has lasted this long. Because yeah. I remember when Inner 52 started, I'm like, this series is not going to last. Uh, 47 issues. It's crazy. crazy. And when we said that if DC did reboot in September, did something like that, Catwoman is not on my list of back to basic books. It would not be on there. Uh, but I'm glad that I got to read this. I, I like it. Uh, this is. I hope it ends up being like a fun book that ends up being as good as, say, the new Suicide Squad under Sean Ryan, where it's one of my books that I beg people to read because it's been so good, but not, you know, I hope it sells, though. I like Frank Thierry. Oh, yeah. What would you give it? What'd you give it? I give it an 8. Gave it an 8? Shit. Yeah. I think I would give it probably a 6.8 out of 10. Yeah, I really liked it, but we're going to end the podcast with this next book that, boy, Eric, I, I could strangle you for making me read this goddamn piece of crap. I don't want to read it either. I know. I'm joking. Earth 2 Society number 7, written by Daniel H. Wilson with art by Jorge Jimenez, Allison Borges, uh, Alejandro Sanchez, Blonde, and Travis Lamham. Yep. Our Doctor and Impossible story ends here, and boy, does it move right along. We get all of our heroes congregating at Wayne Corp, where Jimmy Olsen, Huntress, and Red Arrow plan on activating their source vault. Only problem is, Jimmy is fucking everyone over, and the source vault will actually turn the planet into a mother box for some reason. 
Even though our heroes seriously get their asses kicked and show little in the teamwork category, they somehow overcome Jimmy and Green Lantern imprisons him, and our heroes save the terrible, terrible world. Oh, God, I can't breathe. I I have not liked this series since it started, and this issue doesn't do anything to change it. We move so fast in this book to get all our heroes at Wayne Court that there doesn't seem to be any continuity between panels. We start, we start the story off of Valzad fighting Our Man. And I'm telling you, as much as I hate that Our Man was introduced as a villain because he's one of my favorite characters, I just love having him in here. Mm-hmm. And so Val's fighting fucking Our Man. And Batman's are like, Val, flash up into the face of Johnny Sorrow. I don't think he's ever going to be okay again. I, I don't know what's going on with this book. <laughs> and the, next, the next panel... Flash is cracking wise. Oh, he's cracking wise the whole time. He, he's such an asshole. He gets me angry. How can I hate Flash? One I'm of my favorite I, characters. Of, I don't care what iteration it is. I love Flash. One I, panel like to the other, though. The he ain't face. ever going to be okay again. And then the next panel, he's immediately okay. Takes the miracle off of Our Man and throws it to the ground. Valzad shoots his heat vision at it, blows it up. But then Our Man's just gone. No, we, and uh, let me, uh, Why? Doesn't why? he still have like 40 minutes? Have, How yeah, much in my mind, he should have like 40 fucking minutes yeah, left. He still has minutes left, but it's like one of those things that change the rules. Yeah. Oh, no, he doesn't have any miracle left, which he really shouldn't have any miracle left anyway, because even somebody on the site pointed out on, in a comment, like uh, at the end of the freaking World's End, uh, Thomas Wayne was sucking on Venom, trying to suck on like uh, Superman's yeah. blood to get some power. Yeah. He was just uh, like, he had no more miracle left, but here, like our man has more miracle, and he right. got it from Thomas Wayne's suit. Yeah. Ridiculous. No continuity. I'm telling you, I, before we even go on with this exact issue, I'm, you know, obviously this is Earth 2 Society, but it is yeah. the Earth 2 book. And I had talked to you earlier this week, and I, I'm asking you right now again, what the fuck happened to this book? That You were so excited. Like, you, my friend, well, brought me back in the fucking with DC. You, you were there from issue one of Earth 2. Yep. You loved it. And when that came out, you're like, Earth 2, oh, my God, I'm getting it. I have to get it. And I even the, uh, what the hell are you talking about? You're like, I love, my chain old, reaction. Yeah, I love my old heroes. I, I just I have to I love the Golden Age. Yeah. And, and it started, you know, it was going. Then Tom Taylor jumped on. That was when James Robinson was doing it, which you loved. Yeah. And then Tom Taylor jumped on. It got a little more like action movie esque. A lot of a big, but then it, like you said, you have told me uh, many a time in your exact phrase is it became world's end bitch. It oh, yeah. World's ends bitch. And that it was done. It, it has gone so far from that entry, what that book was at the beginning of what the intention of it was for the fans that would love it to, to now is just ridiculous. It's like, hard to even recognize one we Yeah, anymore. we were saying about which heroes are left away. Even the Green Lantern. Alan Scott's there. It's not him. No, it's he's a, not even a human no. anymore. He's a goddamn it's walking just, Godzilla green so thing. Ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know who could like this book except Eric Manny Ramos. Manny Ramos. Manny Ramos. Manny Ramos commented on our site. And I think it was the first time he showed up, commented on the site, and basically said, I guess this book is not for small-minded reviewers or readers. Sorry, <laughs> because everybody was like, this book is a, a train wreck, and he loved it. And his whole thing, he got up on his soapbox there and started yelling about how it's so great that you have a black Superman, you have a crippled Batman. And I, you can say that all you want. You can go on and on about that. This book is a now, wreck. And you know why we know it's sm- a wreck? That seems very small-minded to me. The fact that he actually went off and said how like great it is to have a uh, a handicapped Batman just for everybody out there who's handicapped and how flattering is this Dick Grayson. I'm like, 
you're just allowing all this PC bullshit yeah. to make you look upon, like over the fact that this is a terribly written book and saying that you love it, and you're calling me small-minded? Yeah, like, like I said... This, I'm telling you, this book might as well be a fucking 90s McDonald's no, kids I said, commercial. I, I was just going to say, I went through all the commercials where there's a, you know, six kids going to McDonald's, yeah. and, you know, you have every... It's, it has to be every group. And, again, do, do you not get that that's what they're trying to do is to fake the funk and get you in? I, you know I'm, all I mean? for, I'm all for diversity, but when they're represented in such a terrible way, that's just fucking nonsense. Listen, when, when a short, miserable guy goes in the <laughs> commercial in the McDonald's, it doesn't make me hungry for a quarter pounder. I'm already hungry for a Damn quarter right. pounder. That sells itself. Time. You don't need to freaking sell it to me with somebody that looks like me. Jesus Christ, you don't want that on TV. But, yeah, I, it's just lost its way. And, again, this Manny Ramos, I doubt he would ever listen to this. But if he does, uh, I have one thing to, to prove to you that this book is a wreck. Daniel H. Wilson is off the goddamn book. And yeah. Dan Amnitzen, which are I, are you aware of? That's next issue. Is it already? Yeah. And Christ, uh, that's why close. that is why this issue just like we can give maybe we can give Daniel H. Wilson a little credit. He had to tie some shit up. And by the end of this issue, it is very obvious that he had to tie crap up and whatever. But, yeah, I did. the whole thing with Jimmy turning the planet into a mother box. Well, where did that come from? I have no idea. I like half of this stuff I'm reading. And again, I, I admit I start drifting when I'm reading this <laughs> book because I can't. There's too many characters. First up, I hope that Dan Abnett just starts that way. Like, listen, this roster is out of fucking control, and it's also out of control with a lot of characters that nobody likes, nobody cares about. I'm so, I actually don't mind any of the characters as long as I they're just, represented properly. I'm telling you, it switches so much between scenes that, to me, you don't ever get to to settle in and enjoy one of the stories. Oh, going I agree, on. though. It is, it's the Star Wars swipe. It just keeps going on. And here we go. We're here and here. And it's just a lot of yelling and a lot of shit going down, especially this issue, to me, seems like it was really forcing you to think it's epic. And I, yes, I thought it, the same it's, way. It's epic what's going on, but it's it doesn't all, come off as epic only, to me. The only reason it's epic is because we have Green Lantern, who's a goddamn Godzilla, and all the other heroes are all coming together at Wayne Corp in New Gotham. Yeah. And the thing is, it also adds to the uh, to the rush nature of the book because Green Lantern showed up in this book before anything bad was going on. It was just Huntress, Red Arrow, and Jimmy Olsen. Yep. They were preparing the Genesis, Genesis machine with the new source fault, and he comes stomping in the New Gotham trying to stop him like, he doesn't know what's going on yet. Yeah. Nobody knows that he plans yeah. on – like right now, if anything, people might think that he's planning on terraforming the Earth into the Earth too. And the, the thing way is it used that, to like, be. They, That's they not a bad that. idea to me. No. Actually, I like that. And especially uh, Green uh, – as concerning Alan Scott and Green Lantern – why would that? Why would he care about that? That's the thing. It almost seems like he's going to be disconnected from them. Disconnect yeah, no. like he did to this planet no. when he first got here. He'll just be there, and in fact, he can say, "Listen, you want to terraform? Well, you want to get birth to back? I think everybody on the planet would love that, right? Yeah. I think that I would they think would so. love that." And he could say to them, "Listen, you realize I'm going to be there to make sure that you do the right thing because I'm be- I'm going to be connected. It's going to be no it's a mother box." Fucking mother yeah. bucks. And then I don't even know what you're going to talk about next, but then he just freaking, what, I'm going to make you like an insect in amber. And then yeah. just freezes him. For, yeah. Put, puts him in a goddamn, you know, construct. He's going to be, he's going to be in prison forever. But I'm telling you, even when we, we start out with Flash, Batman, and Val Zod in the beginning, they defeat our man somehow and they run off. There is no information that they have to leading them back to New Gotham saying mm-hmm. that that's where shit's going to take place. They no. just run off and go back there. And I'm like, where, where's the continuity? Yeah, I, you love that continuity, don't you? Yeah. Uh, and instead of, well, instead of, uh, check this out, 
instead of stopping Huntress Jimmy or Red Arrow from going through with their plans, yeah. Power Girl is just hanging out outside Wayne Corp yeah. yelling at them. Yeah, just yelling. Hey, Helena, you, you, you don't want to do this, right? <laughs> no, we're, no. we're still BFFs. Yeah. And then Green, Arrow, Green Lantern comes in to swats her aside and then fucking tears apart the whole freaking like, top floor of Wayne Corp, which in my mind, that would have depowered the Genesis machine because everything's destroyed now. But no, Jimmy still has this fucking source vault and it somehow is still going to transform the goddamn world into a fucking uh, mother box for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't know. And uh, <sighs> I, I don't know. And the only reason for Power Girl to be there is so Val Zod could show back up and we could see again that they hate each other because, you know, Val, did, like, you know, created something that ended up killing Superman yeah, yeah. without him ever again, knowing that, it. that just was it. We've seen this. Uh, even and that, I was like, they, God damn it. And they, I'm sorry, they get over their fucking nonsense. They work together yeah. and they hit Jimmy Olsen and then it's all over. Freaking Huntress and Red Arrow shoot the sword vault with three arrows. Everything's over now. The world is saved. And Done. also, Red Tornado shows up for absolutely no reason. Yeah. And, but, you know, likes to wear those glasses. But, Eric, uh, there's a, a shark repellent uh, thing at the end. There is not. Yes, there is. When he is says, there? you will bring justice in this oh. new society. I, I'm I like, oh, thought, really? I actually thought you meant they freaking had shark repellent. Oh, no, like, no. I mean, it was just that moment again. How could I miss they're that? Like, they're like, you know, hey, look. We know what we're doing, wink, wink. Well, I'm saying they almost act like they're saying, check this out, this is a rushed issue, shit just happened for no reason, but you know what? We're going to have Green Lantern say society and justice in the same yeah. sentence. That will yeah. make everything all right. I wish that people would start that now, like the uh, the uh, in the fridge deal and the whatever, the, you know, all those get things. Get fridged? Yeah, yeah, they get fridged and stuff. I want it to be, that's the situation, a shark repellent situation when somebody freaking <laughs> throws that in, like something like that to show how great they are or, well, or how cool it is i'm sorry I'm just like batman just like batman though sometimes i just can't get rid of a bomb yeah yeah i you told like you it? that should have been that and like <laughs> i said bane should have uh hit somebody over the head and the bat broken oh my god i broken the bat ah i don't know why he's russian now even though he looked like zangief in these last <laughs> issues but yeah um it ends setting up Dan Abnett's next the next issue. It's Earth. Society. It just ends. I don't know what he's doing. Well, it's Earth to Society number eight. I actually yeah. pulled up the solicit just to, to say uh, see if you get excited for this. I never look ahead for the solicit. It comes in uh, January thirteenth. It comes out. It says a bold new era begins on Earth two. The heroes have decided to take leadership roles in the still rebuilding world, but power soon becomes absolute power, and the people of Earth two quickly discovered they trusted the wrong heroes. Sounds like when this began. Doesn't sound like anything it different. Sounds exactly but, the same. Uh, I like Dan Abnett. I I've so had some issues with I love uh, you know. It, sometimes it's hit or miss. Uh, but when he actually, to me, uh, really you know rolls up the sleeves and gets to work, uh, I think he does a really. And good I job. really liked his Earth Two convergence. Yeah, his, and I, uh, I, Justice Society convergence. I think that this is his type of book too. Uh, I really hope that he just nails it out of the park. Up to the plate home run, as you say, Aaron. Hell yeah, man. I really hope that, and I hope that you finally do get your Justice Society. So do I. Because you love him. And he did, Um, actually, I'm looking, that is true. I didn't even put that together. He did the uh, Justice Society. I just uh, said that. Uh, of Convergence? You did, yeah, you said I said that? my I Justice even... Society Convergence. Okay, I didn't even listen. You want to listen to me no, at all. because I was trying to pull up this goddamn solicit so I could yeah. read it to you. Uh, yes, and uh, yeah, I like him. So there. I gave this a three out of ten. Uh, you are small-minded. You yes. Um, hey yeah. man, they got a handicapped Batman. This book is it's fun. Well, ten man, out of ten. Wait, ten a, out of ten. Handicapped Batman, twelve out of ten. Yeah. 12, oh, it's Dick Grace. Grayson. Handicapped oh, Batman, twenty-five 15 out, of 10. out of ten. Fucking. Nonsense. I actually, I, 
I'd hate to say that I'd give it a zero. <laughs> you would not give it a zero. I would zero. not give it a zero. I'd probably give it a, a three. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I hate to be negative. You you know me. I don't oh, yeah. hate to be negative, Eric. But here's the thing. I gave earlier, I gave the uh, Batman and Robin Eternal a three. I like that so much better than this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually, I'm going 1.5. I really am. I didn't like anything about it. I was confused. It, it was a rush job to get to the end, and I'm not giving any credit because where I'll give credit to, like, a Sean Ryan that he was forced to rush jump. The reason why this is a rush job because this book sucked, and Daniel H. Wilson got the fuck kicked out of it. Not that, the, you know, anything else but that. This book's a mess. It, it's fucking terrible. And mm-hmm. hopefully Dan Abden can tie up some ends and uh, get this book back on track to what you loved in that beginning of the series of the, or two. We're going to bring so James Robson back? Maybe. He's long gone. He yeah. is long gone. But, well, my book of the week. What's your book of the week? Uh, I Grayson. know what mine is. Mine's Grayson as well. Grayson gets book of the week. And I'm going to tell you quick. Next week we have Batgirl 46. You know there was a, a delay on that. I do now. I do now, too. Batman and Robin Eternal number 11 with Ed Brisson and Fernando Blanco taking over. And I am looking forward to that. I'm not, I don't have a lot of uh, history with Ed Brisson. But I hear crazy stuff about him. Do you? Reggie was talking about him the other day, I think. And he was telling me the crazy shit. Uh, Batman Europa, number two. All right. Goes. I was, yeah, count on that being a flash review. I don't know that we're <laughs> going to continue with that book and the main books uh, unless it really nails it. I don't know. Harley Quinn, number 23. Mm. Justice League 46, Eric. All right. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. We have Justice League United number 16, which ends that book. That's the final end issue. issue. And hopefully it ends. Uh, final page tells us kind of what is in store for the anomalies that are left out there. Uh, Martian Manhunter number 7. Nice. Weird. I was writing these down. I'm worried. I'm really worried about this book now that it was such a great first arc and almost seemed like it was almost like it, not perfect obviously but almost like it, the perfect story right. and now we're going from that and I we just, have Martian I, Manhunter back you're like what I are they going to do yeah, now yeah, I, I said it before on the podcast that I was worried when they actually get Martian Manhunter back not even knowing that it would be on Mars or whatever but uh, I'm sure that Rob Williams is still going to kill with that but I, I hope so uh, next one Secret 6 number 9 Eric Reggie will be reviewing that Superman American Alien number two. I really like that you won. I did too. It, the weird thing is, it kind of fell out off my radar after that <laughs> issue. I kinda, it was wasn't like I was like, man, when's the next issue coming out? And this appears to be the issue where we saw that big cover mugshot mugshot thing, the mugshot picture that appears to be this, where Pete Ross tells uh, Clark to go the extra step. You mean uh, Corey Feldman from Lost Boys? That is right. I don't know what that means, but yeah. And then we're going to get the uh, next week's We Are Rob, or Grace, ah, Robin Moore tie-in. I get all these things mixed up with this Robin Moore. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea where you're going with that. It's the Robin Moore tie-in, We Are Robin. That's a main book. Uh, seven. I'm looking forward to that. I have a feeling that they're really going to push the story forward. With that Hopefully we find out what happened to Travis. Goes from it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I just read all the books next week, Eric. I have five reviews. You have three. Finally, I'd probably three catch up reviews. on my back shit. Three reviews. That's crazy. So I would expect that most... I mean, I even said Batman Europa would be a flesh review. I don't even know because we don't have a lot of books. 
Short, uh, short podcast. Yeah, it will be. This one's a long one. It'll make up for it. But yeah, I want to thank everyone who sent you birthday wishes. Yes, Everybody thank you very nice much. about that, whether they knew you or not. They still send him birthday wishes. Uh, I want to remind everybody, Eric, you're sick. Very, you're very. going the extra mile. You've shown up so the people could at least, if you like the podcast, rate and review it wherever you get it. Do not rate and review this episode because no. it's going to be terrible. Yeah, I can't this, fucking breathe. This one's a, a little off the rails with this. But you know what? You have to keep going, Eric. Every week we show up and we give it. Uh, people check out the site at Weird Science DC Comics. What's up, Daddy? Com. I'm coming home. <laughs> I think you're taking too much NyQuil. To, uh, you can uh, talk to me on Twitter at Weird Science DC. And also look for our year-end awards article on the site. We're going to have the best of 2015 article up soon. Model and lives then, in the trailer now. Yeah. And then that the, shit, I don't know. Would, do you think he'd mind the trailer? I don't know. He'd probably be all into it. He wouldn't care. Did And I know you've talked to me about this, and your mom was, like, really against your dad. At uh-huh. point. Did your dad feel the same way towards your mom, or did he just, like, just went with the flow? Was he like you and just... Even Steven, or would, would he badmouth her? I, no, no, he would just want to fucking be left alone about it. That's okay. So he was kind of civil. He had to deal with my mother and my stepmother. Yeah. Terrible bitches yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But yeah, look for the big extravaganza uh, podcast, the six-person podcast about the year-end awards coming sometime in the new year. Daddy! Daddy, Daddy, Eric's coming home, Daddy. He's coming home. Eric, what do you say at the end? Warm up the VCR. We're going to watch Monster That's Squad, the Daddy. VCR. It'll be great. Yeah. Is that why you like Monster Squad so much? You no, no. We, we just watched it a lot. But no, I grew up with that. Like yeah. with all my friends and shit, too. I love that movie. I love that so much more than Goonies. Hell, my, my buddy Dave sent me a birthday thing on um, Facebook. We, like, we've like we been best friends since we were six years old. And he even said, we ha- I, he hasn't seen me in years. We should hang out watch Monster Squad. Yeah, my uh, friend Herb, who I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, me and him used to uh, watch a lot of movies together. But also, he was one of the only guys I knew that had a uh, video camera. Right. When we were young, and I'm telling you, this is like 80s, early 80s, and uh, he used to tape us doing anything. If yeah. we did, we'd make little movies, we'd do things, but we, most of it was playing sports, and he messaged me this week that I have to come over to his house and watch these goddamn sports <laughs> movies, because he said to me that he was watching them, and he finally realizes that every sport we played always ended up with me fighting somebody, yelling and screaming, and most of the time going over and shoving the camera away because <laughs> I was so pissed. Uh, that was me, Eric. I was so very, much for those cues. I was very intense in those days. And, uh, I didn't care what I was doing. I needed to win, and I didn't care how I did it. Cheating, hurting somebody, didn't care. Didn't you are care. a monster. I am. I still am a little dead inside like that. But I, I, it's one of those things I'm trying to desperately not teach that to my kids. And my youngest son, Logan, it, it, I can't get it out of him. You cannot unteach that. He's you got to start beating way. He's the same way, Eric. And, uh, but that's it. Uh, that's all we have for the day and the night and the podcast. It's going to be a long one. And what do you say, Eric? I'm going to go take a nap. All right. I'm going to go. Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the clean. Oh, there we go.